millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to part one of a five-part podcast. The other parts are available in your podcast feed right now. Time codes are in the description of this episode down below for when each film is discussed and when we are joined by each of our special guests. Enjoy. This episode of the Cult Pop Show podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post-credit scenes at the end of each episode, or even contribute to the discussion in the episode itself, then please consider joining the cult and don't Donating at www.patreon.com slash Rot row! What's all this then? Uh-oh! Welcome along, everybody! time, I see. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Part one of... How many? <laughs> However many. <laughs> Welcome along to Film Franchise Fortnites on the Cult Popshire podcast, everyone. This is our season opener for season eight of our podcast, mm. where once a fortnight we watch a different franchise. Richard, what are some of the franchises that we've done? We've covered everything from Godzilla to Godfather to God's not dead. Wow, very integrated brand messaging. I love it. <laughs> yes, so I am AJ and that over there is Richard. And if this, maybe you clicked on this because you're a Cole Popsha fan and that you wanted to check out the latest episode. Mm. Or maybe you clicked on it because you're a fan of a certain little great Dane mm. and his four mystery solving friends. Mm. Uh, that being Scooby-Doo. talking about, sorry, you. It's Sorry. Scooby-Doo. It's Scooby-Doo. It's Scooby-Doo. <laughs> and you guys, we've talked about it. We said we'd never do-do-do it, but here we are, do-do-doing the Scooby-Doo movies. And you may be like, 28 hours? Why is... How could they talk about those two live action films for so long? <laughs> and to that I say, you don't know a thing. You're obviously not one of those um, Scooby-Doo fans who clicked on this episode. You're probably you're more of a Popsha fan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because what if I was to tell you that arguably there are 47 Scooby-Doo movies? Now, I would call you insane. Well, call it Hannah, one Hannah and one Barbera sane. Well, Hannah and Barbera, whoever you are, you are insane. (laughs) I don't know anything about you. I don't know anything about this great Mm. Dane that you're talking Mm. about. Although, AJ, twist ending, I actually do know a lot about those characters (laughs) because I, the Richard you are hearing right now, it's somewhere in his in his little tiny brain. I have a very big brain. Is knowledge okay, of that. all forty seven Scooby Doo mm. movies and 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 other little pieces here and there uh, mm. about you know other things like my job etc. And yeah. but what you're about to hear, the man, mm. the 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 boy, the child, you are about to hear talking about Scooby Doo meeting a group called the Boo Brothers. He doesn't know jack shit 
about yeah. Scooby Doo. He doesn't know. He doesn't know what he has gotten himself into. We have come back at the end of this endeavor to record this intro for you to hear, so that you are eased in yes. to the podcast. Yes. Yes, and some of you may remember a couple of years ago we did something very similar where we, co- we covered the, at the time, 37 Barbie movies. The, this is going to play out similar to that in the sense that every third movie we're going to be having a guest on the uh, episode to talk about that specific, or guests, to talk about that <laughs> specific Scooby-Doo uh, movie with us. And also, breaking up each movie, we do once again have a wonderful original theme song or theme songs are uh, <laughs> written and performed for us by our good friend Carlisle Laurent. Um, you can find uh, links to his stuff in the show notes of the various parts of this episode. <laughs> I imagine it's split up into, I reckon, maybe five parts. Mm. I shouldn't say. I shouldn't estimate until I've got it. <laughs> until you've got it. Yeah, uh, but along the way, we're also joined by uh, a bunch of guests, Richard, and I'm going to tell you who those guests are. Maybe we can go one at a time All right, to let people know who who is who's on which. Well, not which movie, but but who's on the episode? Yeah. Um, and if who's you look first? in the show notes. Yeah, if you look in the show notes as well, you will see time codes for each uh, guest's appearance on the the episode. So maybe well. you're just here because you're like, shut up, you two. I don't know who you are. I just love that wacky Australian Alexi Toliopoulos, and then mm. you would be able to look. He is our first guest coming up in three movies yeah. time, and you could look at the time code, skip straight to that. But I, you're going to miss a lot of important context. <laughs> also joining us uh, on the episode, we've got James Musterpick. Aaron Harrington. Dr. Aaron Harrington. Dr. Aaron Harrington. Pickle Darling. Andy- Dr. Pickle Darling. <laughs> <laughs> Andy-, Andy Matthews and Alistair Tremblay Birchall. Grace Jarvis. Lily Hansen. David Correos and Hamish Parkinson. Britt Miggs. Reese Mathewson. Carlisle Laurent. Andrew Todd. Jess Perkins and Dave Warnicky. And Tim Bat and Guy Montgomery all are joining us to talk about it before our final guest spot is once again occupied by a secret guest. Who mm. will it be? Listen all the way to the end to find out. <laughs> Richard, this is a big endeavour and something that yes. this is the, the largest podcast we've ever done largest and the largest hopes. <laughs> the largest hoax we've ever pulled on our fan base as we tried to get in and around people sort of like it, it felt like after Barbie this was an inevitability mm. and we tried to tell people we would never do it but mm. Richard you and I are bloody liars what? so without <laughs> I mean, further as we ado, are about to explain we never did intend on doing this as well <laughs> you That's you true. weren't you weren't right by thinking. You weren't right, we, but you weren't right by thinking we would do this at some point. You, we did happen, to, so I guess by some. But this wasn't something that was bubbling away in our heads for two years, thinking yes, no. yes. No, not at all. This was something we inexplicably decided to do two and a half months ago. So mm. join us in a in what is also a brief uh, uh, previously on for the past two and a half months of uh, your life <laughs> as we. <laughs> regale you with current events that for us have just happened but for you happened before christmas <laughs> so enough dilly-dallying enough talking richard let's get into it let's start talking about scooby dooby doo we got a mystery to solve and the mystery is why are we doing this again we can't beat the last time get ready for barbie too but this time it's scooby doo 
good job, Scooby. Have yourself a cult popcher snack. Back here again, huh? <laughs> yeah, thought it would never happen. <laughs> um, well, w- welcome, everyone. You'll have heard an intro. You're probably still giddy with excitement. Uh, if you're one of our long-time listeners at the prospect that's just been explained to you. Mm. We haven't recorded that intro yet, so who knows what it could say. Could say We won't record it for like two months. It could say one of us died, and this is we decided to release what we'd recorded already yeah. anyway. And you, yeah. you'll you be giddy with excitement because yeah. Yeah. your least favorite host is the one that died. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, hey, rut row, welcome everybody to Scooby Doo. Uh, what are we doing? What are we doing, Richard? What's the first one what we're are we talking about? Doing. So mm. uh, we're talking about the first, by some metrics, Scooby Doo <laughs> film. Scooby Doo yes. meets the Boo Brothers. Correct. Now, wait. When you say by some metrics, is that because? many consider there to be an an episode zero of the Scooby-Doo movie canon. Yeah, kind of, yeah. So in 1979, there was Scooby Goes Hollywood, or Scooby-Doo Goes Hollywood, as it was later released on home video. But that's about 45 minutes long, and that's... Mm. It's a, it's an animated television special. Like, it doesn't refer to it as a movie, but when you... Uh, on the Scooby-Doo meets the Boo Brothers Wikipedia page, the chronology has mm. Scooby Goes Hollywood as like previous preceded by, and then Scooby-Doo and the Girl School followed by. And also on the Wikipedia page for franchises with more than twenty films, mm. uh, this is what it lists as the uh, Hollywood is what it lists as the first Scooby-Doo movie. But look. A couple of thoughts. One, we will look for any excuse we can to cut a film from this roster. Mm-hmm. And two, I like the poetry that Barbie was 37 and this is 47. Yeah, yeah. And I want to keep that intact, even if it means uh, some people don't think we did it properly. We can, Maybe we can watch Scooby-Doo Goes to Hollywood. Well, we could do it like we did with the Barbie out of the space rockers world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do it for a film franchise follow-ups in a month or two. You, We are recording this quite a while in advance, it's, almost two months in advance. Before mid, it's early to mid-December right now. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. The, the ears versus tail debate is raging on. Donald Trump hasn't even died yet. <laughs> yeah, Donald Trump hasn't died yet. Elon Musk still owns Twitter. Yeah, yeah, Twitter's still a thing. Imagine that. Yeah. Can you imagine? Remember when Twitter was still a thing? Yeah. And remember when these what? were um, current cultural references? Yeah, yeah, well, tw- Twitter's <laughs> character limit is still 280. As it always will be. As it always will be. <laughs> yeah, well, have you? it's going to change to 4,000, apparently. I know, yeah. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Scooby-Doo and meets Scooby-Doo and meets the Boo Brothers. <laughs> Very confusing. I'm excited. Titled. Are you excited? So, I'm pumped. I'm I'm jittery. I, I can't believe this. I, I, I felt better watching this than I think I did at the start of Barbie. Although I've gone on the record saying I don't mind if we never cover Scooby-Doo. And I'll tell this story now instead of telling it and make a note not to tell it in the intro. But your camera is freaking out. I know. <laughs> I don't that know, was crazy. That. You looked like something out of um, uh, like Cyber Chase or whatever the upcoming Scooby Doo <laughs> film yeah, is. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so we 
we're sort of starting to begin our shutdown period for 2022 talking about um you know what our our episodes our off weeks over the holidays are going to be and i said do we want to plan anything for the start of 2023 now i was thinking like you know a live episode or you know like the hangover where we got drunk or like we we generally pick the franchise to start off with like god's not dead we pretended film franchise fortnights was dead and then came back with god's not dead i was just thinking along those lines and then you said what like scooby-doo and i was like yeah it always starts this way. Barbie started the exact same way. Yeah. We didn't. We went from never thinking, like not even thinking about Barbie, to one day it turned out we were doing Barbie. And yeah. Scooby Doo has hung over our heads for a while. I think. I think Barbie opened the door to people looking into yeah, Barbie was these mega franchises. <laughs> um, but look, there are forty-seven Scooby Doo movies, and here we are at number one. Uh, and let's jump in because we don't want to we don't want to waste people's time <laughs> <laughs> we don't want this podcast to be over long <laughs> no <laughs> don't tell us how long it is in the comments we're not there yet i don't want to yeah spoilers. no spoilers guys for the length of the podcast <laughs> yeah what's it about uh so scooby-doo and the boo brothers is about scooby doo his friend Shaggy and his famous red shirt that he always wears <laughs> and always always has worn. And that's right, the classic gang of uh, Scrappy-Doo and nobody else. Um, <laughs> they, they go to a mansion that um, used to belong to Shaggy's distant uncle who has died and Shaggy... Colonel has, Beauregard. Colonel Beauregard and Shaggy has inherited the mansion. A storyline I know is that is at least reused once in the Scooby-Doo canon because this is what Shaggy and Scooby-Doo get a clue the TV series oh, is well. about. It might even be the same, like it might even be Beauregard. I can't remember. Wow. Uh, but anyway, they get there and there's a bunch of spooky goings on um, and uh, there's, there's a headless horseman chasing them. There's an escaped ape from the local zoo that is chasing them. Mm. There are, is like a hillbilly brother and sister. The sister wants to marry Shaggy and the brother wants to kill Shaggy. Um, and Which obviously leads to hilarious results. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and to top it all off, they've enlisted the help of... Of the Boo Brothers, which is a a um, set of three brother g- ghost brothers who yeah. you know tout themselves as ghost hunters, but well, are hilariously yeah, inept. When you want your ghost gone, you don't call ghost exterminators; you call ghost exterminators <laughs> <laughs> very good very good uh, and they sort of they're following riddles to find the crown jewels the yep. the family jewels the the, um, the, the, the main trio not the Boo Brothers. Yes, uh, and first, immediate thoughts, Richard. My immediate mm-hmm. thoughts, right? What we, is going on? The, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it starts, you jump right in. Within 14 oh, seconds. It's insane. You're in the story. It's so quick. Um, but when, we, when we've covered Barbie and the Nutcracker, right, hmm. at the start of the Barbie epic, um, the... Barber mesh, <laughs> the Barbie <laughs> epic. Um, what, what? Looking back, and even at the time, you could kind of tell this is a good sample for what a Barbie movie is. Yeah, these, this is a platonic know, ideal of a Barbie. This movie. is a platonic ideal of a Barbie movie. What are from what I knew of Scooby Doo already from the various TV shows, which mm. there are t- dozens of, by the mm. way. Um, 
Uh, this is nowhere near the platonic ideal of a no. Scooby-Doo This is the uh, romantic ideal of one. <laughs> this is like, um, you're th- we've been thrown right into like the, the uh, sacred cows of the IP are already being played with. Like the, mm. the you know, the, the stuff is already being subverted at movie one. Because when did this come out? This came out in 1987. 1987. So by this point, Scooby-Doo's been going for, what, 20 years almost? Yeah, something like that. Um, and so by this point, they're like, yeah, the monsters are real, and uh, we don't need Fred and Daphne and Velma. You know? Like, they... So, like, I was expecting, like, what I would think a Scooby-Doo movie would look like, uh, and instead, like, most of the characters I know of are missing, and not only are ghosts real, but some of them are all, are the good guys. The Boo Brothers are the, are the, are the good guys. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty strange. The The story overall, it feels like they've taken episodes of whatever TV show was airing at the time, and it's not like... um. It's not like the Futurama movies, for example, where it was Mm. four episodes stitched together. It's more like scene one from episode one, scene two from episode two. You know, it's it's like they're all integrated. It doesn't feel like you're watching four or five episodes in a row. It feels like they're integrating all the B-plots into one journey, I guess. Interesting, yeah. So this was made as part of a the Hanna-Barbera Superstars 10. It was... 10 uh like syndicated made for television animated films made by hannah barbera right and so boo brothers ghoul school and the reluctant werewolf were all part of this so that's why they the feel different three. from the other ones and then i think zombie island is the next one after that and i and from what i understand you know i'm not the scooby-doo expert you just heard at the start of this podcast <laughs> i've only seen well not including the live action movies i've only seen two scooby-doo movies Wow. But from yeah, from what I understand, after that it'll become a lot more sort of the platonic ideal of a Scooby-Doo movie. Just if you're interested, the other movies on the Hanna-Barbera Superstars 10 were Yogi's Great Escape, The Jetsons Meet the Flintstones, Yogi Bear and the Magical Flight of the Spruce, the Spruce Goose, Top Cat and the Beverly Hills Cats, The Good, The Bad and Huckleberry Hound, <laughs> Rockin' with Judy Jetson and Yogi and the Invasion of the Space Bears. And I bet all of these have the most limited animation you've ever seen in a TV show, in a TV movie. So the the first eight were made using traditional cells, while the last two used digital ink and paint. So Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf, look out the, for that one. It might look a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um does this have a Rotten Tomato score? I didn't even think to check. I guess we should check. I'm imagining barely any of these will. Well, maybe yeah. they will, because they're more straight-to-video situations as opposed to yeah. straight-to-TV. This TV. Uh, does not have a uh, score. It has an audience score, though, of 72. Nice. And wh- who, who directed it? This was directed by Paul Summer. Carl Urbano and Ray Patterson as a supervising director. Carl Urbano? (laughs) He puts an O at the end, thinks no one's going to (laughs) notice. How familiar, AJ, are you with the work of Larry, Curly, and Shemp? I think their names are. Um, I believe that they are. Yeah. (laughs) It was like... 
I was like, I think they're the three Stooges, but I'm sure there's a Mo. <laughs> yeah, there is. Shemp was yeah. There is a Shemp. The, for, the, the fourth Stooge, much yeah, like yeah. the for, the fourth Musketeer. <laughs> mm. Oh, there's six Stooges. Oh my! But God. there's only ever three at a time. Anyway, um, it's like a revolving roster, like the Avengers. <laughs> I had <laughs> yeah. no idea the three Stooges. I knew there was, was like a Shemp, but yeah, Mo, Larry, and uh, Curly, I think, are the are the main three. <laughs> Um, I don't. I I know barely anything about the Three Stooges. Did you pick question. up that the Boo Brothers were a very clear Three Stooges uh, ripoff? I I didn't look up this movie, but I looked up the Boo Brothers to see if they were in anything else. Like, yeah. did the Boo Brothers get their own show? And it mentioned that they were based off the Three Stooges. There. Yeah. Right. But yeah. So did you did you pick up on that at all? No. No, I don't know enough. I just know they have funny hair. Yeah, I think like knowing the like nyeh, nyeh, and and things like that, mm. and just their general kind of like the way they act around each other. I was like, oh yeah, I get this, but I get that this is the Three Stooges. But do, do you know when the Three Stooges were active? The sixties. Uh, they were active from nineteen twenty two until nineteen seventy. Oh my god! Yeah, no wonder it's a revolving roster. Yeah, what an insane amount of time to be doing that <laughs> to like mm. to be just like whacking people on the head like <laughs> 50 years yeah. that's insane this, and this very basic form of, of comedy that, that just keep that never reinvents itself uh yeah. just for that many years yeah oh one of them they, they they tried to come back and then one of them had a stroke in the middle of filming a pilot for a tv show in 1970 oh my god Pretty depressing they, so, stuff. So, so they weren't. They didn't choose to end it. They had to end it. Yeah, they kept dying. <laughs> okay. Very spooky. Very spooky for yeah, the Scooby Doo. Uh, pretty opener. spooky. There's the mm. 2012 film as well, which uh, I don't think either of us saw. But no, apparently it's like quite, quite a, like <laughs> it, it's a good like um, love letter to the to the, right. the Three Stooges, but. I think that the Three Stooges seems so stupid. <laughs> like it's even even the name is like something that like a very serious person would like the words a very serious person would use to describe three f- Tom Tom fools. Yeah, <laughs> I'd yeah. call it the three Tom fools. You see, <laughs> yeah, and they'd be called Tom Fully, and there'd be a revolving door of a third one. Sometimes Shemp, mm. sometimes sometimes Curly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what did you think of Scrappy Doo? Great question. Um, I think that so my knowledge of Scrappy Doo going into this is like the original uh, show ruining character, mm. right? Like the original Jar Jar Binks, that sort of thing. I've heard all these these names uh, before watching this. I've always been kind of like sympathetic towards Scrappy Doo. I think I like <laughs> the word Scrappy. And so hmm. I, 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 and I think it's 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 a funny idea. It's an interesting idea. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about Scrappy Doo again in about four to six hours. Um, <laughs> and his, his bit probably his larger cultural impact. I think I can understand why people don't like him. I think that um, the the it, it, first of all, it's very strange that they established that Scooby Doo has the speech impediment because he's a dog, so he starts mm. every word with R, and then <laughs> Scrappy just speaks eloquently. It's very mm. strange. Like so, it's it's not because Scooby Doo's a dog. Um, yeah, no, I will say just, this: he just has a speech impediment. <laughs> I'll say this: I think the most interesting thing about Scrappy Doo 
is Shaggy's relationship to him. Because mm. Shaggy and Scooby-Doo are both so close. They are such close friends. In fact, there's a scene in this movie where the ape, um, like, sort of, they, they're hiding from the monsters and the ape reaches down and, like, strokes Scooby-Doo's head and Scooby-Doo turns thinking it's Shaggy and a look of delight comes across mm-hmm. his face and he strokes Shaggy back and Shaggy's like, what's going on? And this thing, this bit repeats two or three times. And mm. I was struck by like how lovely it is that their, their friendship extends that Scooby-Doo would love to be like pet by Well, he Shaggy. is still a dog at the end of the he day. He is still a dog. Whereas uh, Scrappy-Doo and Shaggy, Shaggy talks to Scrappy-Doo appropriately <laughs> like your best friend's best friend who you've never met. Mm. like there is a there he is not like you know like you could call me like an asshole right because we're friends mm. but you, well, and it's you like are an asshole so yeah but imagine if like we were hanging out and my friend who you'd never met was there you could never call that friend an asshole you know unless... oh it depend on how early <laughs> in the hangout it was and whether or not they're being an asshole right but that's precisely my point is they i have think a i think perpetual... maybe it's a bad example using me because i'm so charismatic and i sort of make friends with people because so you're an asshole <laughs> <laughs> well like it, the their relationship is like perpetually in the i don't really know you phase mm. and he'll he'll be maybe occasionally overly positive like he calls scrappy do old buddy old pal mm. but that's about it he doesn't he's not you can tell from their interactions that they do not have an intimate friendship mm. which shaggy and scooby-doo do just a have. platonic friendship unlike yeah. scooby and shaggy who's yeah, yeah. so much more than platonic i <laughs> well, one thing that's interesting so I, I read that they toned down scrappy's usual uh persona for this film and changed it to be so he's usually like his entire persona would just be like he's the wise ass he, he he's a wise he's crack. scrappy yeah, he's, he's scrappy but he, he's the one who well you know he's got his little catchphrase like puppy power and yeah, like that. but right, he yeah. he does yeah he sort of just cracks wise all the time whereas in this one they changed him to be a bit more sort of level-headed and resourceful and that was because of the absence of Fred and and Daphne and Velma. So I think they added Velma's intelligence to him and Fred's inventiveness were the two things that said that. Right. Yeah, to, to, to exposing Daphne as a as a nothing character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of which, do we know why the the three other members of the mystery gang aren't in this? Is is am I right in thinking that the eras of Scooby Doo can be uh, categorized by the show, the TV show that was airing alongside or closest to its release. Or is this more just that Super Ten Hanna Barbera? I think it's series? probably more just the Super Ten. So, so the yeah, there's the Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo, which came out in 1985. It's the shortest running. There's only 13 episodes, yeah. and then it was finished in 20. The series was finished in 2019, which is insane. But the <laughs> we get to watch that. We yeah, get to watch yeah. that. We get to that the Thirteenth Ghost. The the, <laughs> the voice cast includes Daphne in it, but otherwise it's just Sco- Sho- Scooby, Scrappy, and Shaggy, and. Right. Yeah, and also the red shirt is like, that's a thing from this show, from 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. So it seems like that, but the, the one that was actually running at the time was a pup named Scooby-Doo, which is, I guess, a right, prequel. The, yeah, it is. Uh, interesting. Do you reckon like the, um, 
because uh, yeah shaggy f- has the for some reason has a red shirt and 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 mm. the first two movies at least i'm sure the third as well uh, and it's really funny because it made me think like the i think one of the reasons scooby-doo is is a good franchise for us to cover is that inexplicably this ip has stayed in the consciousness in the pop cultural mm. consciousness since it began like scooby-doo has essentially been on tv or movies in some form since 1969 right yeah. and and a good way to 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 notice this is how many people will dress up as scooby-doo characters at like halloween parties mm. or dress up parties but imagine someone dressing up as shaggy <laughs> but wearing a red shirt You'd yeah. be like, this isn't Shaggy. Or if you're a Scooby-Doo fan, you might be like, what a great niche reference yeah. this is. <laughs> this is Scooby-Doo. Finally, someone's dressed up as the one true Shaggy. Red shirt Shaggy. <laughs> the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, which is mm. the only show that I consider canon, is what mm, they yeah. will say. <laughs> well, there, there was one bit in this film. There's, it's interesting with like this sort of Hanna-Barbera classic you know it's made fun of for things like using the walk cycles and you Mm. know when the the backgrounds will go past and repeat and there's one scene that goes on for so fucking long and it's hilarious when um they're having to walk through this scary forest and Mm. shaggy's like boy it feels like there's someone walking behind me but i know there isn't and and it's um the the two the country's siblings one trying to fuck him and the other one trying to kill him and yeah. they keep on like tr- almost S- getting him and the other one knocks him out of the way and it goes on for like three minutes <laughs> and i was like it was it was it was like a family guy gag where it, yeah it, right it goes on you're like at, at the first you're like oh that's a funny little you know idea for a scene and then it goes on so long you're like this is getting old and then it comes back around and you're like this is insane (laughs) but it feels like you can feel it being a saving money on animation sort of thing Mm. (laughs) like reaching the 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 runtime animation and this is so bad (laughs) yeah 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 richard i refuse to believe that's the best shaggy impression you can do everyone in the world except for will forte can do a good shaggy voice i want to hear, I want well, to hear I, i've your got one. i've got 47 movies to develop it <laughs> okay well let's where where do we start is that where we're starting from yeah this is what, what give you, us your shaggy all right okay <clears throat> uh, no promises i could be real bad as well i, I spoke too soon <clears throat> like scoob how's that no you tried too hard now it's you not. Reckon? You have to well, do you so much. You didn't try at all. You so. have to do so much better than that by movie forty-seven. Now you've given your, okay. you've started yourself too high. What anything I do is an improvement. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say though that, that it was interesting. You know when you go back and watch the pilot of Rick and Morty, and Rick like burps so much and says, "Oh Morty," that like these things that he still does now, but it's like, oh okay, you've just laid it into a character. But you watch the original pilot and there are so many burps and it's like, how did this get past episode one? Because (laughs) this is such an annoying character to listen to. Mm. I kind of felt that with Shaggy in this, that, you know, it's like the, like, zoinks, that Mm. every single sentence has one or two, like... In it, and yeah, I was like, yeah. "Man, this is actually like really hard to listen." Again, maybe it's a filling out the runtime kind of thing. But <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I don't think that goes away by movie forty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> I think that stays with it. It reminds me, like, like you know how, um, uh, when 
we when good Trump impressions started cropping up because for years mm. everybody was doing this and this was the extent of a Trump impression and then the dude from SNL came on the scene and he was like where Mr. Weirdo was very mean to Mr. Cooley I can't do it obviously but he does he actually does one about Scooby-Doo where he's just like Scooby-Doo <laughs> it's very <laughs> funny but like and like it's an impression so good it makes you realize all How the other good. impressions are bad. All the other impressions are bad, and you hear like nuances in the character's voice. I think Shaggy's like that because a a like small brain Shaggy impression is just like Scoob. We gotta go do this. We gotta go do that. But like the true masters of Shaggy impersonators go, they they know that Shaggy alternates between two octaves, so it's not it's not like Scoob. There's monsters here. It's like Scoob. There's monsters here, you know. Mm. Like again, I'm gonna improve by movie forty seven, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it is it is such a fun voice. And is it Casey 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 plays Casey Kasem who plays him currently, and will probably play him for most of the movies we watch. I would think mm. maybe not. No, because most no. of these movies are in the twenty first century, yeah, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, true. Um, yeah, Casey Kasem. It's actually my only real exposure to Casey Kasem, other than knowing that he played Shaggy, is from Bill Hader impressions. And so Casey Kasem was like a radio announcer or something like that. And when Bill Hader does his Casey Kasem, it's like it's very much like, and you're listening to, and I'm Casey Kasem. Like it's right, it's, so it's the platonic like ideal of like a radio <laughs> announcer voice. And then yeah, Saying he also it right did. Now, count how many times we say platonic ideal in the next twenty four hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that it, it's yeah, it's interesting. And they, so Casey Kasem voiced Shaggy up until. Well, he died in 2014, and I think like half the movies came out after 2014. So. Yeah, right. And he retired. No, not 2014, surely not half the movies. Uh, he, yeah, he we voiced them We've got from 69 to 97, and then 2002 to 2009. Right, so most of the movies came out. Okay, so what's half of 47? 23? Yeah. 23 was 22. 10. Scooby-Doo Camp Scare is the... Is the oh, yeah. So that's uh, after, after um, he'd retired, but he hadn't yeah, passed yeah, away. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Um. Nice. Well, what about uh, a Scooby-Doo? Is there any Is there any nuance to a Scooby-Doo impression? No, We've got to get this out now because I'm going to be saying rut row 20,000 times. <laughs> no, just take the first letter, mm. change that to an R, and mm. you're done. Okay, what about... um. Wrist episode. <laughs> I sound like fucking Yoda. Wrist <laughs> episode of the Road Rupture Rubcast. There we go. Well, what do you why? Rub 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 rub. Patreon. Rub rub. Um, I guess I guess the first movie, and just before we go to the second one, is a good place to talk. What's your like history and relationship with Scooby Doo as a franchise? Uh, I reckon it's it's pretty like you know I just knew it was ex- it existed I'd mm. seen the live action films I'd somewhat become familiar with it recently um and it, I think they will be listening so um shout out to um uh, Grace and Sean two students I had who uh loved Scooby Doo they actually helped us write the ready to record Scoob episode oh, right. that we did a couple <laughs> years ago um. 
and uh, I met them, and they were like their defining personality traits. <laughs> they were like Scooby-Doo. the platonic ideal of a Scooby Doo fan, for sure. And it, it it made me realize that there is a community of Scooby Doo fans, right, yeah. probably more diehard than Barbie. I think because wow. going going into this compared to Barbie, the biggest difference I thought was like these are longer than Barbie movies by on average. I think right, like these the are these are full. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are ninety-minute films by and mm. large, whereas Barbie was sometimes sixty-five-minute films. Loved but <laughs> I would think, I would hope, I would, on average, enjoy a Scooby-Doo movie more than a Barbie. Yeah, movie. Yeah, you'd hope so. Just demographic-wise, we would hope so as well. I think the Barbie movie com- community are all like um, young girls in their early twenties who grew up with the films yeah, and yeah. sort of, I somewhat ironically love them whether they're willing to admit that it's somewhat ironic or not <laughs> whereas like scooby-doo i'm worried scooby-doo i think might have a more die-hard intense fan base well around. if you are a die-hard scooby-doo fan that's how you found us mm. welcome please mm. stick around i i don't have that much exposure to scooby-doo i'll admit i i've seen the two theatrical live action films i watched a bit of what's new scooby-doo just because i loved the simple plan theme song but Mm. if you'd asked me i would have said like growing up i didn't i don't like scooby-doo i think it's i think it's so stupid (laughs) i don't i don't like scooby-doo um i think will that change by the end we'll we'll see like but i think it's one of those things i remember my mum specifically hating scooby-doo and i think i always just adopted that Right. So, you know, Scooby-Doo was banned in our household. It, mm. it wasn't actually, but I just remember her being like, oh, Scooby-Doo. And then, so yeah, I was just like, never really liked Scooby-Doo. I was exposed to negative energy around Scooby-Doo. Mm. So yeah, yeah, it's a, uh, it's interesting to see. Uh, it's, I don't have, I do, I do really like those two live action movies. So yeah, we'll see. Well, well Richard, the best thing about doing a a potentially day long podcast and preparing for it is like I'm not worried about forgetting bringing certain things up because I'm sure I'll remember them at some point in the next now, yeah. month and a half. Um, but what I would like to bring up before we uh, before I forget the the, the the conversation on the Scooby Doo and the meets the Boo Brothers, Richard, I want to ask you when is your birthday? Oh yes, my birthday is on the eighth of February. Because one thing we did in preparation for this episode, uh, because uh, if you'll remember on the Barbie episode... Yeah, because we're desperate to make this the inferior sequel to Barbie that I think <laughs> it deserves to be. Um, one thing we did on the Barbie episode is we we told everyone what Barbie doll came out the year they were born. Now, there is no real Scooby-Doo equivalent to that, but Scooby-Doo has legitimate... I think there are 10 to 13 TV series that have mm. been released under the scooby-doo banner since 1969 and there has been an episode released on at least like on average probably every second day of the year at some point Hmm. um during its run and so um what i painstakingly did richard and you helped (laughs) for about an hour um, (laughs) i i looked at every episode i didn't watch it i looked at the wikipedia page for every episode of every scooby-doo show to find out what was the monster in every episode uh and then i put that episode on the date it originally aired so your birthday is what february 8th yeah 
So I can tell you, Richard, that the closest your Scooby Doo well, monster horoscope. I, I will. I will say though that the, the, the I know I have no episode on that day, but the film Aloha Scooby Doo came out on February eighth. Ah, uh, okay. Well, should we go to that one then? I, I think. I think we should. Yeah. Okay. Well, what is the monster in Aloha Scooby Doo? <sighs> Weaky tiki. Wiki t- sounds fucking racist, dude. So that's your one. <laughs> <laughs> sounds culturally appropriate. If something I think will come up a lot as we've journey, journey through Scooby Doo, I reckon is an unavoidable problematic. Uh, not, not not so much a problematic corner, but a problematic <laughs> like uh, <laughs> artery system of like cultural appropriation and things throughout it. Um, so there you go. My uh, birthday is June twenty second. So the Scooby Doo monster of the week on closest on or closest to june 22nd was the manticore which aired in scooby-doo mystery incorporated season one episode 21 menace of the manticore in 2011 so that that was in uh, on june 21st so a day before my birthday so that is my uh scooby-doo monster horoscope we're gonna have guests so, so, on so you, your june 22nd is your birthday yeah uh you, is scooby-doo and the loch ness monster came out on your birthday Oh, we should have written these ones. Yeah. Like, included them in the These are a so lot more fruitful by the look of it. <laughs> I'd Based say on most a sample of, size of two. Mo- most of Scooby-Doo ep- episodes, everybody, aired be- in, in between September and December. So if you, I'll, I'll probably make this um, spreadsheet, spreadsheet, spreadsheet available to for public viewing mm. um, once we drop the episode. Because I think it's a funny resource to have, like every scooby-doo monster and the date the episode <laughs> came out um but as you'll see yeah there's a lot more between september and december than there is in the first three quarters of the year um, oh my god you're not so cute scooby-doo and the loch ness monster is the 13th film aloha scooby-doo is the 14th oh, they're right next cute. to each other how insane is that that is crazy. So the so the Tiki Monster and the Loch Ness Monster are our Scooby Doo horoscopes. I'll take that over the Manticore. As I say, we are going to have guests on, and we're going to ask them their birthdays, and we'll tell them their Scooby Doo horoscope as well. And if you're in the Discord, the Cold Pop Shit Discord, which you should be in, go on there, and um, we can share in this fun. You know, some some of you will have multiple options. I think. Um, What's the longest? It's like um, October. Some, yeah, some day in October. There's which makes sense for Scooby Doo. Yeah, yeah, October. Um, October first has about fifty different episodes aired on it, so <laughs> you'll have lots of options there. Um, but cool. That is. Is that it? Is that the Boo Brothers? Yep. Play that music. Yes. <laughs> A mystery to solve The mystery is why Are we doing this again? We can't beat the last time Get ready for Barbie 2 But this time it's Scooby 2 Good job Scooby Have yourself a cult popcha snack So that is our brand new theme song You've heard that from Carlisle Laurent I Thank hope you, you like it Because you're going to be hearing A lot of it over this episode <laughs> So now, we are here to talk about Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School. Oh, no, I'm too scared. What is Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School about? Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School is about Shaggy, 
wearing his signature red shirt. Mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo and, of course, Scrappy-Doo. <laughs> We're still in this zone. <laughs> um, they they go... Shaggy has been hired to be, like, a phys ed teacher for a all-girls yeah. high school, uh, but twist... It's they're all monster girls, so there's yeah. it's it's essentially monster high, but twenty yeah. years earlier, um the the school is called Grimwood Academy or something like that, uh and the girls are the likes of like Count Dracula's daughter, the Mummy's daughter, the Wolfman's daughter, the Phantom of the Opera's daughter, etc. The, f- et the et Frankentine's daughter, the Frankentine, um the uh. I thought one thing I missed, and I was hoping you caught this so you could explain mm. this. They all have like punny names. The girl mummy is called Tennis. Yeah, it's uh, it's in a, a Tennis. It's an Egyptian city. Ah, that's not very funny. <laughs> well, anyway, um, they so so obviously like there's the incongruent humor of shaggy being a big scaredy cat having to teach a bunch of uh monsters but he teaches them how to exercise uh and meanwhile next door is an another like an all boys school and the mm. but these guys aren't monsters they're just <laughs> guys. um and they have like this rivalry with uh grimwood callaway um and it's like a it's military a, a military boys academy yeah. yeah yeah um and uh that it's sort of just generally just the the you know, a bunch of different stuff happens. It doesn't feel quite as like disconnected as as Boo Brothers. I didn't think. Um, uh, toward the end of the movie, uh, there's a, there's another there's like a villain called like Revoltress or something Revolta. like this. Revolta, who's like jealous of all the monsters, and so she um, hypnotizes all of them, all the all the girls, and Shaggy and Scooby Doo and Scrappy have to save the girls while their monster fathers hang out as well and and watch over them, and and they're all very spooked. Um, I quite liked this movie, Richard. <laughs> what did you think of it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think I probably thought it was pretty similar in quality to the first one. I've just mm-hmm. real, I've got, I'm wearing like slight like you know jandals or like flip-flops or whatever you want to call them and i just realized i have gum on them but it's like the gums like on the inside and like where you've put your foot yeah Ew. look at that and like i just i just looked down and i noticed it and it and now it smells really minty um this is the kind of if you this is your first time flying with a cult Polish podcast oh there is some on the back as well uh this, oh, this is this is the kind of stuff that you can look forward to Every this is the kind of stuff Richard finds more interesting than talking about Scooby Doo. I I I think people like this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so Scooby Doo and the Ghoul School, mm. yeah, it's it's a weird. The villain doesn't really appear or become a major mm. threat until quite late in the film. Oh, now my shoes fucking stuck to my foot. Ugh. All right. Guess I'm going shoeless for the for oh, this, no. this film. Um, when well, uh, if you know if you can call them shoes. Anyway, yeah, the it's just a a weird setup for a film. That's like well, why again, is Shaggy being hired as the phys ed teacher? Yeah. Why? Yeah, again, I'm I'm starved of this. Say it with me. Platonic ideal mm. of a Scooby Doo story because. Like this, Scooby Doo is about solving mysteries and unmasking. There's villains. no mystery in this one. There's no mystery at all. It's just, 
using the like spooky aspect of the brand recognition. Yeah. Actually, we to didn't tell say it's in Boo Brothers. Play the theme backwards and then give it um, that in Boo Brothers, it's revealed the mastermind behind it is the brother of the sheriff who has uh, been yeah. masquerading as the sheriff. And yeah, it's so a twin that, reveal. <laughs> yeah, that, that, it's one of your classic, you know, take off the the hood. He doesn't say, I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you meddling kids, which is something that I want to just take note of. Just let's Do you take reckon a we'll note. hear that line said unironically at any point? Because I think further I, I down the like, line, it yeah, becomes like ironic, an yeah. homage to yeah. the early ones where they did it sincerely. I feel like maybe like in a zombie island or something like that. But even then it's like, I don't know how. I reckon that would still ironically be you'd call yeah. it. Yeah, that. And I mean, obviously it'll be in like the live action ones and stuff. But in Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School, one of the villains does refer to the characters as meddling, but not kids. Mm. So the word meddling is used. Okay, but. interesting. Thank you for keeping track of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start another one of our mini Google Sheets for this franchise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, here's what I liked about this movie. Yeah. And I didn't at first. At first, I was like, this is the same as Boo Brothers. It's going to be feel very slow. It's going to feel like a bunch of episodes stitched together. I don't think it does. What I liked about it, Richard, is that it kind of reminded me of School of Rock. And oh, furthermore... It reminded me of my own school days. <laughs> <laughs> furthermore, I think there is a good movie buried in the cheap animation and, like, the endless amount of terrible terrible puns that this movie oh, is full it's, so it's, it's basically just a parade of like the mummy character will say something about wanting their mummy and then mm. the the vampire character will place the word bat where it shouldn't be yeah and also the 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 vampire character is this movie's like first trap <laughs> <laughs> i think they're they're supposed to be um well because she's a she's a vampire so she's, mm, she's, uh, she's actually a seductress <laughs> but yeah she's very like her voice is like it's this insane like why are you being so sexual with your character <laughs> um so what i liked about it is that i think like there's almost like i reckon you can make a live action maybe it wouldn't be a scooby-doo movie but, like, I think it's a cool idea to have it be, like, this guy ends up um, being a phys ed teacher for a monster school. Mm, and then the there's, the this, there's this, there's this uh, rivalry that they have with just the normal military school next next door. Mm. Um, and then there's a point where they go all go on a field trip or something to the swamp and the boys all get stuck in the swamp. And then the girls come and help the boys out of the the quicksand uh and then when the girls go missing on the night of like bring your dad to school whatever it is <laughs> like it, like shaggy is already terrified because the, the the fathers are all monsters and then on that same night all the girls get kidnapped and hypnotized and it's up to shaggy to go and save them and who helps him the the boys school that that the, the girls had helped well, the, and the dogs. Yeah, the dogs really have nothing to do. Calling them the dogs feels like such a... Um, like, and I just liked that. I thought, I Shaggy thought it, and I, the dogs go to girl school. <laughs> I thought it earned its, like, third act, where, like, yeah, sure, now everyone's sure. gone to gone to save save the girls. And I thought that was really cool. And I think it, 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 gives, it gives opportunity for these characters to be heroic. And I think the best 
the best use of a cowardly character like mm. Shagford Rogers or whatever his name is. Norville. Norville, <laughs> Norville Shaggy Rogers. <laughs> I think the best application of a super character. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Shagford is like um, a family, like his rich family name in something like that. Shagworth or something like that. <laughs> like his rich, rich uncle Shagworth or something like that. Or am I thinking of Austin Powers? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what I'm saying is like the best application of a cowardly character is that by the end they save the day regardless of how scared they are because I think that's quite powerful and quite heroic, you know. Mm. Um, and so I liked that a lot. Uh, and I thought that with a few tweaks and a couple of updates, this could be quite an entertaining family blockbuster, you know? Mm. I I think that, yeah, you say like it earns its third act. I think it wastes its first two. That's probably true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One scene that, that really resonated with me in this movie, though, is mm-hmm. when the commandant, the, the like commander of Callaway... I think he's just commander calloway or colonel calloway who's like the the principal of the all boys school the military school he visits um mrs grimwood who's the the woman that runs grimwood high or whatever mm. it's called uh and she she's like you simply must try my fudge and he's having a horrible time you know like he's sitting on chairs that end up being oh they need to stop eating the fucking food there as well <laughs> so she gives him fudge and he eats it and he's like this tastes moldy and she's like of course it's moldy it's mushroom fudge or you know fungus mm. fudge yeah i knew it was alliterative but i was like mushroom fudge that sort of thing and then he washes it down with a cup of toadstool tea and this spoke to me richard because i think fudge is overrated i think fudge is gross and here's you think it's why gro- I think, okay saying I th- it's overrated is-, is one thing saying it's gross <laughs> is a whole other thing well okay it depends what fudge we're talking about i i don't mind like the super processed like really creamy like irish fudge that you used to be able to get i'm in supermarkets do you know what here. i this whole time i was picturing a brownie <laughs> <laughs> i think brownies are overrated as well but no, brownies them, are delicious i wouldn't call them disgusting but like she, he gets given this piece of fudge and he and it's got this horrible things and that's so true of fudge you know like i don't trust getting given a piece of fudge because i'm gonna bite into it and someone will have like marbled sultanas throughout it like it's disgusting i, I think I that's don't probably want that. that's probably a a a bit of a more indictment on the the circles you run in. I don't know that I ever would have been hoodwinked by sultanas in my fudge, marbled sultanas in my fudge. <laughs> I I've had nothing but good experiences with fudge. Uh, to too be honest, sweet. it's too sweet. Um, Jess made some fudge recently. I came home one day. She'd had the day off, and she just she just went ahead and made fudge. And I thought this was God, and the, the consistency is like eating like shattered glass man it's it's uh, okay sad. okay it's I, I really think that you are <laughs> like sultanas and shattered glass i think i think people if they remember to comment on this part and a day from now when they're finished listening are going to be like i don't think aj's eating fudge <laughs> <laughs> i think aj's eating sand <laughs> yeah i think aj's eating sultanas he dropped in the sand <laughs> well fair enough i just she brought out fudge and i had a thought of like man i hate fudge and then he was like this is fungus in it and i was like this is why i hate fudge (laughs) (laughs) it also had mosquitoes in it Mm, well that was a different fudge they made later on i think that was a brownie actually 
That must be what I'm thinking because when you when I pictured it, I was like, no, that's a well. Brownie. They mean brownie and fudge look very similar, don't they? Well, in 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 low fucking quality animation, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> how's your how's your your scrappy do impression? Um, well, I feel like the scrappy do in this, as we've said, is not the true scrappy the true do. do, the true do, because he's he's in this, he's sort of like. What 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 about this, Uncle Uncle Scooby? Whereas, it, from what I understand from the Scooby Doo movie, the live action one, he's more like, "I'm a little shit, and I'm gonna piss on you." Mm. <laughs> That's what I know to be Scrappy Doo. <laughs> Just a little fuckhead. Mm. Mm. So, is this part of the the Super Ten as yeah, well? Yeah, this is this is still part of the Ten, and so mm. is the next one. I will say that there's there's like you said about on the on the fudge thing. Mm. There's like they're given so much to eat throughout the film, and they'll be like, "Oh, this is rotten," and they go, "Yeah, of course it's rotten. We're ghouls." Mm. And then they go, "Oh, finally, here's some corn," and they go, "Oh, no, it's rotten corn," and they go, "Yep," because <laughs> we go. It's like. You can probably pretty fucking safely assume. Then they're the like, "Yeah, we're making fudge." They're like, "Finally, some fudge!" <laughs> God, when were you fucking? Oh, they they do just have like hot dogs at one point. Yeah, they 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 have hot dogs at one point. They have pizza at one point, but then the pizza is revealed to have disgusting toppings. Yeah, they're on like, it. Uh, yeah, it's got everything on it because it has spider webs on it. But Shaggy and Scooby like that. Hmm. Um, so what were you another... complaining about the fucking fungi fudge? <laughs> I reckon, like, yeah. I reckon you could give me a fudge and tell me that it has mushrooms in it, and I would probably try it. Maybe I don't like mushrooms either. Or maybe a brownie. Maybe not so much fudge. I mean, I do very much like mushrooms, but it seems like one of those things. Like, you know, how people make like uh, chocolate pudding that's just like avocado and chocolate. Mm. I I I imagine there's probably a world in which you can do a similar thing with <laughs> mushrooms and fudge. Oh, for sure. For sure. One thing I wanted to flag at the second movie, because oh, yes. I want to know if, if this is something only this movie did that I didn't know, or if it's something that this movie actually, like a rule this movie breaks, mm. is twice in the movie, uh, Shaggy mistakes what Scooby's saying because of the R. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So there's one where Scooby sees um, plants have eyeballs and they open and he goes, we've got rice rice like trying to say eyes and shaggy's like rice where you know because they're really mm. hungry and there's one the, the, this film opens with a fucking killer joke dude where they're they're driving to the ghoul school <laughs> and there's a storm going on uh, and lightning strikes and scooby goes lightning and shaggy's like what's that scoob writing where and he goes row writing and he's like you mean lighting and he's like row writing and then he points to the credits which say starring scooby-doo mm. and then it pans over to shaggy where it says and shaggy and shaggy's like get this away from me i'm driving which i, I was like what it a stays funny- on him for so long because <laughs> both of these films the first two films we're talking about start with them driving and Shaggy's such a dick in the car on the first one. <laughs> They're like, he's, Sco- Scooby's talking to him, and he's like, "Can you actually shut the fuck up, Scooby?" <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to drive in a yeah. rainstorm. <laughs> I'm trying to drive. You're a dog. <laughs> Stop talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, one other thing that this is to pl- this goes in with like all the pun and wordplay in this movie. There's mm. one bit that that really struck so, me. So so there's also um as well there's another bit where he 
talks about seeing a bat and he says, a rat. And he's like, oh, it's just right. a rat. It's fine. So there's three times mm. in the movie that it happens. Mm. There you go. Um, so there's one bit where where Shaggy and Scrappy are faced with this big monster. It's in the, the climactic third act. Uh, and Scrappy's holding a ball. And Scooby do- goes, uh, Shaggy goes, Scrappy, I don't know if this is a good time for games. And he's like, don't worry, Shaggy. I'm just trying to see if he'll play ball with me. And then he throws the ball and the monster gets distracted by the ball. But the thing is, is he sa- he's saying it like it's a double meaning. But it's not. It's a single entendre. It's uh, it'd be like if a character was hold and something was holding some horses, and then a character was another character was like, "Talk about hold your horses." It's <laughs> like it's not. It's not a play wordplay because it's just like to play ball means what he's doing. Like mm. he's he's using it like he's saying like we're trying to see if he'll play ball. Like will he cooperate? But he's literally doing the the, the single entendre meaning of it. You know, mm. <laughs> it's just like, is this, are these movies going to be, I feel like these movies are going to be full of shit like that. <laughs> so get prepared. <laughs> yeah. And we'll be here to nitpick every single one of them. We'll be here to nitpick these 35 year old movies <laughs> that wow. probably people haven't seen for 35 what, years. Probably 20, 20 something hours still to go. Yeah. Wow. Mm. <sighs> Makes you think, doesn't it? I can't wait to see the madness that will unfold as we go forward, Richard. I can't see... Well, I can't wait to see the... The depths uh, of depravity. (laughs) The vulnerabilities we'll share. And you know what else, Richard? The friends we'll make along the way. Whoa. Friends like, uh, like who? Like... Uh, well, I don't want to speak too soon because we're still sorting out a record date. But our next guest! (laughs) We got a mystery to solve. The mystery is why are we doing this again? We can't beat the last time. Get ready for Barbie 2. But this time it's Scooby 2. Good job, Scooby. Have yourself a cult popcha snack. Take it away, Richard. All right, I can't remember. I can't remember this. The segue we did was, (laughs) but uh, it's my pleasure to introduce our first guest on this journey, Alexi Toliopoulos. Wow! Thank you so much for having me. Mm. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, People might recognize you from a number of projects: uh, (laughs) Total Reboot, your podcast, Finding Jesus, the web series that's come out, and some previous podcasts. Finding Drago, Finding Desperado. Uh, but now add this to the list of things people might recognize <laughs> you from. Yeah, I feel like this is about to become yeah. a notable experience in my life doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, we, we thought that because you guys, have, you and um, your, your podcast co-host uh, Cameron, because you are so uh, into solving internet mysteries and things like that, we thought who better to get on the, you know, Scooby-Doo, a franchise mm-hmm. famous for its mysteries <laughs> who better to get as a first guest than you and we gave you one of the movies which doesn't Has have no a mystery, mystery in it <laughs> <laughs> hey, are you what's your experience with scooby-doo are you did you grow up on it are you a fan 
I grew up watching Scooby-Doo. Of course, I used to love watching television as a child. It was one of my <laughs> most favorite hobbies was to sit in front of that glistening tube and seeing all the stories from across the world across it. And Scooby-Doo was something I deeply loved as a child. Um, but mm. I all have almost no nostalgia for it, I'd say, because I think I, I loved it as a child. Wow. I had little toys and um, in Sydney, the town which I call home, we had a uh, we had a theme park um, called mm. uh, I can't remember what it's called Wonderland. Yeah, it's called Wonderland, and it was Hanna Barbera themed. And oh, I wow. loved Hanna Barbera, oh. so I used to love to go to um, Wonderland and see all my favorite characters from Top Cat to Magilla Gorilla and all my <laughs> heroes. Um, and so, I, so I love Scooby Doo. I love seeing it there, but I never got into the live action Scooby Doo. I think it was just like. Wow. I might have been like probably maybe two months too old to get into it when it finally came out. Just like <laughs> it just missed yeah, me. Yeah, I understand that. And, um, yeah. and so you wouldn't have ridden the movie world Scooby Doo ride then. No, I did ride it. I mean, too it's, cool for them. Oh, okay, right. Even though I was like, oh, yes, I. It's don't. not made of stone, Richard. <laughs> I may not enjoy this franchise anymore. But what am I to not enjoy a roller coaster? <laughs> <laughs> so so what would have been the scooby-doo series that you really because for me when i think back to watching mm. scooby-doo as a kid it's what's new scooby-doo mainly because of the simple plan theme song oh uh, for me it would have mm. been older because i used to watch like cartoon network um mm. which would have really old hanna-barbera cartoons so it would be like the one that had the theme song like scooby-dooby-doo where are you? And it's like the really old one <laughs> with like stagnant backgrounds and hideous animation. And, yeah. and <laughs> I would say watching this reawoke a lot of feelings I had from being a child of just like sitting in front of the TV, being incredibly bored, like just, yeah. <laughs> you know, just something washing over you where you're just like, okay, I'm watching this. I couldn't give a fuck about what's going on on screen. Um, and just be like, you know, bored to the point where you have just that tinge of annoyance coming through, like a headache yeah. sleeping through yeah. you. And it just, uh, it really reminded me of that. Like when you're sick home, sick home from school and you're just like, well, what am I going to do and watch TV all day? And it's just, crap and crap and crap and crap i'm so sorry i know that you're at the start of your journey with this <laughs> i fucking hated this i hated this so much i hated it at a point i was like i i started questioning I'm like life is precious what am i doing here i've got all you can see into my room right now who are these guys <laughs> i've got like three thousand movies i haven't watched on my wall all these blu-rays <laughs> i'm giving up these moments to watch this thing that i despise and i was like i think i'm retired Retiring from the podcast game of watching something awful to make fun of it. I think I have to retire. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad we got you just before the end. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, a, what an honor to have you on. <laughs> so, uh, this is Scooby Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf, is what we're talking about. It came out in 1988, mm -hmm. 35 years ago, because it is currently the year. 2023 oh, as we all know the 35th anniversary while we're recording this <laughs> um it was directed by ray patterson which is a name you might recognize i certainly recognized it because that is the name of steve martin's character in the 200th episode <laughs> of the simpsons trash of the titans uh, <laughs> yeah, <he directed> this. <laughs> wow i was wondering why that rang a bell thank goodness <laughs> <laughs> so but this is still part of the 
the Hanna-Barbera Superstars 10. Alexi, if you, I know you're a connoisseur of cinema, so you probably already know this, mm-hmm. but in, <laughs> in the late 80s, Hanna-Barbera made 10 films with their stars, made for TV films, and wow. they made three of them with Scooby-Doo films. This was the last one of the 10, and yeah, for some reason, they only include shaggy scooby and scrappy have real monsters and don't involve mysteries (laughs) insane it's insane and i knew something was up as soon as shaggy walks onto screen wearing a red t-shirt and blue jeans what the frick is going on (laughs) horrible horrible stuff this is this is something whenever you know cartoon characters they have a set Mm. uniform and every now and then they wear something else Mm. sometimes that can be exciting Sometimes it can be foreboding. Yeah. In this case, I was like, "This is <laughs> wrong. This is, uh, yeah. What is Bad up with omen. this?" <laughs> I'd, I'd go as far as to say repugnant that uh, Shaggy wears a red shirt in these movies. Disgusting. Uh, yeah, th- this is his outfit from one of the specific shows: uh, Scooby Doo mm. and the Thirteenth. 13th ghost or the curse of 13 ghosts something like that <laughs> uh, anyway oh my god you have retained too much knowledge <laughs> and it's just the start it's, it's just really the start. upsetting <laughs> start, yeah. this oh is, my gosh you're gonna be a canonized lunatic by this you're gonna learn everything about Scooby well that's the thing like ask me about Barbie like that's all the information I've got all that information still yeah <laughs> So the life is precious, sir. You need to do something to repent these wicked ways. I don't know what it is. Maybe you have to like foster children or something mm. to just like really put some good back into the world. <laughs> yeah, per- perhaps adopt a Great Dane um, and his mm. little puppy nephew. <laughs> so, um, oh, we, well, we haven't actually spoken about what's what's the film about. I can I can handle this one. Oh my lord! So <laughs> Scooby Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf is about um, so Dracula is a main character, even though mm. we just saw him in the last movie as a completely different relationship to the characters. Uh, but this is a new Dracula, and there is like some kind of like um, big momentous battle of the monsters or something that's going to start happening soon. Like this this foreboding tradition, uh, and it's not like a battle to the death; it's actually just a race. Like it's a, a way- Wacky race. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's wacky, wacky yeah. races. There you go. It's a race that I would describe perfectly as wacky. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they they want their werewolf that they've got on staff to mm. be racing in this the race. Wolfman. But he's he's lazy and he's gone on holiday. And yeah. so they work out that because of the way the moonlight shines on a certain individual, that prophecy states that the next werewolf will be one Norval Shaggy Rogers who. They Shaggy. Call Shaggy. <laughs> Shaggy. Um, and so, uh, surprise everyone, that's what the title's indicating. And I want to know what do you guys think is more shocking? Um, the fact that uh, Shaggy is the titular reluctant werewolf, or the fact that Mark Wahlberg's Cade Yeager was the titular last <laughs> night in Transformers The Last Night? Because it feels <laughs> like one of those situations where it's like, he's the reluctant <laughs> werewolf? I was looking forward to a new character. I will never get over the Cade Yeager reveal from The Last Night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Shaggy. He's got a girlfriend in this one. I can't remember her name. Googie. But, um, oh, she's a smoke show. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. What's her name? Sorry. What was Googie. her name? Yugi. Her name's Googie. <laughs> what the? No, no. It can't be true. Her name's Googie. 
I maybe I should reveal as well. Um, I was very, very grateful for you to send me this film mm. um, because this is streaming in Australia on Stan in like a oh. nice, probably high definition transfer. Uh, but I was so grateful for the version you sent me because I wa- could watch on two times speed. So there were a lot yes. of memes I probably didn't capture. <laughs> and even yeah. then it was torturous, like how long yeah. this felt. Because <laughs> the, it was 50 minutes of a wacky racist style thing. <laughs> I was expecting at least some kind of I'm Scooby-Doo so type horror hijinks. Mm. There was maybe 20 minutes at the top. You're like, okay, we're at the mm. drive-in, by the way. Yeah. Shaggy's trying to get fucking laid at the drive-in, which is insane <laughs> for a children's TV show. <laughs> and then some little creatures come down, turn him into a werewolf, and then it's 50 minutes of wacky races. It's and wacky races. So boring. Is, I hated that show. I hate that show so much it's mm. so boring mm. and i cannot believe that this was a wacky races show it that feels like it should be illegal they have characters that do wacky races and some of them are like morticious kind of <laughs> uh adam's family-esque monster universal monster characters what is going on hannah barbera needs to clean house they need to drain the swamp <laughs> of this shit if they don't know how to utilize their properties so the, the funny thing is as well that you you Got lucky that you could watch it in two times speed. You also got very... We almost mm. sent you this film in Spanish. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, we downloaded... Well, we, we legally obtained wow. all 47 movies <laughs> and put them into a Google Drive. You put them all on DVD <laughs> and, and had then to... Yeah. Them all, <laughs> all above board. Send me the license so I can also own it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and we... But yeah, for some reason, like just this one and the next one were in Spanish. And then it was like... I actually don't know. If that might have worked. In its <laughs> I don't know. It, maybe, yeah. maybe, you know, when we're 30 movies and we can experiment with the form like that. Uh, mm. But, mm. <laughs> but maybe not. Three movies in felt a bit too early. Yeah, yeah. Um, a weird bit of presentation um, that happens in this film is that it's like it has its cold open with Dracula and all that. And then it starts, the camera starts like moving through these open mansion doors and it's like mm. Hanna-Barbera presents. And I was like, oh, a bit of presentation. We haven't seen that in the <laughs> series yet. And then it says Scooby-Doo and it's like, hell yeah. And then it says Scooby-Doo and the reluctant werewolf. And I was like, why did you say Scooby-Doo twice? Why did you show us Scooby-Doo twice? It's so strange. So I've, I, I, in all my years of researching Scooby-Doo, I haven't come across this piece of information I'm about to reveal. This was, mm. this blew my fucking mind. So, mm. the first, these first three films, we've had three protagonists Shaggy, Scooby, and Scrappy. This came out in 1988, 35 years ago. This is the last yeah. time in all of Scooby Doo canon that Scrappy appears as a protagonist. Wow. His only other major appearance is in the live action film where he's the villain. Forty four more movies, wow. eight more TV shows, each with like, you know, a sixty to a hundred episodes. No scrappy dude. There's one appearance in one more movie that's referred to as an Easter egg cameo. Uh, I don't know what that means, wow. but yeah, they really just fucking hated this character. <laughs> and what a choke old on culture he has for so few appearances. He's not been around for 35 years. Mm. I would say most people on earth would know and despise Scrappy Doo. <laughs> what he's he's what do they call it? It's like a um a generic term now. Like if you have a it's Scrappy Doo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So he he was a character so bad his like reputation mm. precedes him for eternity, yeah. you know. Mm. Do you hate Scrappy Doo? 
I don't think he's at his most hateful form in this in the any mm. of these movies because they rewrote him somewhat to be like helpful. Whereas from what I understand in the shows, which there's a whole show called Scooby Doo and Scrappy Doo, so he's been around for a long time mm. by this point. Um, I from what I understand that he's just an annoying little piece of shit. So yeah, <laughs> Richard, how about you? What are your feelings towards Scrappy Doo? I I, I want to be a Scrappy-Doo apologist. Like, mm. I want to mm. go out to bat for him, but he, I just don't know enough about him. I Like, it mm. sounds like he's just a little cunt most of the time, but <laughs> he... Yeah. Yeah, and this one, they, they, yeah, they, they took the elements of Velma, Fred, not so much Daphne, but I think they gave... That would be awesome. <laughs> they could have at least made Scrappy-Doo sexy, right? Yeah. <laughs> then you've got yeah. all three characters. I, I, I read <laughs> online somewhere that it's like, Googie takes the role of Daphne because she doesn't take part in the final act. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We love Googie. <laughs> I was, um, I had, the, this was probably the last time I thought about Scooby-Doo was probably like, you know... 10, 15 years ago while I was having a session on some illicit materials, <laughs> some some weed, if you will, <laughs> some green, <laughs> some green materials. And, of course, when you smoke that weed, sometimes your brain begins to wander, concocting strange thoughts. And I had this thought, which was came to me very clearly, mm. which was, why does Scrappy-Doo speak perfect English? <laughs> But Scooby Doo speaks with like a you know a dog accent in broken dog English, accent. and then I thought I had the then I was like okay well he Scooby's the uncle and then my brain concocted this unwillingly my brain made the next thought which is well of course you know Scooby is an older generation like my Greek migrant grandmother who speaks with a broken English with an accent and then Scrappy is the next generation who speaks perfect English much like I do so I was like oh, okay that makes sense and then I re- really got upset set with myself and it's a thought that I've not been able to lose for 10 years that I just had this one stone of thought and I just can't get it out of my brain but I think that explains Scrappy-Doo I do I, I love that that explains why he speaks perfect or English it's, or, or the, the dog accent is like something you grow into like oh then, a reverse situation. yeah 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 wow well I mean like it's, you it's become sort of more the, dog as you grow up yeah yeah, yeah 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 it's it's the Warner Bros version of like the Pluto Goofy paradox right mm, um yeah where, you know they're both dogs um another dog thing I guess I, I always wondered is it just that Scooby is has a speech impediment and that mm. he's the only dog you see talking for most of the series. So he just happens to have a speech impediment. And every other dog is more like Scrappy-Doo. Mm. Well, in the world of Hanna-Barbera, Muttley also has an accent. Ah, mm. of course. Muttley talks... <laughs> like that, he's like... Yes, yes! But then you have yeah. like Huckleberry Hound, though. He's just... A salmon. That was so gay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the yeah, only line yeah, I could think of from, from the substance. <laughs> what about um I can do a good I can do a killer droopy. Is is he no, he's Disney. Wow. Is he Disney or Hanna Barbera? Uh, Alright, let me I think Droopy Dog is either Hanna Barbera or Looney Tunes. Okay, well here's my here's my droopy, you ready? I gotta pull my mustache apart mm. and I gotta go. What's floor, sir? <laughs> That's what he says in <laughs> Roger Rabbit. Uh, yeah, um, I think he's uh, Looney Tunes, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, well, that's closer. That's closer than Hanna-Barbera, then. I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're all owned by Warner Brothers yeah, these days, I think. Yeah, they're all in Space Jam, too. <laughs> We're all in Space Jam, too, eventually. Wow. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> I, I wanted to ask you guys, um, what did you think of the werewolf design? The sh- Shaggy as a werewolf. What did you think of the mm. like design of that? Um, I guess uh, I hated it. I guess I hated <laughs> almost everything about this movie. Yeah. I don't know if I could differentiate the levels of hate between uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, things about it. I think it was so hard to get past the red shirt. So when yeah, I right. saw Shaggy, or as I'll call him, Comrade Shaggy, turn yeah. into a werewolf, I th- it wasn't enough like Shaggy for me to recognize him because mm. he was wearing yeah. a red shirt. I yeah. was like, okay, who's this guy? <laughs> mm. Who's this yeah. guy now wearing a red shirt? Got no idea. Yeah, I um, I also hated the werewolf design, and it made me realize. I think almost like ninety nine percent of times that a werewolf is in something. It's mm. aesthetically displeasing <laughs> to me. Like I hate like Teen Teen Wolf, Michael J. Fox and Teen Wolf looks horrible, right? Like yeah. it, it it makes me not want him to be the main character when he looks that way. And the only time I've ever been satisfied by a werewolf design is from the Canadian TV show Big Wolf on Campus, Fuck yeah. uh, where Tommy Dawkins uh, yeah turns into a werewolf, and he's just sort of got like big sideburns and sharp teeth and he looks cool werewolves don't oh, wow. look cool and and things yeah. anymore i think you shouldn't want to be a werewolf i think most things it's right, treated as some tale. kind of curse <laughs> and uh, i think the idea isn't that it looks cool um, hence why shaggy's so reluctant to be <laughs> yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not called the quite content werewolf yeah yeah the aesthetically <laughs> pleasing werewolf <laughs> um so you, we mentioned already there's that the the Dracula and his, and the Hunchbunch call him mm. Shaggy, and mm. do you guys know that 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 pronunciation actually pops up somewhere else? Unfortunately, I do else. know this. I know what yeah. you're saying. I, I, I hate that I know it. And as soon um, as it happened, I was like, "Fuck!" It's stuck in my fucking head. I'm so annoyed that I know this. What do do you want to uh, explain then, and then yes. I will I'll send you guys. And the Gendy Tarkovsky produced uh, a Star Wars animated series, The Clone Wars. There's a character that looks oh, like Shaggy. Yes. He's quite cowardly, and they call him Shaggy in it as well. Mm. <laughs> yeah, mm. I've sent you guys a link in the Zoom chat if you want to have a look at the character. Unfortunately, this is something I've known since I was probably 11 years old, and I can't lose from my brain. <laughs> And at least, at least Shaggy has a green shirt. God, <laughs> I, um... looks more like Shaggy than than the one in this movie. <laughs> Apparently, they they originally gave the character of Shaggy a quite a high pitched, scaredy voice, but then they were like, "This is too silly." And then he's voiced by John DiMaggio from Futurama, Adventure Time, etc. Mm. Does he sound like Bender or? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, nice. this this film ends very clearly with a sequel tease that Dracula and the Hunch Bunch are going to be back, but uh, Hanna Barbera was sold to Turner, and the Superstars no. Ten series was ended, and we never saw them again. Damn, I'm sure wow. Dracula pops up in some other Scooby Doo thing. Surely, this was the last appearance of Dracula. Full stop. They in never the, have used him fiction. ever again. Anything. <laughs> yeah, in all of fiction. Shaggy's <laughs> final curtain call. <laughs> Scrappy Doo and Dracula gone from yeah. Yeah. the white. It from wasn't history. until Hotel Transylvania two did Dracula once again return <laughs> from the darkness into popular consciousness. There's one line in this that stood out to me, mm-hmm. which mm. is when I believe Shaggy or Shaggy um, first meets all the monster creatures. 
and he says, hey, Scoob, dig the puss on that chick. I've written this down. <laughs> I've written this down. So this is a great little piece of, like, when puss meant something else. <laughs> like, like it's, it's so because he, he's saying, look at the face, because she's a monster. Like, look at the face on this woman. But, uh, yeah, he says, wow. dig the puss on that chick. An all-time well, line. I'm so glad it cut to someone spread eagle. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you watch it on Stan rather than Google Drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they started speaking Spanish really seductively in those moments. I don't know what was going on. It's funny because I, similar sort of thing to this, I've just recently written my review for Puss in Boots 2, The Last Wish, which I know also, Alexa, you're a film reviewer. I don't know if you've seen this film yet, um, but fuck, it's so good. It's so fucking good. But like, just throughout the whole review just writing like when puss does this and then puss goes and does this and it's like ah this feels i shouldn't be able to do this for work (laughs) (laughs) um i feel like before we move on it does uh it does bear like repeating that um yeah the last i want to say like just under an hour of this film <clears> is the most inane, boring, like falling asleep level of people just racing. Um, and yeah. yeah, I was so angry that is that we're at this point. And it's like some things happen while they're racing, but they're all none, nothing is more intense than the other thing. It's just like the stakes don't go it, up. It's just one obstacle after another. They made a whole TV brother, show. It of was this? torturous. <laughs> it was torturous. I couldn't. When already when I saw open the file and it said one hour and 31 minutes i was like good lo- i was like i thought this was gonna be 45 minutes long i no, couldn't yeah. believe it was one and a half hours <laughs> it's one and of the longer was, ones <laughs> as well ins- out of all 47 it was an insult for this to be 50 minutes of wacky racist style antics <laughs> i thought it was disgusting how, how could they treat their audience like this yeah yeah we, got, we already had the red shirt now you're giving us this this is actually inappropriate for the children mm. of the 80s i would say absolutely and i despised every version of these beloved monster characters <laughs> because i i also thought it was truly bizarre i, I don't i cannot believe that's real monsters like mm. this mm. is the I, I like i obviously i don't care about scooby-doo let mm. it be known i can't care about it i hope i hopefully that this is the last time i think about it um but to me, there is like tenets of pop culture that are really strong, mm. and that Scooby Doo has real monsters and is a wacky race. Mm. What is going on? What is well, going on in this? Mm. Yeah, it's a great thing to bring up because this is the third one we've watched and the previous two also had real monsters in at least some form because the movies, as we've already said earlier on this podcast, they started like 20 years after the original show. Yeah. So we are picking up... that we, we thought we'd start watching Scooby-Doo, right? Mm. And we'd yeah. get the whole gamut, the whole storyline mm-hmm. of what it was like originally and then how it changed yeah. all, over time. We're already at the subversion point. We mm-hmm. are at the... The oh point God. where they were like we should probably start putting real yeah. monsters in this to be interesting oh which arguably you know ruins the point of scooby-doo mm. but i do like some and of the movies coming one, up <laughs> episode one of the movies you've been watching daphne velma fed where are mm. they are they yeah. like at college or some shit and then these guys are like stoner dropouts i think to college. it is somewhere i think it may be the the 13 ghosts 
series, which is this is kind of based on, it's explained or it's like word of <laughs> God. It's speaking of the real monsters thing as well, that not only we have them in this, but in the next one, we have a vo- we have a character voiced by Charles Adler who played Ickis in Our Real Monsters. So it, it wow. continues. <laughs> the real monsters <Wow>. connection. <laughs> oh, good lord. We have a segment we do on this podcast. I'm sure you're familiar with the internet movie database of IMDb. Mm-hmm. But they have I love IMDb. <laughs> they the the trivia section on there is just user submitted, so anyone can write whatever the <laughs> yeah. fuck they want and then people can find it yeah. interesting or not and we look. We have a segment called Dumb IMDb Trivia, and there's a couple of pieces for this one. So, due to this movie depicting Googie as Shaggy's on-screen girlfriend, there are Shaggy and Googie shippers. Some have even oh, wow. done artwork with Googie in werewolf form. Oh wow! Wow! Because she he would have been for so. He he would change her. He will bite into her. And be like, you are now a member of the darkness, like I am. Yeah. You- wow. But it too, I don't think. How can the term shipping be used? This is They're this was my point. Couple. Yeah. That this this was why I wrote it down. Also, just the fact that it's like right. some fans have done artwork, and you don't need you. Where's the verification on that? They're talking about themselves. Yeah. That's yeah. what's yeah. happening. Yeah. Some yeah. fans, some- not necessarily me, has drawn erotic artwork. On Two werewolves fucking. <laughs> Some fans have imagined Shaggy and Googie crazy style with each other, and they can't help imagining it. It's not illegal. <laughs> what? What? The, the trivia ends with "What are you gonna do? Call the police." <laughs> um, the other one, which is clearly another one where the author has inserted their own point of view into the trivia, says pretty much the only thing the movie has in common with Scooby Doo <laughs> is Scooby, Shaggy, and Scrappy being in it, and even they're way off. There are no <laughs> mysteries or mystery elements. The monsters are entirely real. And are never even thought to be fake. And the plot is basically wacky races. If you change the names and designs of the above characters, you would never know it was a Scooby-Doo film. Honey, this is a review, not a trivia. What are you, doing there? you can't you can't use the word pretty much in trivia, yeah. which is something that's meant to be factual. Trivia is Alexi, it happens all the time on IMDb Good trivia. Lord. I love IMDb trivia. There's always stuff like on IMDb trivia. There's I remember years ago I read that the rat at the end of the departed was not planned, that it just like happened and ran across. <laughs> and I've always gone in my head that's stuck in there that that's real. It was like Oh yeah, they didn't intend it. There's a rat on set that ran across, <laughs> as if there's rats running around on movie sets all the time. But then, like, there's another one that I always see for like Adam Sandler movies. Mm. There's always one that's like the Adam Sandler podcast. Um, the Sandpit said this was five out of six Sandmans, yeah. and one of their favorite. I say that every time. How the fuck do they get in there? There's so many other movie they podcasts that people know about. <laughs> yeah, you guys got to start getting in on all these. I, 
would yeah. say, go look at the trivia for any Barbie film that you will yeah. see. Yes. Um, We're on there. Because We're on there. the... the um, well, my apologies. Unfortunately, I've never Googled the trivia for a Barbie movie on Iron <laughs> so I'm sorry that I doubted your capabilities. Because one of the bar- one of the early Barbie movies came out at the end of 2001, and, the, and there was a trivia entry that said it was released in an effort to heal the nation after 9-11. <laughs> and then someone on all 37 Barbie movies put that in an effort to heal the nation, Cult Pop shit did a podcast on all 37 Barbie That's movies. So That's so good. <laughs> I, that reminds me, my favorite IMDb trivia that I've been obsessed with, and Cameron and I came across this like many years ago and we used to do a Mike Myers podcast. Mm-hmm. We did a Dana Carvey spinoff um, where we reviewed the movie... Uh, Master of yep. Disguise, the 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 one I think of when I think of Danny Carvey movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the Turtle Club scene was filmed on nine eleven, and they had to <laughs> take a moment silence. That it's so it's that like in his little turtle outfit, be like, wow. Yeah, just <laughs> did he, do you think he quivered back into his shell for the moment silence? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> am I not turtly enough for your moment of silence? <laughs> Um, Master of Disguise, another website that we often refer to. I think Master of Disguise has a very, very rare distinction of having 1% on Rotten Tomatoes Mm. because it's so easy to get zero. It's just, Mm. you know, you can have 10 reviews and they're all bad. Um, But then 1% means that there's been at least 100 reviews and only one of them was good. Yeah. Mm. That's wild. I think there's like six films with 1%. Yeah. I, I liked it when I saw it as a, as a six-year-old. <laughs> it's probably Armand White, that fuck. Yeah, I love Armand White. He's probably the most interesting critic of our time. He's fascinating yeah, yeah. to me, endlessly. I love reading him. Mm. He's so contrarian. He's black, even though his name is Armand White. Wow. Yeah, I love him. I love him. He writes about Prince. I love the way he writes about Prince and Michael Jackson. But there's uh, the one that I always remember was he... Um, he gave Real Steel a positive review and hated mm. District 9. And I was like, man, I love you because I also feel that way. I hate District 9. <laughs> <laughs> really? Well, yeah, he was I the one other Steel, guy out but... there in the world that shared the same opinion as me. <laughs> That's always <laughs> rewarding to find. <laughs> Having to side with Armand White, though, of all people. <laughs> <laughs> um. Hey, Alexi, can I ask you a question? And that question is, when is your birthday? My birthday is May 19. All right, so what we painstakingly did, Alexi, is we took every episode of every Scooby-Doo show ever and worked out when they originally aired so that Mm -hmm. uh, we've essentially made a horoscope for Scooby-Doo villains. Wow. So I'm going to go to your birthday and I'm going to tell you the closest (laughs) monster that was debuted on your birthday. Um, So what was it, May, May 19, did you say? May 19th, yeah. Yep. May 19th, Alexi, I'm happy to tell you that your Scooby-Doo horoscope is Aphrodite (gasps) from uh, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated Season 1, Episode 16, Where Walks Aphrodite in 2011. That that debuted on May 17th, so that's the closest one to May 19th. Oh my god, (laughs) she's a Greek god. That's awesome. 
I guess yeah. that is an accurate Whoa, horoscope that you've got awesome. there. <laughs> I mean, I guess, am I the first one to have my horoscope read? Because so far, mm. it's pretty good. <laughs> well, we, we did our own in the previous, uh, the previous Scooby-Doo movies that we've covered. But what we did discover that was cute is that we um, have, what is it? Our birthdays are both movies in the Scooby-Doo mm. uh, canon. Oh. Like like movies that we're Whoa. going to cover in a few few movies time yeah. will release on our individual birthdays next to each other. Mm. So that's pretty wow. cool. So we're yeah, three that's... for three coincidences. Let's hope um our next guest has yeah. also a coincidence wow. of this Scooby Doo horoscope. Wow, fortune is favoring you today. <laughs> As the first guest, you you've got the um the fun job of we we get to test all of our segments on you. So mm-hmm. now the uh the horoscope thing went very well. We're trying to workshop some kind of um getting the guests to do uh, an impression, perhaps a leaderboard sort of scenario. Oh, wow. Um so yeah. here's what I think we should do. Here's here are the the tiers, right? In a moment, we're going to ask you to do a Scooby-Doo impression, okay? Yeah. If you if you nail it, we will then ask you to do a Shaggy impression, slightly harder. <laughs> if yeah. you nail that, you get a third opportunity to do an impression of any other of the Scooby-Doo main cast. Um, and if wow. you na- nail okay. that, that'll be like three points. So one point, two this point, is three awesome. points, and we'll have a leaderboard. <laughs> <laughs> That's so of sick. Of all the guests by the end. So for, for one point, Alexi, can you give us a Scooby-Doo impression? I'm really scared and nervous. <laughs> okay, hang on one second. Let me do it. I feel really passionate about doing a really good job. Mm, okay, good. <laughs> You'll probably win then. <laughs> Oh, very good. I, I love think it. Uh, that advances to the next round. <laughs> All right. Wow, can you okay. give us a shaggy impression? I think what's a famous shaggy line? Um, you okay. mean like there's a ghost right behind me? I believe he says that in the live action film if you wanted a, a line to use. Mr. Bombastic. Go back on Oh, a subversion. There will yeah, be other oh, opportunities for people to do that same bit. Of course. Be the first. I had to take it. You feed them to it. <laughs> okay, now I shall do it in seriousness. Okay. Zoics, hey Scoob, why don't we eat some crazy freaking Scooby snacks? It's my favorite hobby. <laughs> That was excellent. That was like I, that. I don't I don't want to insult you here, but that was better than I thought you could do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and for the final round, Alexi, you can choose Velma, Fred, Daphne, even I Scrappy. Reckon, I reckon we want. open it up to the entire Hanna Barbera verse, okay. since we've seen a lot of them. Um, yeah, right. This, okay, that's fair. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Oh my gosh, I'm trying to think of who my other Hanna Barbera characters are. Um, ay ay ay. Was that a Hanna Barbera? I can't. <laughs> I love Hanna Barbera, but I'm like, to me, they all sound the same now. I've got mm. no idea who else there is. Mm. Um, maybe I would try and do. Uh, there was a character in this that I really hated. My two least favorite characters were these two hideous creatures. Mm. One was English, and one was. I have no way to how to politically correctly say <laughs> what he was. <laughs> uh, you're talking, of course, about the the hunch bunch uh, of yeah, the brunch hunch and bunch. crunch. I believe their names are. Yeah, brunch yeah. and crunch. I one of them was you can't you couldn't do that today with what was <laughs> going on with that character. 
It was very odd because one of them was like, oh, yes, I'm English and I shall be doing this thing for you. And then the other one was just like, I won't do. I actually will not do. Yeah, right. Taking taking the high road. (laughs) That's very impressive. um, And I think we'll allow that uh, impression to reach the top of the leaderboard currently at three points. Three points isn't a very high watermark, though, so maybe a lot of people are going to reach this. Or the thing is that we'll, we'll, after the the next guests, we'll change it. So, okay, you can have more points then. So you're doomed to forever be at the bottom of the leaderboard (laughs) when we didn't realize how many points we should give out. Mm. I guess it will be how impressive we find the third impression right Mm. so then it's like it gets three points but then we have our own personal ranking Mm. of it maybe Mm. i don't know and how awkward it is to hear someone do a scooby-doo impression and then go you know what let's not go any further thank you (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i I think scooby-doo impressions are like borat impressions though there's Mm. you can't do a bad one Because the voice is inherently <laughs> stupid. Like, mm. yeah. yeah, right. Well, hey, I think that we can probably uh, draw the segment to a close now. Thank you so much, Alexi, for coming on our show. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on board. Mm. And thank you for making me feel so awful on a Saturday morning yes. watching this Scooby-Doo movie. Yes, <laughs> it's the podcaster's burden, though, isn't it? It's the movie podcaster's burden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I feel so sorry for you guys because you have how many more to go? Before, uh, Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> I do think this we start so with the worst bad. ones, though. I think they get better... As they get into the more like, like we got Zombie Island coming up, wow. and that's like the big one. So wow. maybe they'll get better. You have some of the most unbreakable, unshakable optimism I've ever encountered <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Hey, well, Alexi, where can people find you if they want? If they're listening, maybe this is their first Alexi Toliopoulos experience. Where can they go to, wow. to listen to more of you? <laughs> uh, you can listen to my podcast, Finding Drago, Finding Desperado, where Cameron. And James, another comedian, and I solve mysteries in out there in the real world. The documentaries. The first mm-hmm. podcast, Funny Drago, is about a book based on Rocky Four that we find the real author of. The second one is about a Guinness World Record that we thought was fake, mm-hmm. and we bust that myth going across the wow. whole world to find out who was the person that faked that Guinness World Record. And then the third one is actually a web series, a video series called Finding Jesus that were made with Auntie. Donna, where we solve one of the internet's most, uh, I guess, greatest unsolved mysteries, and we were the ones to finally solve it. Mm. Mm. I, I do mm. want to ask. I've been wondering this. Like, I've fucking mm-hmm. loved finding Jesus. Like, uh, incredible. Yeah, yeah, appointment viewing each week. Thank you, thank you. But thank I am. You, I'm you. so curious. What was as all the Kanye West stuff started to come out? But like when when you started the series, <laughs> Kanye West was just. A mildly controversial figure, but, you know, he made graduation. Mm. And now it's like, (laughs) but then as the series ended, it was like, this is one of the most hateful people on the planet. Um, I just, I want to know what was going through you and Cameron's head as this was releasing and possibly the worst time in history to release a Kanye West centric web series. (laughs) We'll be worse if we released it now. We kind of like just got in by the skin of our teeth. Um, it didn't really affect us too much because, yeah. you know, he's not really part of the show. It's not really got anything mm. to do with him. Just the mm. name of it. I guess it was more annoying that, like, 
you know, we had to share the spotlight with him because, <laughs> you know, if we'd come out a month earlier, there would have been uh, no news about him. And so mm-hmm. we could have snuck through probably in his fan bases a little bit more. But then, uh, yeah, but I just abhor him. He's awful. I mean, yeah. I like some of his music, but um, it just upsets me. I think he betrayed a lot of what he stood for mm, and a lot sure. of what his fan base, uh, we looked up to him. Like, I really remember, you know, being young and seeing him standing next to my other hero, Mike Myers, um, mm. you know, speaking truth to power during the Hurricane Katrina benefit, yeah, yeah, yeah. saying George Bush doesn't care about black people. Mm. And I think now, to me, that was a defining moment for him. Yeah. And now I think that he's like kind of turned his political activism to be so selfish and like distorted mm. and awful. Yeah, I think disgusting. a lot of people that admire him would feel so fucking bummed out by it. It's awful. Yeah, it sure. sucks ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. sucks shit. He's an asshole. He's a loser. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do just shout it. Yeah, I don't think you mentioned it, but yeah, your Mike Myers podcast, Mike Check. What was mm. the the Dana Carvey spinoff called? Out of out of curiosity. Oh, we only did like th- we did like three or four episodes of Dana mm. Carvey. We called them Carving It Up, and they were just in the same feed. <laughs> and it would be an alternate reality where I was the host of a Dana Carvey podcast, but it was more like nice. it was so weird, it was so stupid. It was like I hosted like a serious radio show, and so it would be like Cameron was a guest, and he would be a comedian, and I would ask him questions about comedy and stuff like that. It was very stupid. Uh, oh, yeah, it's, a, it's an old podcast, Mike check yeah nice, exactly yes. it's a real silly real real silly podcast hmm. Hmm. favorite mike myers movie i love austin powers i love wayne's world they're two of my favorite movies what if i was like oh i love bohemian rhapsody it's so cool <laughs> <laughs> amsterdam we would have quietly said goodbye and ended the yeah. zoom call <laughs> Anyway, well, but we will uh, say goodbye yeah, we in the Zoom call. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to meet you. Good to hang out. Uh. Yes, thank you for coming on. And, and let's on, move to on to the uh, Arabian Nights. Yes. Alrighty. Wow. That would be probably <laughs> extremely difficult to discuss some elements of. <laughs> we got a mystery to solve. The mystery is why are we doing this again? The last time Get ready for Barbie 2 But this time it's Scooby 2 Good job Scooby Have yourself a cult popcha snack Like Richard We got a We got a problem Old buddy Old pal Oh do we I mean Yeah Ruri <laughs> Ruri Yep We've made a terrible discovery In between the last record And this record Uh this is the opposite of when we found out there was a 38th Barbie <laughs> movie in the middle of a Barbie episode. Um, there is maybe only 46 Scooby-Doo movies. Um, well, we, we, I, what happened was I was um, adjusting the the uh, Scooby-Doo horoscope, Scooby-Doo villain horoscope, yeah. monster of the week horoscope thing. Which to, you've just uh, seen go absolutely gangbusters with Alexi Toliopoulos, uh went down yeah, super yeah, well, yeah, exactly. so we will be continuing with that. Yeah, um, I was adjusting it to include the movies and specials as well, since you and I both found our birthdays landed on a movie release. Mm. Uh, and in this, I discovered that one of the 47 Scooby-Doo movies is only 45 
minutes long, Richard, which is about four minutes shorter than Scooby Goes Hollywood, the one we deliberately didn't include at the start. Mm. Um, I don't know why, yeah. but every everywhere it is listed as part of the um, straight-to-video movie collection. I, I think that... I, I, I don't know about you... I'm happy to include it. We've already recorded a theme song that refers to 47 films. <laughs> and I, yeah, I think that we're going off like Wikipedia's definition of the Scooby-Doo movies. Yeah. And I'm, I'm quite happy to go get, yeah. and, and, you know, maybe we'll get to it and we go, oh, it's 44 minutes, you know, and realize it actually is long enough or something. <laughs> Look, uh, it's still about 25 films away, so when yeah, we don't have to deal with this yet. We've got plenty of ground to cover between now and then. It's called, it's called uh, we'll probably talk about this more at the time, but it's if, if the, for those wanting a teaser, it's called Scooby-Doo Adventures, The Mystery Map, and it's a puppet show, which mm. I think is maybe why it's included, because it's maybe more impressive. Breaking I don't form, know, that's... Yeah. That's a little that's a little tease for what's to come. Um, we'll keep it on the the uh, slate for now, though. I am I do want to find out. I can't remember who's mm. scheduled to MC that that segment. I do want to find out why it's listed as part of the movie. Yeah, movements. well, if it's me, we probably won't. Okay, <laughs> don't care. Well, enough. Richard. <laughs> Let's forget all that at the moment because we're going to talk about Scooby Doo Four. That's <laughs> that, that's all it's called. It's just called Scooby Doo Four. No, we're going to be talking about Scooby Doo in Arabian Nights. Uh, this was directed by Jun Falkenstein and Joanna Romerza. Uh, it doesn't have a critic score on Rotten Tomatoes because very few of these do, right. or at least none of the ones we've seen so far do. Mm. It does have a 45% audience score. Richard, what is Scooby-Doo exclamation mark in Arabian Nights about? So in the, it's one of the, kind of like what we saw with Barbie two years ago, which is, mm -hmm. you know, obviously the episode that we're trying to emulate right now. Mm. But the, it's the, our familiar heroes, Shugi and Scabby. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> they appear only in wraparound segments. So they have gotten a job as the Sultan's food tasters. And they think, oh, fucking sick. We just get to taste food all day. And then, They're in Saudi Arabia, by the way, for some reason. Yeah. And they, they eat all the food. And then they realize, like, zoinks, I don't think we were hired to see if it tasted good. I think we were hired to see if it was poisonous, which is, you know, as an audience member, we all knew that was coming. Mm. So they dress up in drag and do the hula. No, they don't do the hula, <laughs> but they pretend to be part of the Sultan's harem. Yeah. To, to survive after the Sultan finds out that all his food is gone. And then he says, hmm, I'm horny. Tell me a story. And so Shaggy, dressed as a woman, tells him the story of... Uh, uh, how, how do they pronounce it in this? Like Ali Adin. Ali Adin, yeah. Um, which is the story of Aladdin. Although in this, the genie, rather than being uh, Will Smith or... Robin Williams or David Correos, if you're familiar with the tour of kids' schools that Dave and I, I played the Sultan in that, in our production of Aladdin, and Dave played the genie. And Wait, you, sorry, Richard, you played the Middle Eastern Sultan. Yes. 
cancelled. Wow, cancelled yourself like a chump. <laughs> no, but it was kids though. They they thought my skin was actually that colour. They couldn't <laughs> see the makeup. Put on, no, did I didn't put do blackface. No, I I uh, it was played very much along the lines of the the Disney version. And you know, I had a be mm. I was the only person that could grow a beard, so I got the beardy role. Anyway. It's real funny how easy you could have just not brought that up. It was it was already like quite a stretch to mention a thing you did as an example of Aladdin, but it also condemned you. You could I would have never what, even asked. I, well, okay, if you were cast as if if you if your theater company was doing a production yeah. of Aladdin, they said, "Oh, AJ, you'll be playing the Sultan." In this is two thousand and twelve, mind you. What would you have said? Mm. I would have said uh, I don't think it's appropriate for a Christchurch theatre company, uh, which predominantly white, to do a story which uh, almost exclusively features Middle Eastern characters. No, I don't think you would have. I think you would have. <laughs> I think you, I think you would have probably like my performance, which was very silly, would have been considered toned down compared to yours. I think I know our acting styles. I know how much you love to dive into, you know, Middle Eastern characters. And (laughs) I I know how you would have played this character. And I think it was probably more racist than mine. Not that mine was racist. Well, I mean, I knew that this this Arabian Nights segment would involve um, discussion of, mm. you know, certain Middle Eastern stereotypes. I didn't know it would be our own Middle Eastern stereotypes. Uh, stereotypes. The ones you've just projected onto me, by the way. You're saying I would, in theory, I would be more racist than you, which is a very funny thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, so anyway, I guess I wasn't played by David Corrales, is, is the point, or, or okay. Robin Williams, or um will smith it was it's played instead by yogi beer and mm. boy does he hope that people are wishing for some picnic baskets he sure does and boo boo is also there he's a genie in training he hasn't earned his, yeah, his yeah. fog yet so he has yeah. legs like a fucking chump <laughs> and uh yeah and then it just plays out the story of aladdin uh but it's the genders are flipped but it's also like Disney's story of Aladdin. It's not like the actual Arabian Night. Like mm. it is, it ta- it, may, it takes the same story liberties as the more you know the recently, as of two years ago, more famous version of Aladdin. Right. Hmm. I'm saying it's cheap for copying. They clearly didn't read the Arabian Night. They watched the Disney movie mm. right, and yeah. then made this. <laughs> and then. We cut after that story wraps up. We cut back to Shaggy, who's still trying to, you know, put off the, the Sultan's advances and decides to tell another story. And this one is Sinbad the Sailor, which is, you know, a, a much less well known story, but it's a Magilla Gorilla or Magilla mm. Gorilla who's uh, mistakes a pirate ship for a cruise ship, and then there's this. Um, the the captain of the ship is this very uh, Napoleon Greedy. syndrome kind of, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, short, angry man kind of thing. And yeah, it's just Sinbad, um, the gorilla, goes through, you know, unaware of what's going on, much to the chagrin of the captain. And the yeah, when, when that all wraps up, we go back to Shaggy and Scooby and that has a happy ending. 
they <laughs> they they keep the royal food tasting job. Yeah. So one small correction: it's not the Sultan that's trying to fuck Shaggy. It's like the prince who the the Sultan is portrayed as like a Middle Eastern Sultan. Right. But well, it feels pr- like you probably could have corrected me quite a while ago on that. Well, I didn't want to. I would. I preferred to correct you about um you politically correct you about oh. playing the Sultan. Um, no, he's this. The and the joke is that he's the guy that voices Mandark in Dexter's Laboratory, mm. and instead uh, of Eddie Deason. Yeah. Instead of this um dignified um arabian prince it's this like little nerd that's like oh boy i really like stories and he cracks his glasses and and things like that first things first it's really weird to have an anthology movie with wraparound segments which only feature two stories yeah it's three or don't do it right Mm. it's strange it's so odd one or three, agreed. Because, like, I mean, Bar- Barbie technically, you know, is, is only one story for most. The most I agree. Part. One or three. It's and, and I guess like maybe they thought that the wraparound segment was so f- f- like filled out that that would count as a third. But mm. I, it just it just sets like I was watching. It's very short. This movie. It's like just I think like an hour ten. It's or so. sixty nine minutes. Sixty nine minutes. So there, like, I was watching it, and the Ali Alia Dean Alia Dean story was just going on and on. I was like, is this even going to be another story? And then the Magilla Gorilla Sinbad one. <laughs> and also, I- I'm not very familiar with Sinbad. Do you think this followed the story of Sinbad? Well, or is this- do you know what? This is, might be something you'd be very surprised to learn about me. I've actually read the Book of a Thousand and One Nights. Ah, oh, right. Which is, of course, what this movie is based on. Arabian Nights. Which is yeah, the story of this woman who's like, oh no, I'll I'll sleep with you on a later night, but I've got such a good story to tell you, and that's where the story of Aladdin comes from. Oh, so it's it is literally the wraparound segment. Yeah, the wraparound segment. Is, is, yeah, so so this is an adaptation oh, of a thousand. Oh, one that makes me respect it a little bit more. Um, so is Sinbad an Arabian night? I didn't even know it was Arabian. Uh, the, the, the Seven Voyages of Sinbad the Sailor. Okay, uh, had and uh, they existed earlier before being added to the collection aladdin right. and the other one is alibaba and the 40 thieves yes are the most which is, sort was of the obvious one. the obvious third one to add to the story exactly yeah captain caveman and the 40 thieves or something yeah exactly exactly the jetsons and the 40 thieves. Uh, yeah, yeah. that'd be cool like a futuristic pirate mm-hmm. sort of thing yeah but um but yeah this is like one of we probably i mean i read it i think when i was Early in high school, must have been, mm-hmm. or maybe even earlier than that. But yeah, no, it's interesting. Yeah, it's um, that's yeah, this is uh, uh from friend like me, the Shahrazadi had a thousand tales. That's what that's mm. referring to, the thousand and one. Yeah, yes. tales of yeah, Shahrazadi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, originally, Richard, this film was just called Arabian Nights, uh, and later releases of the movie added Scooby Doo uh, to make, or Scooby Doo in, I apologise, um, to make Scooby and Shaggy's role seem larger. The DVD cover even incorrectly implies that they interact with the beer genies, um, which I'm okay with a with a DVD cover like depicting sort of like a I'm, I'm amalgamation. No? no, I'm I'm fine with it. Uh, but it is very funny that they were like, hmm, people aren't going to watch this because they don't think Scooby and Shaggy will be in it. So let's add them to the title. And then they watch it and Scooby and Shaggy aren't in like great swaths of the yeah, story. Yeah. <laughs> it should be called Magilla Gorilla in Arabian Nights. Yeah. yeah, exactly. What did you think of this? Where have you, have you, are you ranking these? I've got a little private. Uh, yeah, I also have a private one. I've list. forgotten to add the last couple to it, but this would be at the bottom, I think. Yeah, I think I think maybe I disliked um, 
uh, reluctant werewolf more, but that was more because it was more boring. This was at least like changing up enough yeah, sure, to be relatively yeah. engaging. And this would be the last time in which Don Messick voices Scooby Doo uh, and Boo Boo before his retirement in 1996. Though apparently he does play Scooby in a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is also the last time in which Casey Kasem voices Shaggy until 2002. We'll talk more about that in the next yeah, film. Yeah, because he, he returns to the role. Yeah. Yep. Um, and the last in which Not Alan Melvin, one. yeah, yeah, the last in which Alan Melvin voices Magilla Gorilla as well as his last film role o- overall, and also the last time Greg Burson voiced Yogi officially before being arrested and blacklisted in 2004. That'll do it. Would you like to know what he was arrested for? It's a hell of a story. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, all right. I, I, watch as I sit back. <laughs> Okay, this is straight from Wikipedia. Uh, Greg Burson was no- was best known as a replacement for voice actors for Dawes Butler and Mel Blanc following their deaths in 1988 and 1989, respectively. The arrest in question was for barricading himself inside his home in Tujunga, which is in California, for six hours before surrendering. Initial reports have claimed that an armed SWAT team had responded to the call from two of his female roommates that he was drunk, armed, and holding a third female roommate hostage. Burson also screamed a stream of nonsensical words at the police when they were alerted to his home. Officers later discovered that Burson had a collection of guns in his home. One officer said he was so drunk we couldn't tell if he was trying to do one of his voices or was just <laughs> slurring his words. Wow. <laughs> so he's like got a, got, a, got a hostage and he's like pointing a gun. He's like, hey boo boo, why don't you come and try it? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, you know what I say? to that mm. no i don't think that's such a good idea yogi <laughs> <laughs> very good uh no one was harmed but burson uh, or burson was harmed his career was harmed he was blacklisted for the the rest of his life richard we're four movies in mm. and it feels like hannah barbera is in chaos <laughs> mm. everyone's leaving everyone's getting arrested every like everyone's dying where characters are getting retired careers are being traded and actors are barricading themselves and holding hostages you know um it's almost like we need a, a um, DC universe-like mm. uh, reset of this entire nice. Scooby-Doo a, a movie. very, planet. very current uh, <laughs> reference. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm referring to the one that's happened in the, the week of uh, December 18th, or maybe I'm referring to the new 52. Take mm. your pick. Or maybe, yeah, maybe you're referring to what I'm sure we'll have some more news. <laughs> yeah, but I'm actually referring out, yeah. to to January fifteenth news that James Gunn has been fired. You know, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I enjoyed the voice work of Charlie Adler in the Sinbad section. Mm. Uh, he plays the captain. He he's mainly known for to me. He's mainly known as both Cow and Chicken. Um, and mm. you mentioned earlier that he also plays Ickis and R Real Monsters. And a he's joke also, that I thought was so funny, and it was you good. and Alexi did not really react to. Ah, oh, I'm sorry. There'll be a lot of that on this 24-hour episode. Mm. Um, he also plays Buster Bunny in Tiny Toon Adventures, one of my favourite uh, cartoons. Wow. He plays Mrs. Bighead in Rocco's Modern mm. Life. Um, and I thought it was interesting to see him pop up here because it feels like we're watching the passing of the torch of different generations of voice actors. Mm. Like, if, if if nothing else, these four pretty average films to start off with have felt like, like, you know, there'll be Casey Kasem, but then Rob Paulson will be playing 
being one of mm. the ghosts and and the Boo Brothers, and it's it's two separate generations of voice actors that I don't really recall having seen act opposite each other mm. before, and I think that's kind of cool. That is cool, yeah. That's a good observation. Mm, thank you. Um, it really feels like we couldn't be further away from the heart of Scooby Doo, though, with the Arabian Nights film. Like we yeah. we thought we thought Reluctant Werewolf was bad, where it was just a wacky racist thing. But this is like, why is it Scooby Doo and Shaggy? They're in like not only are they in Saudi Arabia, but they're in like ancient Saudi Arabia, like in the past, you know. Like, and they're not even talking about solving mysteries. They're not even doing anything to do with monsters, even. It's just them in a mm. palace eating food, I guess, is the, yeah. the holdover. Because at the time, I was like, you know, I didn't really think much of it. I was like, yeah, this mm. is... Because now I'm so desensitized. Like, I'm, I'm so immune to the formula that mm. I'm like, yeah, this is this is what Scooby and Shaggy do. Sh- this is what Shaggy, Shaggy and Scooby, Scooby do. do. <laughs> but, yeah, it. it was right there, wasn't yeah. it? It's okay, it's okay. Um, I did enjoy the opportunity to peep some other Hanna-Barbera characters in this, though. I was familiar with Yogi Bear. I'd never heard of Magilla Gorilla until Yeah, until, until Alexi mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so that was cool. But yeah, it, it is weird to be like, it's a showcase where your favourite Hanna-Barbera characters play different Arabian Nights characters and then be like... All right, we're done two, and it's an hour ten. All right, that's enough. Like, there's yeah. literally enough room in the in a you know appropriate runtime for a third story for Captain Caveman and the Forty Thieves. That let's keep that as our continue the franchise in mm. a day's time when we do yep. continue the franchise. Absolutely. Um, in terms of where this fits on the sacred Scooby timeline, uh, this film was produced after Turner Broadcasting purchased Hanna-Barbera in 1991. We mentioned that on the previous section. Um, it aired as a TV special a year after a pup named Scooby-Doo finished up. That was the TV show that was airing at the time. Um, so it's not really tied to a specific series, but Scooby-Doo Where Are You, the original 1969 show, um, that was being heavily flexed by Turner at the time. Um, airing in reruns so i think this was just turner capitalizing on their new acquisition well, yeah. and trying to get people invested in scooby-doo and yogi bear again um this was the last however this was the last scooby-doo production to be made by the original Hanna barbera team wow and um, they didn't they didn't do it again after this damn mm. damn i was just about to say i actually saw the offices of Hanna barbera when i was in uh in the states but i just remembered that was actually the offices of klasky shupo that <laughs> <laughs> they really are like um they feel like they are like the two main like offshoot slightly left of field animation yeah you know mainstream animations in america like if you're not disney or warner bros which i mean this is warner bros now but like mm. you know like klasky and um uh hanna barbera um yeah nice do you have anything else you'd like to say about scooby-doo in arabian i I just want to reiterate how hypothetically racist Mm. your portrayal of the sultan could or would have Mm. been richard i hate to bring this up but it is the uh it is the scooby-doo mega episode so what better place um i'd like to draw from um the 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 famous uh, lost episode of Cold Pop, just something that I very rarely will bring up. It's usually yeah, this is this better up. be good. 
I remember you being so mad at me when, for those who don't remember, when I watched all of Home Alone and you watched all of Die Hard, but we mm. agreed to do Die Hard. And the episode was so awkward and uncomfortable and frankly, like quite early in our friendship that mm. we thankfully deemed it unreleasable because we were going to release it and then someone else listened to it and was like, do not release this. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was interesting. It was a, um, yeah, like... It's it's interesting because I think we both wanted to and didn't want to, but for like both for spiteful reasons. It was a tail ears situation where we wanted to see who would side with who. Yeah, Back yeah. when we had fourteen listeners per episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, one thing you said to me that genuinely made a change, and I've stopped using this in an argument before. Um, after since you said this was you were you were mad at me, and I said I feel like this is something you would also do, and you said, but I didn't, and mm. I was like, that's a good point. <laughs> and just like now, you're saying, hypothetically, my Sultan character would have been more racist than yours. <laughs> but I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, imagine if imagine if courts were like, yeah, but I had such a you thing to have murdered this person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like the jury just hangs out with you for a few weeks and they're yeah, like, yeah. no, this, one, this wouldn't be out of character for him. <laughs> I think, like, what I'm saying is clearly more... Um, I'm I'm clearly going for humor more than I think I think you were looking for a way out. I had a, I, I had a I'm, lump I'm, in my throat, tears I'm in my eyes. Proud of my to... performance of the Sultan and 2012's <laughs> uh, Thai tour of Thai standing for theater and education. Oh, nice. Um tour of Aladdin and yeah, I I don't think that you I I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm putting words in your mouth again. I don't think that you would have turned down the role in 2012. Yeah, I guess you're right. Like, what am I supposed to say to that? Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I, I, I don't think that you would have had you been cast as like it was never even a discussion really at the time. I mean, I, I, I wonder if they have those discussions now, but yeah, I mean, maybe you would have been in a different year and you would have done you would have done uh, Robin Hood the year above us did yeah, Robin right. Hood. You would you would have played um, Friar Tuck. All oh, right, I would have been shocked. I would be shocked if if Tia, whatever it's called, are Tight doing Aladdin. If if Aladdin is still in their roster and their rotating roster of plays, if it, let's find out and let's send a complaint if they are. I um, if you want a fun story from that time, so um, so Dave played the genie, and at the end of the show, we would come out out of character, and we would all like say our real names and there was always a funny little thing. So Aaron, who on our Oscar episodes was, would also be in this production. He played Jafar and. Oh, hell yeah. They, <laughs> they would always say, so I'd be like, Oh, my name's, my name's Richard Martin. And then he would go oh, and I'm Aaron Richardson. And the kids would all laugh because it made it sound like I was Aaron's dad. And, <laughs> um, but then yeah, there was like, I remember on like one of the first shows, they said, where's the monkey? Where's the magic carpet? Which aren't part of the original story. So they weren't in the, hmm. this adaptation of it. And Dave, I hope he doesn't mind me telling this story. He was playing the genie. So he was sort of like everyone's favorite character. He had this fun little dance that he choreographed himself, which we would all do at the end of it. And um, he, 
Eddie said something like, "Oh, the 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 rugs at the dry cleaners and stuff." And then and the director was like, "Don't fucking don't bullshit these kids." Like, <laughs> he's like, "Just just tell them it's it's a different version of the story." <laughs> like, they're, they're old enough to what a killjoy director. <laughs> I think that's a great answer, Dave. <laughs> well, uh, he'll never hear this. So, <laughs> so fuck him. <laughs> we got a mystery to solve, and the mystery is why are we doing this again? We can't beat the last time. Get ready for Barbie too, but this time it's Scooby too. Good job, Scooby. Have yourself a cult popcher snack. All right, Richard. Now it's time for the fun to start. We arguably could have started the episode, the whole <laughs> yeah. big long episode with we this We could have movie. started the podcast here, to be honest. Not this episode, <laughs> the cult popcher. The whole podcast. And we could have nice. called it Skull Rolt Ropture. Rolt Ropture. Nice. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> Very clear what's going on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And would you listen to a podcast that just started called Rolt Ropture? I would not. I would th- I would I would look at it and go, I don't know what that means and not watch it. Well you'd probably you'd probably assume it was taking the piss out of ours. I'd I'd yeah, I'd be offended actually. What would you do? Okay, so you know how like you you've had, you know, a little bit of success on TikTok and you've had people make like spanish language versions of your mm. tiktoks what would you do if there was a podcast release called rolt rupture and they did scooby dooified versions of our episodes right so they 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 like they download the down transcripts for our episodes and then, and then change they change them to be and maybe it's like um you know it's scooby and shaggy or scooby and scrappy or something like that right, and yeah, yeah. so like the barbie episode you know it's it's just entirely that or you have like reverse more wrestles than there are <laughs> no, i can't remember the line very nice he says testicles more time he says scrotum more times in this friend reverse rotum <laughs> raw times this is such an esoteric joke <laughs> that's great keep going <laughs> only we're not going to get any new listeners listening <laughs> to the to the day long to scooby-doo mm. episode or maybe we will and if we are hello and welcome that was a very esoteric there joke. was one t- uh, there was an episode of, <laughs> that of our Richard podcast didn't finish. <laughs> i didn't even finish it there was an episode of our podcast where aj said referring to john Turturro's character in the transformers series uh, who across the whole franchise says the word scrotum three times and AJ hilariously quipped that he says scrotum more times than there are testicles within a scrotum. Now, what I was going to do based on the the hypothetical podcast I set up earlier, which, you know, re-recorded our episodes, I was going to say that line in a Scooby-Doo voice. And Scoobish. Let's call it Scoobish from okay, here Okay, yeah. Just to save time and explaining what it is. Uh, yeah, so Richard, here we are. It is 1998 and we're talking about the- Oh shit, hopefully we warn them about 9-11. I hope so. Um, we are talking about Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. This is everyone's favorite. Uh, this was directed by Jim Stenstrom. Uh, it has a Rotten Tomato score. Do you oh, know wow. what that is? 
85. 88, very good. Um, the gang's back. The mystery gang finally making their appearance yeah, in fuck. the Scooby-Doo movie canon. Uh, this is very much the Barbie princess and the pauper of Scooby-Doo movies. Wow. I feel like this this is the one that elevated. This is the one yeah. that broke through, you know? Mm, the people mm. re- look upon fondly. Yeah, what what is Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island about? So, yeah, the, the mystery gang have been together for what feels like decades but it's been like a year uh they they got bored of chasing fake ghosts so daphne becomes a journalist looking to expose real monsters like you know harvey weinstein and she works with fred and uh yeah then meanwhile Velma works at a bookstore just selling mysteries rather than solving them. And Shaggy and Scooby are just generally fucking around and getting high. And they're, they're, they work in customs at the airport and they get, they get fired for eating all the contraband. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, pre, pre-9-11. Very funny. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they they get the whole bang, bang gang together, the, the gang back together to celebrate Daphne's birthday party and they go to they're going to do this like haunted locations tour and they go to this place in New Orleans New Orleans Mm -hmm. uh, where they go to her workplace on Moonscar Island and strange things start happening so first off shaggy and scooby eat a bunch of really hot peppers which feels like it's going to come back and be really important to the to the final eight it kind of does really he uses it he uses it once he breathes fire on a ghost sure sure but uh yeah anyway zombies start appearing and, and ghosts and all this kind of voodoo magic starts happening it's eventually revealed that the owners of the that that invited them are actually werecats and mm. they've been cursed and the way that they keep their their immortality is by sacrificing people's souls and they become zombies and the reason that the zombies like scare people is to make sure they don't suffer the same fate yeah it's it's all it's real monsters again yeah they they became um cat people to scare away uh captain moonscar um who was a pirate um they they like prayed to their cat god and but then they couldn't get rid of this this curse um so yeah um which is which is often the way with curses yeah exactly uh they have to suck the souls out of people on the harvest moon Mm. every month or year what is a harvest moon aj they also describe it as the second blue moon in in a month. Is that from this one, or is that from a different Scooby Doo mm. movie? There's a second blue moon in a month. Well, maybe that's what a blue moon is. Uh, a, a, a blue moon, moon is a month with two full moons in it, I believe. Uh, well, it's it's something like that. Anyway, uh, what did you think of this? I thought it sucked. I wanted the fucking. Really? I wanted the. No, nah, it was fun. It was a, it was a good return to form. <laughs> <laughs> a return to form we haven't seen mm. a form we've only like vaguely uh, yeah, remembered it formed the form for me <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought this was so good I, I thought this was genuinely quite compelling um, it's really scary and dark and oh, yeah, like, yeah like if you're a little, little uh, pee pants little a, baby boy I am 
am. I think it's it's mature. It takes its horror elements super seriously. Mm. And I know we've complained about the monsters being real in all of these so far, but this operates on the assumption that the monsters have never been real. Um, and I mm. think it I think it earns it. I think it's like yeah, this what if the monsters were real is basically yeah. the, the pitch for this movie. Yeah, but I I think I think my sort of like my. St- my lukewarmness compared to you is more just from a place of like, yeah, I don't really like Scooby Doo that much. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing the trailer for this when I was a kid, and I remember it was like, and this time the monsters are real, and I was floored. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> oh, what the actual heck? <laughs> <laughs> um, director Jim Strenstam and uh, co-writer Davis Doy suggested in early storyboards that they should have it be that the monsters are real as a way to, to you know, set it apart from, from the TV show. Um, and co-writer Glenn Leopold did not like this idea. He thought that um, it, it, the, the thing that it made Scooby-Doo endure was these simple solvable mysteries um and it was a guy named lance falk who worked as a model coordinator on the film that he was like and they combined the ideas nice. so there are fake out monsters in this but there yeah. are also also real monsters though according to imdb um they, they have faced real monsters plenty of times and here is a list of other times before <laughs> Zombie you, Island. You messaged me earlier today saying, I think Zombie Island might be one of our longer non guest segments. Mm. Is it just because this list is real fucking long and you're going to read the no, whole thing? No. It's actually not that long. Okay. But for, pe- for people who are interested in a pup named Scooby Doo, the episode Guess, Ghost Who's Coming to Dinner, um, the new Scooby Doo movies, Mystery in Persia, the new Scooby Doo Mysteries, Ghosts of the Ancient Astronauts, and the new Scooby Doo Mysteries, A Halloween Hassle and Dracula's Castle. Sorry, Americans, Castle. Um, the en- these entries were all made between 1985 and 1988, um, but didn't star all of the, the mystery gang. So for some of them, it is maybe the first time they've wow. they've mm. encountered monsters this film opens with the characters finishing off a mystery a la like the start to a james bond um you know finishing off a mission before the the yeah. cold open um and i can't remember it's like some some night thing and you know typical scooby-doo antics are happening shaggy and scooby start running away from the monster and as they do this a cover of scooby-doo where are you by third eye blind so, starts playing so 1998 <laughs> i felt like cheering like after mm. watching such like piss poor lukewarm like dip your toe in the world of film scooby-doo movies before this to have like to one get that third actually- eye blind yeah, but one that's actually like structured and like built to, for for tension and payoff and stuff. It was like I was like, yeah, where are you? Where's, <laughs> where are you, Scooby Doo? Um, and there are a couple of great original songs as well. Um, in in this film, there's of course, so there's the Third Eye Blind one, a band called Sky Cycle, Sky, Sky Cycle, mm. I think they're called. Um, they uh, made some original songs that I initially wondered if it was the Offspring because one of the songs called It's Terror Time Again sounds a bit like You're Gonna Go Far, Kid, which wasn't a song yet. Yeah, at the it didn't come out movie. for like fourteen years. Another, yeah, yeah, None but but still, like, I still, I was like, this sounds like the Offspring. Um, it's a really cool song. People should check out Terror Time again if they want to um have a nostalgic scooby-doo uh, musical rom interesting yeah um i i knew the name sky cycle 
from somewhere. Uh, the 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 lead singer of Sky Cycle went on to form the Panic Channel. Okay. Um, with the members of Jane's Addiction, and there was like the super group, and it was like, yeah, we got like Dave Navarro, I think, is in the band, um, and like all these guys, and we've made this new super group, and the lead singer is Steve Isaacs from Sky Cycle, and it's like you go on Sky Cycles wikipedia page it says they're perhaps best known for their contributions to the 1998 scooby-doo and zombie island soundtrack. <laughs> um but the panic channel were great the fun fact the the first song i ever downloaded when we got broadband internet was uh tea house of the spirits by the panic channel nice i'm proud of you you should be <laughs> Um, did you, I mean, you, you know, one of the best parts of the Barbie podcast was like hearing all the original songs mm. and you, you seem very nonchalant about like what is very much your type of music, mm. your favorite genre of music. Yeah, appearing like in this shitty movie. rock did you, music. <laughs> did you like the music? Uh, I did. It, it, it's it's fun. And it's like, I like, um, I like watching movies like this where the soundtrack is just so of its time. Mm. and mm. like the the one of the godzilla movies that used like we're all to blame by some 41 and it was just the most <laughs> insane musical cue like yeah yeah i i, I love that and, and um yeah just musical cues that you can tell that they're like someone's scrolling through the radio they're like oh let's get this band <laughs> yeah um the chorus for one of their songs that appears in this film called The Ghost Is Here goes, Oh, the ghost is here and it's a crook in a suit. The ghost is here, he's protecting some loot. The ghost is here, oh, let's give him the boot. He's fake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to quickly listen to the song to just remind myself of it. So, Well, there's two songs. Well, just just to remember, to remember the vibe. Mm -hmm. How's nice. it go? Same yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. I just, I just wanted to hear it, even just on pop. <laughs> it's Terra Time again. Um, here's an excerpt of some of the lyrics for for those interested. Um, here's the chorus. It goes: You hear the beating of your heart. You know the screaming's gonna start. Here comes the really scary part, cause it's Terra Time again. They've got you running through the night. It's Terra Time again. Oh, you might just die of fright. It's t it's a terrifying time. It's a terrifying time. It is a terrifying time. <laughs> I'd argue it's probably more terrifying now than in 1998. Why is that? Oh, like oh right. COVID, you know. Right, yeah, right. Post as of now is a more terrifying time. Yeah. yeah. Although this is our first Christmas without COVID, according to the Prime oh, Minister. Nice. Very cool thing to say. That's <laughs> when people are still dying and we have yeah, some yeah. of the highest cases we've ever had. <laughs> Uh, the premise of Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island very briefly focuses, as you mentioned, on the mystery gang having broken up and then getting back together. Combined with the island that they go to, this feels like a blueprint for the 2002 oh, live action Absolutely, film. yeah. You know, yeah. there, are shade, there are so many shades. And I think the, the live action film does it a bit better or it paces it a bit better. The, um, they have broken really up in the movie, in the live action movie, right? Correct. Yeah. They break up in, after the cold open and then it's yeah, not until yeah. years later that they're tricked into 
hanging mm. out again, you know. Um, I thought this was a really funny movie as well. There's a point where um, so far Shaggy and Scooby are the only ones who have seen anything supernatural. And one thing I like about the Mystery Gang is they know better than to doubt them, mm. which is really cool. They're never like, you're lying or I don't believe you. because, And maybe that's why they work as a team, is because they know that Shaggy and Scooby just sort of wind up into these things. And the, the key yeah. is actually figuring out what they saw, not telling them that they're wrong mm, trying to decipher what what letter the r is replacing when scooby <laughs> yeah. Wins better. yeah and it's also like i think that you know if, if you are masked up as a bad guy you'll be like well i can fucking i can give shit away in front of the two stoners like there's a yeah. guy as fucking dog of <laughs> course i can like including give, the dog <laughs> yeah of course i can like give shit away and then but they 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 underestimate Scooby and Shaggy, and yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the rest of the gang have been through enough. That yeah, no, it it is a really wholesome moment because you you think it would be one of those things where you're like every single fucking time <laughs> they've mm, been right. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's a really funny moment where um finally the 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 zombies are discovered by Fred and Daphne, mm. and Fred is is like, don't worry about it. It's just a guy in a, in a mask, and like, all right. And he starts trying to rip the mask off, and then he just rips the zombie's head mm. off. And like, I thought it was such an interesting place to put the characters, like these, you know, steadfast like skeptics, to then have them, you yeah. know, he's just ripped a guy's head off. It's really interesting character play, and I, I really yeah. appreciate it. I, yeah, because because I was I was about to message you because the way the way Daphne is trying trying to get the mask off and Fred's like you just you, you know needs a man to try and do it she's like pulling at his jaw and like at his forehead skin sort of pulling it apart mm. and then I I was I pulled up messenger about to message you when Fred was taking over be like is Fred just gonna rip this guy's fucking jaw off because it looked like he was gonna grab him the same <laughs> and just rip the jaw straight off and then I was like yeah. wait no the 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 plot beat that needs to happen here is he needs to find out it is a real zombie. So is he actually just going to rip the guy's <laughs> jaw out of it? I was expecting the skin to come off and reveal yeah. a skeleton, but that's maybe a bit too brutal for Scooby-Doo. Yeah, it's, it's a very, like, it, it pops off like a doll head. Like, it's yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still alive and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I also thought the climax of this film fucking ripped, dude. My flatmate was like casually watching this with me. And when the werecats revealed themselves and there's like voodoo dolls and a harvest moon and like these these risen dead, my flatmate, she was just like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> like, you know, like someone who was very much hardly watching got fully like enriched into the story. Yeah, I, I thought this was just so fun and cool and exciting like the 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 spooky parts are taken so seriously like it doesn't let up like I, I, to the point where there were complaints wow. that this was too scary for children um and that's why the following sequels are apparently a lot lighter in tone although not that much lighter in tone I don't, mm. at least I've, not from okay. from what All i've right. seen so All far right. okay mm. Uh, this film is also notable for being the first Scooby-Doo production featuring the entire gang since Sans Scrappy-Doo since the new Scooby-Doo Mysteries episode A Halloween Hassle at Dracula's Castle, oh. uh, which premiered in 1984. So this is the first time they've years. gotten back together yeah. in, in, in that long. Um, similarly, 
as with previous films, Zombie Island isn't really tied to a specific Scooby-Doo series, but it is more the result of a supply and demand system. So if mm. if Arabian Nights was made to promote the reruns that they'd got in syndication, this was the reruns were really popular. Let's make more to yeah. capitalize that now we have a new generation of Scooby-Doo fans mm. since it had gained popularity since it had been airing non-stop on Cartoon Network um, in the 90s. It is super interesting that, that like, because we talked about how Scrappy-Doo disappeared after um, two movies ago. That is one of these things. It's like, yeah, you assume Scrappy, you know, was written out at some point, but you kind of just assume, especially with, like, nostalgia these days, it's like, oh, he's got to pop up somewhere else. But no. And then... Get to learn that like nothing featured the whole gang for fourteen years. Hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, was there just no TV show? There must have been no original Scooby Doo shows between like nineteen eighty eight and nineteen ninety eight. Like, just a ten year. Um, like, I think there was. That was the the syndication years. Yeah, well, there was um thirteen ghosts, and um, it was a pup named Scooby Doo. Yeah, yeah, but that the, ended like 90, 94, 93, I think. Yeah, but that was the sort of, yeah, between right. them. Yeah, 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 interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Billy West of uh, Futurama, mm. among other things, plays Shaggy in this film. And this is the first time on the podcast that we've heard anyone other than Casey Kasem. In fact, the whole voice cast is replaced with the exception of Fred, who is still played by Frank Welker. Um, Casey Kasem was originally set to reprise his role as Shaggy, but Kasem is a vegetarian. And this element had been adopted into Shaggy's character before. Like, at some point they made the decision, no, Shaggy's a vegetarian. And so whenever he'd eat those big fucking sandwiches if you looked you wouldn't see any meat products in them um but then uh he shaggy was supposed to be the spokesperson uh in a 1995 burger king commercial mm. um and this is where uh Kasim was like no i'm not doing this um and he went on to demand that shaggy give up eating meat full in whatever you know form he yeah. takes um the creative team rejected this um and said that eating anything is a hallmark of the character which <laughs> fair enough um and and uh, the, um, additionally, the production team on Zombie Island had already begun and it's New Orleans. So, of course, Shaggy's eating crawdads Crawdad, and, and yeah. things, you know, probably one of the first things they animated. Um, Kaysom was given a last minute opportunity to come back and, and redub over uh, Billy West, but he didn't want to. How but do you I mean, think that conversation a- would have gone? Um. Would you want me to do a Scooby Shaggy impersonation? <laughs> Neither of the characters would be doing Shaggy impersonations. Well, I that- just thought it could be a little fun little thing we could do. Right. So it'd be like Kasim's coming in and he's like, they're, they're like, so you wanted to see. So, like, you wanted to see me? <laughs> and that's just how he talks. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for coming out. <laughs> no, we don't need to do this. <laughs> okay. I just thought it would be, be, be a fun, fun place to do a sco- uh, another Shaggy impression since we are oh, nice. going to chart our, the evolution of our impressions. All right. I'll be Casey Kasem. You be Billy West. I'll be Shaggy. <laughs> okay. This is Casey Kasem grappling with wanting to stay true to the character of Shaggy, um, okay. but also his own beliefs about being a vegetarian. Okay. Am I doing it? Yeah, you're Casey Kasem. I'm, I'm Shaggy. Okay. I just feel like <laughs> I agree that you you eat anything, but also like Zoinks, I'm a vegetarian. I feel like I'm getting worse. 
at, at both improv <laughs> like, and Shaggy and eating anything is a fundamental part of my character. <laughs> would it be like, it would start lower and go higher. I mean, it would be like, like, eating anything is a fundamental part of my character. That was good. That's the best that I've done good. so far. Yeah. <laughs> and then the dog shows up. <laughs> then the dog ruins everything. <laughs> Did you ever read that copy pasta that was like, the reveal is it's from Fred's yeah. perspective? Yeah. I always loved that. Where it's like I, I always loved it too. Yeah, Stoner comes in, and he smells like shit, and he brings his dog everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember it was like, yeah, some pretty problematic language in that from memory. Yeah, that's yeah. It was two thousand seven, two thousand six. Yeah, there was there was a very similar one about um SpongeBob. SpongeBob. Yeah, 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 yeah. What makes things worse is I live in a fucking pineapple under the sea. Yeah, that's how it ended. Yeah. Anyway, um, radio personality Scott Ines voices Scooby Doo in this, as we mentioned. Don Messick, um, Maybe had Innes? died in nineteen. Is it Innes? Yep. Um, and died in 1997. Um, and Zombie Island is dedicated to his memory. Um, Valma was played by B.J. Imagine, Ward. <laughs> Imagine having <laughs> Zombie Island dedicated to your memory. Like <laughs> B.J. Ward played Valma, and it was not the first time B.J. Ward had played Valma because um, she was in a Johnny Bravo episode um, where she was played by the same actress. Uh, Heather Norton was Heather, sorry. Heather North was set to reprise her role as Daphne, but after a day of recording. Mary Kay Bergman replaced her. Mary Kay Bergman, though, would famously die uh, a year later yeah. in 1999, wow. um, but was such a legendary and prolific voice actress that Zombie Island isn't even close to her final performance. You know, this wow. is to be like, it's the final vo- vocal performance of Mary Kay Bergman, but it's not. Um, uh, a lot of her work was released posthumously up into 2002. So. you know three years after her death so yeah frank welker the only actor to return to the series played fred jones um and he was worried that he'd get replaced because everyone else was getting replaced and when he came to the lines everyone the the producers were saying that his his voice was too low and they're like no 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 you've you've lost it fred has a higher pitch (laughs) and frank welker's like this is just my voice uh, he does not have a higher pitch. And it turned out that um, often Scooby-Doo episodes on Cartoon Network had to be retimed uh, to like match. up slightly. Yeah, yeah, spit up slightly. And so they were like, oh, no, he is right there. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that, that, that what an interesting situation, like getting fired because you you can't do the high-pitched spit-up version of your own voice. Yeah, there's, there's the other, um, another case like that is that bad out of hell the album by meatloaf is slightly mm. sped up to fit on a vinyl record and right. meatloaf apparently said that he's like i fucking hate hearing that album i, mm. I never sounded like that and so right. like he, he's like yeah i fucking hate hearing bad out of hell because that's not what i sound like i never sounded like that it was sped up mm. nice but that's like you know one of the highest selling albums of all time and definitely what yeah, he's yeah. most well known for yeah 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 uh, there's a line that struck me at the end of this when um, uh, the gang are being like held captive by the voodoo dolls from the, the werecats and um, Shaggy and Scooby come bowling in and cause all this accidental havoc and then the zombies turn up and they get scared and Valma goes, no, Shaggy, the zombies are the good guys. And it's like, well, not really. They're Confederate soldiers that invaded an island. Like, you know, like like the cat people were just defending their land. And sure, they've gone off the deep end, but I hardly think the zombies are the good guys. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, there is a pretty scary moment where the cat people catch Shaggy and Scooby and start sucking the life out of them. And mm. you see, it's like something from the fucking mummy. Like you see like yeah. their life leaving their body. It's 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 pretty full on. Um, and there's also when when they don't suck any soul by the time the harvest moon has has crested, um, they turn into dust and bones in a pretty graphic mm. You know, there's no blood, but you see their skin fall away and their skeletons. It's pretty full on. It's like something out of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what's interesting about Scooby-Doo in, in Zombie Island is that it was believed by the the um, production company that it, it deserved the, uh, a, quote, equal visibility to a theatrical release. So this is a rare example of a straight-to-video release getting, like, Happy Meal toys and shit, oh, like, connected with... Or some, I don't know if it was exactly Happy Meal. It was probably connects. Burger King. It was probably Burger King, actually, considering the... Um, the, the the Casey Kasem uh, yeah. gate. Uh, but, but yeah, isn't that interesting? Like, I feel like this is, of all these straight-to-DVD or straight-to-video cartoons we've watched for this podcast, I feel like this is, if it's not the best one, it's certainly been treated with the most respect from the production company. Yeah, it, it, it is. Yeah, like, I feel like Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island is such a ubiquitous, mm. like, term. Mm, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, totally. the, the the general public, I think, tend to know this film exists, weirdly. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then because there's Return to Zombie Island, which kind of came out a couple of years ago, and I remember that was quite a big deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've written down here Meddling Kid Counter. Did you want to update us on, on the yeah, Meddling so Kid Counter? Yeah, so this film, right at the start, when we see the... the um, <laughs> when we see the, like, the cold open of them solving a mystery, there is an unironic Meddling Kid used meddling kids the the phrase and i would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you meddling kids and your little dog too mm. and yeah i just think it's a fun thing to sort of just take note of because yeah like we sort of have discovered i think you know we, we, we neither of us really thought about this too much going into it but by the time these movies have started like you know if we consider this one the first of the true movies we're 30 years into the franchise this is like pretty much the midway point of the franchise mm. and yeah we are st- seeing subversions already so that it's like we're well beyond the era of the unironic i would have gotten away with it too if you're meddling kids <laughs> yeah yeah so i i am interested to see how often that phrase actually pops up in the scooby-doo movies so mm. we're at one yeah, so yeah. far yeah yeah um, this is also apparently the first Scooby-Doo production ever. I don't know if that's true because I haven't watched the thousands of hours of Scooby-Doo before this. But the first one to allude to a romantic relationship between Fred and Daphne. Um, it really? had once it had once been poked fun at before in that Johnny Bravo episode oh, yeah. <laughs> that had a crossover. But yeah, no, it's very much implied that there's, there's crushes going on um, and that will be something that I think becomes probably the... Um, distinguishing identity of both those characters going forward yeah i just assumed they were a couple the whole time yeah 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 Uh, i've got some um dumb imdb trivia to end our discussion on scooby-doo on zombie island richard here we go notably this is on imdb trivia for this movie notably fred is seen eating and drinking like a normal human being (laughs) probably more than he ever did in the almost 30 year history of the series 
What the no. fuck does that mean? As How opposed is... to being a cartoon character who don't yeah, need are... to eat or drink. <laughs> what are they talking about? Um, here we go. There was a belated sequel called Scooby-Doo Return to Zombie Island 2019, which, unlike this film, received almost mostly negative reviews and has been called by fans total garbage and an absolute insult to this film. So that's someone's letting the emotions get the best mm. of them. Um, clearly one of those uh, that's one of our favorite kinds of our favorite genres yeah 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 Yeah. i mean it is also indicative of a very um uh intimidating scoop hardcore scooby-doo fandom that i feel like we might uh, be making friends with hopefully after this episode releases yeah well maybe maybe not making friends with but certainly (laughs) crossing paths with um dave coulier auditioned for the voice of scooby-doo wow don't know if that's true it's on imdb but it does make sense because in full house his character is a voice actor and he's always doing (laughs) silly voices and stuff Mm. so maybe adrian barbeau was the voice of catwoman in batman cartoons in this film she plays simone lenoir the villainess who actually becomes a literal catwoman (laughs) uh, which also did happen in the animated series where she spliced the cat dna in batman the animated series tiger tiger which also starred jim cummings as the voice of tigress jim cummings is in this film as the ferryman uh new orleans uh, i think i think that's jim cummings um when scooby and shaggy have unwittingly entered simon's chamber and find the dolls of daphne Velma and fred the bats swarm out this is a nice scooby gag of using bats to come out of nowhere just to give them a scare but looking at what happens later it doesn't take long for a savvy viewer to realize <laughs> that the bats behavior was triggered not by scooby and shaggy but by simone entering the chamber with Bo's voodoo doll as it was not there when Shaggy and Scooby first played with them. Simone likely triggered the bats intentionally to get Scooby and Shaggy away from the dolls without revealing herself and her more evil nature to them and by extension to the audience. Mm. This is someone covering a plot hole pretty pretty thoroughly I'll say of why yeah. Bo's um, Bo who's like an undercover cop that they don't find out as a cop till the end. It's only visible for a second, but the look in in Jacques' eyes, Jacques is is the ferryman uh, who turns out to be a bad guy, uh, the look in Jacques' eyes gets a bit creepier as he laughs and says that if they want a haunted house, they've come to the right place, foreshadowing that him, Lena, and Simone were werecats. After being fired from their latest job, Shaggy and Scooby 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 do Shaggy and Scooby fear going hungry and turning to skin and bones. This is more or less exactly the fate they nearly suffer when Simone and Lena come very close to draining their lives until Daphne and Velma save them. Uh, While being chased by zombies, Scooby and Shaggy discover wax dolls of Fred, Daphne, and Velma. After playing with them for a while, Shaggy wonders who could have made them. It was Lena and Simone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And finally, the cats in Simone and Lena's house foreshadow that they are actually wear cats. (laughs) Mm. It's called foreshadowing, everybody, and it deserves a place on IMDb Trivia. And a place in all of our hearts. (laughs) Do you have anything more to say about the the classic that is Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island? No, I'm keen to move on and get, um, I'm getting, I'm getting a bit bored of you, AJ, to be honest. Me too. I've been feeling that way for a while now, actually. Uh, Yeah, for what, like 50 minutes-ish? Oh, like 29 years? (laughs) (laughs) Let's bring in 
another guest. Ooh. We got a mystery to solve, and the mystery is why are we doing this again? We can't beat the last time. Get ready for Barbie too. Good job, Scooby. Have yourself a cult popture snack. All right, here we are. We're back at it. We're back on the Scooby-Doo train. And this time we have a new friend to come and join our own little mystery gang. Uh, It is New Zealand comedian James Musterpick. How are you, James? Hello. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thank you for, for being on the show. How are you today? I am very excited. I'm uh, rearing to go. I'm, I'm saying jinkies to myself. <laughs> You're ready to to do the do. That's what I've been saying to people. People ask, mm. well, not everyone, because this is a secret podcast currently, but um, <laughs> my close friends and family, I've been telling, I've been doing the do. Uh, speaking of, James, what is your experience with Scooby-Doo? Are you particularly familiar? Are you a fan? Or is this, you barely ever watched it and the, me and Richard just randomly asked you to we, we watch this one? We approached bit. you when you were drunk at a bar one night. Yeah. Which is actually <laughs> what happened. actually true. <laughs> yeah, that is. Um, I am a huge fan. I loved Scooby-Doo when I was a kid and mm-hmm. loved even the, the you know, the... Those films, the live action films, even loved those. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was like, when I, I rewatched the, this film that we we're about to talk mm-hmm. about, but I, I knew I was like, as soon as I saw the, the, <laughs> the guy who was the villain, I was like, ah, oh, there mm. is that little. There he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so today for this segment of the podcast, we're talking about Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost, which was released straight to video in 1999. It's very much the follow-on from uh, Zombie Island. Mm. Uh, it was also directed by Jim Stenstrom, and it also has a score on Rotten Tomatoes, though not as as friendly as the Zombie Island score. Uh, what do you reckon it is, Richard? Uh, 50%. Yeah, that's correct. It's oh. 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. Well done. Can you tell me? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What is this one about? Oh, well, James, you're the, the expert on Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost. I'll, I'll let you field this one if you like. So, um, basically, there is, I guess it's like, I don't know, if it's, it's just kind of the thing that they did in the movies where... Because in the kind of the TV series, all of the the bad guys just turn out to be someone in a mask. But in the mm. films, they were kind of actual real demons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. things. And so anyway, so basically there is a scary witch who has been haunting the town of, I can't remember what it's called, sorry, but a town. And, Oakhaven. Oakhaven, yes. And... Um, the gang are brought in to um, solve a mystery and find out what's what's going down. 
Sorry. Yep. To... <laughs> no, that, that's good. That, that's, that's basically all we need. They're, they've been invited by a like Stephen King analog named Ben Ravencroft, mm. whose ancestor was Sarah Ravencroft, who is the supposed ghost that haunts this town, but also conveniently brings in a lot of tourism, which the mayor of, of uh, Oakville Haven is very happy about. Um, what did you guys think of this film? So, James, had you, you'd seen this in your childhood? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think um, I liked it. I think Zombie Island was probably my my preferred film. What mm-hmm. did that have on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, I believe it had eighty eight percent. And it, I I thought it was awesome. I thought it was great. Yeah, 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 very gripping, very scary. I think mm. I was legit scared when I was a kid. Oh, it's scary. It's a scary film, totally. Uh, yeah, mm. I I enjoyed this one. I I think that th- this one I imagine probably has a very sort of specific fan base um and probably one that have maybe reevaluated the film later in life because as soon as there's the band in this called the hex girls and as soon as i saw those i was like those are some hot topic bisexual imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. <laughs> like as i'm sure so many probably like i i envision like bisexual women pr- a lot of them probably consider the hex girls their like sort of sexual awakening or they they would watch scooby-doo and the witch's ghost and not quite be able to reconcile with their feelings watching the hex girls at the time they're just that kind of character that you mm. that you hear about like she go from kim possible is another one that's like mm. these kind of things that um sapphic women first um discover their sapphic <laughs> tendencies yeah. yeah i get what you mean um yeah the the hex girls of course uh yeah a band which show up for the first time in the witch's ghost but we will be seeing them mm. i believe again um further down the well, track i hope so because they're, they're very sexy <laughs> <laughs> um i i agree i think this is definitely not as good as zombie island but if the rest of the films we watch the next 40 whatever um that we have to watch if they're as adequate as this i think it's going to be smooth sailing rich and i <laughs> defy this making me lose my mind by the 47th film i reckon we'll be fine <laughs> have you guys seen this before as a kid or no 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 i didn't okay. see any of them i oh. i definitely was familiar with the the scooby-doo straight to video movies but i don't think i ever watched them i just kind of kind of knew they existed i thought that the majority of the witch's ghost plot was kind of like whatever but just like with zombie island i thought the climax was awesome and it it goes mm. to some really dark places um uh what's his name ben ravencroft ends up being 
actually evil and he unleashes his ancestor's ghost and it's very spooky and it ends with um he finds out that his that sarah ravencroft doesn't even like him and so <laughs> when he tries to condemn her back to this ancient spell book um she grabs him and they both get sucked into the book and then a flaming tree branch falls on the book like killing them <laughs> like you know like it's it's very full-on um and i think the these movies also do a really good job of positioning shaggy and scooby as the ones who reluctantly save the day like it's often mm. up to them to overcome their fear and and gee dang it i love a reluctant hero you know i think it's a very fun thing to to, to watch in in these sorts of films all of that being said <laughs> i did think it was a little weird to make a point so so it's obviously based off like the Salem witch trials right mm. and in the film they even mention the Salem witch trials and Valma's like yeah pretty much they would they would burn alive anyone who was just a bit different and they talk about how sad that is and how like what a travesty the Salem witch trials is and then they also like no but the, but the Wicca character the Wiccan character actually was evil and this was a real witch and she did deserve to get burned alive at the stake <laughs> I guess like <laughs> well it's like yeah yeah i mean a broken clock is right twice a day if you burn, if you burn enough women at the stake yeah some yeah. of them are gonna be witches yeah <laughs> <laughs> um ben ravencroft is voiced by tim curry who we saw a few times on the barbie podcast so mm. he's definitely um got some connective become the connective tissue between barbie and scooby-doo but his voice in this as ben ravencroft mm. is so normal <laughs> and i can only now surmise that he's been pretending this whole time with the ah Nigel Thornberry like it's because I well, thought his voice was just a dialed down Nigel Thornberry. I, I think yeah he was putting on Nigel Thornberry. I think I think we've known that as a society for quite. Some no, time. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not betrayed by that. It's just like this is a subtle enough of a voice that it's not obviously Tim Curry when you first hear yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Which I thought right, was so he did Nigel. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He was Nigel Thornberry. I, oh. It's. I'm interested, James, if you have so. Mm. For for those for maybe our international listeners who might not be familiar with your work, your the the niche you've kind of carved out for yourself <laughs> in New Zealand is like obscure shit that like everyone thinks they've forgotten, but they haven't. Yes, and it's just somewhere in the back of their mind. And I think that these Scooby Doo movies are like kind of perfect for that, right? Yes, truly. I'm obs- I was I mean you guys w- didn't watch it, but I was I had no friends and gr- when I was growing up in Dunedin, which is a small town, well, city in in New Zealand. And so yeah, I loved all of this this stuff and Dunedin's so cold. You just you're just inside all day and watching mm. um terrible no i yeah i love scooby scooby was good would you say that the 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 mystery gang then were like your only friends truly yeah (laughs) and they (laughs) that they they warmed your heart and kept you warm those lonely nights in dunedin yeah yeah i would say that i don't want to put words in your mouth but do you agree exactly with this Mm. Well, you've you have um recently bleached your hair, James, so you do yes. kind of look like Fred Jones mm. from the Mystery Gang. Yeah, that was I was going to dress up as him this year for Halloween, but 
the gays, they all do that. So I need, you know, <laughs> it's not original anymore. <laughs> um, so Tim, Car- back to Tim Curry. Uh, he, uh, according to IMDb, he is a, much like you, James, a, a long-term fan of Scooby-Doo um, and considers the line, dreadful darkness, hear my cry, bring back one who cannot die to be his favourite line throughout <laughs> his whole career. Um, as he believes it's a joke because when he says that, Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo wanders into frame, implying <laughs> Scooby-Doo cannot die. Um, so apparently that's his favourite line. The, fa- the, the best, it's the favourite line Tim Curry, this, this amazing character actor, has ever recorded is from a straight-to-video Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> yeah. He's, um, this is probably spoiling future trivia for us, but the, the live-action Scooby-Doo movie with Ryan Atkinson, the first one, that mm. role was offered to Tim Curry and mm. he's like lifelong Scooby-Doo fan, but he turned it down when he found out that they were going to be using Scrappy-Doo in the movie oh. because he just fucking hates that character so much and refused to be in a film with Scrappy-Doo. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, we're, how many movies are six movies in and, and the ghost of Scrappy-Doo has certainly hung over us for <laughs> almost every film we've talked about so far. Have you run into Scrappy yet or no? Mm. Oh, it- we ran into Scrappy before oh. the Mystery Gang. This is only the second movie out of the first oh. six to feature the mystery gang mm. so what ones sorry what ones have you done we have done um is there an easy way to pull oh sorry <laughs> no this Scooby- isn't relevant to the <laughs> no no it's, it's absolutely the- relevant <laughs> <laughs> there's scooby-doo and the boo brothers the reluctant werewolf and the ghoul school were the first mm. three not in that oh. order but they were just Scooby, Shaggy, and Scrappy. Mm. And then there was Arabian Nights, which is like a... It tells the story of a thousand and one Arabian Nights. And it's like just Scooby and Shaggy and all and other Hanna-Barbera characters. And oh. then Zombie Island was the first one that you kind of... What you actually expect a Scooby-Doo movie to be. Right. And then this is the second one. Hmm. So does- really, we could we didn't have to do the first four, arguably. <laughs> <laughs> and does Shaggy have read... Red shirt and mm. the ones with Scrappy. Mm-hmm. Why is mm-hmm. that? Yeah, it's red shirt, sca- Scrappy, uh, sh- Shaggy. I think because uh, we've talked about this a dozen okay. times. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. This is, this is the funny part of having guests on a, a 24-hour episode. Um, it's because that essentially that was the most recent depiction of him on the TV shows because he had a red shirt and the 13 Ghosts of, of Scooby-Doo and the movies were made after that series. So it was like, this is what Shaggy looks like now. Um, Get used to it. Before they, they changed him back. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay. Red yes. shirt Shaggy. It's it's disgusting. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, not for me. Yeah, sorry. I feel like I'm providing no comedy. I'm just genuinely like very interested and in... Well, that is also very funny though, to, <laughs> to Yeah, to get yeah, a comedian yeah, on and, and well, not do any comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I think your listeners would probably beg to differ, but you know <laughs> I, I'm having fun. I'm learning all the factoids. <laughs> Well, after the success of Zombie Island, uh, which received better sales than anyone thought it would, and we talked mm. about it on the Zombie Island segment, that it, it basically had the clout of a um, cinema release despite being straight to, to video. Um, the same team were, were asked with like, hey, make another one. Um, and apparently the, the, the work that was done on Zombie Island was done without any meddling from Warner Bros., without any meddling from anyone. That's like, 
that's the story the storytellers wanted to tell but when it was a success of course the producers come in and start mm, um you know, picking <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> um and so for witches ghost apparently a lot of this creative freedom was scaled back um and uh they they even tried to get uh, new screenwriters to to join the team, which pissed off the people who wrote this like incredible, like really well received movie a mm. year earlier. Um, and they weren't they they were asked to tone down how dark it was because Zombie Island was pretty dark mm. in places. So and it's like it's like solving a problem that they're anticipating, not one that exists. You know, yeah, yeah. like no one complained that Scooby Doo and Zombie Island was too dark. The producers were just like maybe tone it down just in case oh that's such a shame that's devo mm, yeah, so yeah. they had to do it every year like they had to crank it out within a year of the the zombie island Is that well i think i yeah. think that's what it became i don't know if it started at at this point to be mm. i think this was like do another one and then the next one's probably also do another one and then let's and then they just happened 40 ahead. more times <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, but this film marks the first time that uh, voice actor and radio pers- personality Scott Innes voice voice Shaggy. He played Scooby Doo in Zombie Island, and he voices both it's, of them. It's a weird performance as Shaggy. Do you reckon? I reckon, yeah. How so? Uh, I don't think I need to elaborate on that. <laughs> I I think that it's like you know we we talked about before that we discovered that like what's actually good about sh- a good shaggy impression is going up with the uh, like starting low and they're going up right yeah, there yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and it, it just feels mechanical in this like right. he's been told it's, it's like he's been given a piece of paper that says this is how you do a shaggy impression rather than right. actually studying the work of casey Kasem. and right. yeah I, I think that just casey Kasem and later matthew lillard just understand the character so much more mm. than this guy. Mm. Right. Well, uh, Billy West, who voiced him in uh, Zombie Island, uh, needed to go work on Futurama. So, mm. you know, it's probably a good thing. Um, and we talked in, in on Zombie Island as well about Mary Kay Bergman, um, who plays uh, Daphne, I yeah. believe, and that she died... Um, not long after um she does play daphne in this one but this was the last film released during her lifetime so there is a bit Mm. of a a milestone in that um let's talk about the music in these films these straight to to video releases continue to just fucking rock man may have been in the other films but i was gagged when i was watching this (laughs) and the the theme the theme song scooby-doo theme song started playing Mm. and i was like Mm. is that Billy Ray Cyrus? Fuck yeah. And it was. was. It is. It's Billy Ray Cyrus. The last one had Third Eye Blind doing Scooby Doo, <laughs> where are you? So uh, it's very it seems very much that they're like they're going for the the people who were big at the time to going do. for the jugular. And, I wonder. I wonder if that will continue, Richard. Like by the because the, one of these, the last film we'll watch for this podcast came out this year. I wonder yeah. if that will have it's like, like Post Malone. Post <laughs> is it? Do you know that for a fact? No. <laughs> well, well, I bet you it will be. <laughs> no, nah, but it's too big for that. It'll be fucking, I don't know, Jenna Ortega. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, we got the, the Scooby-Doo Where Are You by Billy Ray Cyrus. And of course, we also have, as mentioned, the Hex Girls. Mm. Um, and the they have girls. a... <laughs> oh, Richard. <laughs> 
Um, they have a whopping seven songs on the Witch's Ghost wow. uh, soundtrack, official soundtrack. Uh, only a couple of which appear <laughs> in the actual film. Um, they sing one just called Hex Girl. That's where we're introduced to them. And mm. I love this lyric from that song, which says, With this little cobweb potion, you'll fall into dark devotion. If you ever lose affection, I can change your whole direction. Mm. It's very cool. Wow. <laughs> I was holding my erection when I uh, was watching them. <laughs> <laughs> If you ever lose your erection. (laughs) (laughs) Um, James, Mm. can I ask you a personal question? Yes. Do you have a bowl of cereal on your desk? Uh, Yeah, I've got a plate of, wait, this? I I heard something clanging against, and I thought maybe you'd had a cheeky afternoon bowl of cereal. I don't know why I didn't (laughs) automatically assume plate. (laughs) Um, but I was like, I heard clanging right, of yeah. cutlery and crockery. I'm and really I sorry for my cereal. unprofessionalism. <laughs> what were it's you very funny as well to go from me, uh, from us riffing about holding our erections, and then you go, James, can I ask you a personal question? <laughs> I was like, where is this going to go? I, um, that was definitely part of the intended comedy of that segue. Oh. That, wasn't a, that wasn't a coincidence. I... I do have another personal question for you, James. Mm. When is your birthday? It was first uh, of December. Oh, very oh. recent. Happy birthday. Well, not recent by the time this comes out, but c- congratulate. How old did you turn you. out of that? You don't have to answer that, but. <laughs> 27. Oh, 27. Can wow. I ask you a personal question, please, Richard? <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you think you might ask me any questions about Scooby Doo and the Witches? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm rearing to go. Just personally, between you and me, wasn't I'll, planning I'll take on my it, headphones no. off. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, AJ, you, well, I'll explain why I asked for your birthday, and then we, oh, we'll yes. go back to the to, to our funny Scooby Doo discussion. But we. <laughs> we paint well mainly aj i helped a little bit went through every episode of every scooby-doo tv show and there's like there's fucking what like 13 tv shows each Something each like with that. up to like 100 or so episodes and cataloged the day that they came out um oh. on the calendar year and mm. we figured that it might be a fun little horoscope for people to be so you can find out what the episode what an episode of Scooby-Doo that aired on your birthday was and well it's the the villain associated the villain, with so I, I'm, give, I'm giving I'm going to give you your your spirit animal and Scooby-Doo villain <laughs> mm. um for right. so December December 1st you said yeah all right, well, let's give you uh, the well, star Well, if there's multiple creature. options, you could go to the one that's closest to the actual birth date. And the, well, there's, there's, a, there's, a, a, there's two. There's two on December first. Wow. So I'm going to give you the the star creature, James, which is from Scooby Doo and Scrappy Doo season one, episode eleven. When you wish upon a star creature in 1979. <laughs> How do you feel about that? I've just googled it, and I, it looks tragic. <laughs> it's just stupid. I never watched the Scooby and Scrappy show. But yeah, no, it's it's one of the long forgotten ones. Can I swap? Oh, what? What's the other one? <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll give you another option. Um, I can also offer you, um, uh, first of December, the Ghost of Christmas Never. 
Ooh. from this new Scooby-Doo mystery, season two, episode 13, mm. The Nutcracker Scoob in 1984. Wow. Okay, yeah. Yeah, sure, I'll take that. That looks fun. <laughs> it's, <laughs> like, it's like the other one is the successful comedian. Oh. <laughs> Do you want that one or no? Nah? <laughs> <laughs> He's... um. The ghost of Christmas never. I was just going to say he he looks like the Grim Reaper, except his white cloaks. It oh. kind of looks like KKK member, to be honest. It does actually. So would you so, rather have yeah, the rather... old the, the KKK wizard or the tragic looking star creature? <laughs> oh yeah, I'll go back to the star thing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, not not personally, James, but um. <laughs> What do you do? You have a favourite scene in Scooby Doo and the Witch's Ghost? Um, yeah, the end is is exciting. Um, mm-hmm. What did what did I like? I did write a few notes. Um, oh, I don't know. Well, please yeah. share with us. Your My always when I was a kid, I always loved when Scooby and Shaggy would put on disguises. I thought that was so crack up. <laughs> um, and I loved the one point the witch is chasing Scooby and Shaggy. And then they're on a bench, kind of dressed as a couple who are in love and they're like kissing mm. or something. Is that right? Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And it's like, dude, that's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, I love that. When we spoke to you at the bar, which you may or may not remember, um, <laughs> you. Because we, we, we sort of we explained what we were doing with the Scooby Doo episode, and you were like, "Oh, Scooby Doo and the Witch's Ghost." How how many like did you own these on DVD or anything or VHS? Yeah, VHS. How, how many yeah. did you have? Do you know? I had quite a few. I, the 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 Ghoul School rang a bell. The um mm. the or oh, Cyber Chase that was a big one. Oh yeah. Um, yep. And then like a lot of the kind of the TV series, but I mm. uh, Scooby Doo movies. Hang on. I oh yeah so okay some of these are ringing a bell yeah Zombie yeah. Island definitely had yeah um yeah yeah quite a few quite a few and then yeah was this would you consider this like your favorite one or one of your favorites or was there a reason this one stood out to you I think I was just trying to convince you guys to get me on the podcast <laughs> well, no, I think just flexing I think your the, knowledge the the first um four um so well not the first four but but um uh zombie island witch's ghost alien invaders and cyber chase <gasps> they are definitely the the mount rushmore of scooby-doo uh straight to video movies mm. right and the only one which we needed a guest on was witch's ghost so maybe it was more <laughs> bought out of that <laughs> that situation than specifically <laughs> liking witch's ghost but who am i to speak to your um inebriated mind james <laughs> i did really like the hex girls though i was a big fan when i was a kid mm. i don't know why mm-hmm. but maybe it was to do with the yeah, tight little mini skirts no just kidding um <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, I loved the the song. I guess you know, us gays, we love a we love a girl group. So um, mm. the Hex Girls, they were yeah. I was like me and my sister would sing all the songs, and um, yeah. So that was that was good. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked the film. Yeah, were you a fan of uh, Josie and the Pussycats, the TV, the movie? 
That was maybe a little bit before my time, TBH. Oh, but sorry. Sorry about it. Yeah. Mr. <laughs> December 1st. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the Josie and the Pussycats are actually like direct inspiration for the Hex Girls. Um, oh, well. oh. The the original Josie and the Pussycats band are also a Hanna-Barbera property, mm. um, at least on TV. I don't know if they were in the comics. Um, and they were Mystery Inc.'s cousins. Um, and uh, they, until Hanna-Barbera lost the Josie and the Pussycat animation rights in the 1970s. Um, And they apparently show up in the new Scooby-Doo movies, The Haunted Showboat. Um, But they obviously couldn't use them for this, so they invented the Hex Girls, which was so popular that, like, a TV show was pitched about the Hex Girls, um, which didn't go anywhere. But they did, they do show up in the TV shows and, as I said earlier, um, future movies as well. It it makes sense. There'd be a good... Yeah, because it's like, they're what? They're spooky, they're scary, they're sexy, and they they sing. It's like... Kids love all of those things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what else could you want in a TV show? <laughs> well, speaking of um of sexy as well, this is uh f- this film has Fred and Daphne once again confronting their relationship, which we learned on the Zombie Island is, is was not actually done until the new millennium. It seems like mm. there was that sexual tension between the two characters was underplayed. Um, but in this, uh, Fred gets called out for why he always picks Daphne to uh, mm. when they split up. He always picks Daphne and then he sort of blushes and then while they're alone Daphne's like why do you always pick me and I just want to say as a kid this kind of shit was exhilarating like do you remember um I remember watching (laughs) Jimmy Neutron right and that was exhilarating there were always every now and then there would be a thing that was like Jimmy and Cindy Vortex like each other and it would be very softly hinted at and every time it was like this is so intriguing and I imagine it would have been the same (laughs) with Fred and Daphne like hearing that there's maybe something between them and being like this is so exciting this is almost dare I say a little bit naughty for Mm. for children to be watching it's actually a lot naughty I think (laughs) well it's pretty naughty in the live action movies from memory but yeah well, yes. and also the fact that they got married in real life, that's pretty naughty. <laughs> that's no, that, that, that's when naughtiness goes too far and just becomes not naughty again. It becomes I mean, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so what was what were they saying in the last one? Because I was actually curious about that because they had, and also Fred at one point was into one of the Hex girls, I think, right? And then Gaffney mm. gives him like a nudge yeah. to be like... Yeah, there's a lot of jealousy, that off. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, in, yeah. in Zombie Island, they're kind of just both jealous when the other is attracted to someone. But yeah, yeah. it's never really... They don't. Co- they certainly don't consummate their relationship. <laughs> um, or they're not shown yeah, to anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Fred is about to say, like, the reason I chose you, and then they get interrupted eh mm. it's a real will they won't they kind of it's sexy ongoing. it's sexy mm. stuff it's it's classic jimmy neutron and cindy <laughs> the benchmark for sexy yeah i tried to use like a more ubiquitous version of this but this is far more ubiquitous <laughs> yeah, than yeah, Fred yeah. <laughs> um but valma also has a big old crush on ben ravencroft before he turns evil um mm. which is interesting because i believe valma is queer in the latest scooby-doo straight mm. to video movie so yeah it'll be interesting tracking like how you know where where when that stuff sort of starts becoming integrated into the character if at and all probably just in the last movie where it made yeah. headlines <laughs> <laughs> um 
Hey, uh, James, we have Sorry, yep. sorry. I, I want to bring up a, a, discuss, a couple of discussion points that I wanted to bring up while we have a guest because I wanted extra perspective on. So mm-hmm. one, in this film, and spoilers for the for Alien Invaders, but it's, it happens in this as well. Scooby, there's, a, there's a scenes in both where someone says, oh, look, that dog. And then Scooby's <laughs> like, rock, rare. And so does, does, is Scooby not aware that he's a dog? Yeah, I picked up on that too. There was, because there were two scenes. I think they the witch called him like a mutt or a hound or something as mm. well. And he did the same thing. Yeah, that was quite interesting. I wonder, I mean, wonder what's going on in his psyche there. Because obviously yeah. as well in the, in the live action, you know, he gets to go on the plane and he's so obviously mm. a dog, but no <laughs> one even bats an eye that he's yeah, dressed yeah. up as a woman, an old lady or whatever. And it's yeah. like this big thing of like, uh oh, Scooby's about to sneeze. I can't even remember, but yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> he's going to sneeze or some shit. And women do not sneeze. It's going to give away his whole costume. <laughs> but the, but yeah, it's like because we spoke about the issue where Scrappy speaks perfect English and Scooby obviously has his iconic way of talking, and it's like. Does is Scooby from an older generation and hasn't integrated into English as well, or does he also, in addition to being a dog, has a speech impediment? But maybe he doesn't even realize he's a dog, which is crazy. And then somehow, I wonder if do we meet? I wonder if we meet Scrappy's dad at any point, like Scooby's brother. Really, I would want to hear how he talks. Or sister, maybe there's a. Well, there are, there are, there is like a whole Scooby Wikipedia or the Scooby Wiki for this, Scooby. There's, there's a Scooby family tree. Yeah, but it's there like, is. I wonder. Yeah, like, or maybe are there some humans in Scooby's lineage? Right, and that's why he's anthropomorphic. But yeah. bestiality along the way. Oh, maybe his, <laughs> maybe his parents are both okay here's my theory okay so scooby was raised by human parents one of whom cheated on them with a dog and so he he was raised by human parents believing that he was one of them and they ne- they never told him he was he was adopted or that he you know was was a bastard right and then where would scrappy fit into this <laughs> hmm all right, I'll, I'll come back to me in twelve hours. I'm going to keep working on this theory. All right, but my other question is: Can you explain Scooby Snacks to me? Yeah, because I like as an adult, as a um, it took me like I remember seeing memes all the time that would be like, mm. kids didn't, kids don't even realize when you realize. <laughs> That Shaggy is actually high all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and that was kind of a bit of a upsetting moment for me. Is <laughs> a, you know, a very strict, um, sober, no, just kidding. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. You wouldn't be so, on this podcast if you were sober all the time. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe Shaggy is so because Velma and the others don't like the Scooby Snacks, do they? Yeah. No, I, I believe Scooby Snacks are dog food, and it's more a situation that Shaggy likes eating dog food. Mm, so yeah. he's like so blazed that he's he so, just eat anything. 
yeah. is Scooby is Scooby Doo enough of a celebrity in the world of Scooby Doo that he has his own tie-in snack that the gang then buys for him, or is this like the gang have made up like? You know, because the, the, the box that they get out of it isn't super detailed, you know. They could have whipped that up in an afternoon. And they've just filled it with normal dog or a hybrid of you know, a human and dog treats. And, mm. you, yeah, like, like is this a... Can you go to a store and buy Scooby Snacks? Or is Scooby-Doo named after Scooby Snacks? I believe that this is answered in 2020's Scoob. I believe in that it's revealed he's named after the snack. Wow. Oh. Yeah, because I was going to say in the live action one, Shaggy's love interest, Mary Jane, I believe, mm. is also like, whoa, you like Scooby Snacks That's too? Right, or yeah, whatever, yeah. something like that. So, yeah, he must be famous because they are kind of like well known. Yeah. And the Witches Ghost, the gang are like kind of because. Hmm. Um, you right across those yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess they're kind of and on Miss Zombie Island. They're also is it kind of like a mockumentary thing? Uh, Daphne hosts a TV show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I need to watch my, all of them. My other question, and I actually found out the answer to this one. So this one does have a correct answer, or not necessarily a correct <laughs> answer, but the creator has given an answer. What do you guys think a Scooby Snack tastes like? Oh god, really salty, really salty. It's just salt. Yeah, mm. yeah that sounds about right. Yeah, I always assume just like terrible dog biscuit but i mean they're so addicted to them it's kind of sad according to one of the creators he said he always imagined that they taste like a caramel cookie yeah okay that's not true sorry creator um sorry or barbera that's not what (laughs) (laughs) have you guys ever eaten dog food no No. but i know what it tastes like somehow so maybe I have. <laughs> it does sound to me like you have eaten that, AJ. I've probably, I've, I've probably eaten a cat biscuit before, yeah. Mm. And s- what about, yeah, have, you, have you eaten cat biscuits, James? Yeah, oh, no, I remember when we were young, though, we invited my friend came around from after school and my mum was like, do you guys want to give a cat treat to the cat? And then the kid just ate them. I think he thought that they were meant for a treat for him. <laughs> Um, and then yeah, he spat it out. <laughs> nice. These are the repressed memories we don't hear about on your shows. <laughs> <laughs> um, I reckon that, like, it's actually if 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 Scooby Snacks were named for the dog, mm. then this has got to be the most successful celebrity endorsement. Like, you you make something <laughs> named after the celebrity, and then that celebrity just fucking froths them. Right, mm. like that. What a successful. Well, we, we're venture. not shown that they're popular outside of just Scooby Doo really liking them. So it could be this. It may okay. Tell you what, maybe it was like in the in the early seventies. Scooby Doo was at the height of his celebrity, and they were like, "Oh, do you want to do this tie and snack?" And they're like, "We're going to make it something that both humans and dogs mm. can eat." And then so they released this product. Dogs thought it tasted too much like human food. Humans thought it tasted too much like dog food. So now they've just got fucking warehouses full of yes, unsold like Scooby this. snacks. No, not they. The mystery gang who yeah yeah no so, yeah so so the company rice. that made them and yeah. then so the mystery gang have 
like yeah they, they just ship them back to the mystery gang um and so yeah. that's why they've got like an unlimited supply i love even though they run out in the next film but they they're out in the middle of the desert so they they don't um they're not close to their warehouse or their storage unit where they've just kept them um but that's why yeah other people haven't necessarily heard of scooby snacks apart from you know one character in the live action film who's and that makes it really even more exciting that yeah yeah oh my god you've heard of scooby snacks and you bought up stock like shitloads of them in the 70s and velma yeah. uses these scooby snacks to uh manipulate her stoned friend into life-threatening situations <laughs> yeah maybe they are kind of like seriously addictive like heroin and because oh scooby, you know scooby and shaggy they're like we don't want to we don't want no part in your saving the world mm. stopping this witch stealing her book and then they're like well, would you do it for a scooby snack and they're like no and then she's like what about two <laughs> and then they're like mm. hell yeah hell that's so yeah, funny that, that two seals the deal but one one was <laughs> no way two was you okay <laughs> what what would you guys what would your scooby snacks be heroin <laughs> would you do it for a heroin? No. Would you do it for two heroin? Oh hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably just wine for me. I'm just a basic wine mom. I really like sometimes I see wine mom memes come up on my Facebook. Mm. I'm like, that is genius. Even though it's the most boring <laughs> basic like hee Wednesday hump day. Maybe one glass, maybe whole bottle. Wednesday, more like wine this day. Oh, it's good. Um, <laughs> do you have like a coffee mug that says there's a good chance this could be wine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. oh, well, I'll, no. get, well, I'll get one for you. Yeah, my, my Scooby great. snack is uh, minion memes. <laughs> Would you do it for a minion meme? Yes! Yes! <laughs> wow, not even two. No, I don't need two. Two's too many. They're too rich. <laughs> <laughs> too rich for um, my blood. One of our favourite segments to do on our show, James, is to go to the IMDb trivia section for said mm. movie and look for the, the worst written piece of trivia because it's user submitted. So a lot of it is just either poorly written, a lot of it's really opinionated, which is our favourite genre because it's clearly like someone had a had a bone to pick and so <laughs> turned that into a piece of trivia. Mm. Um, and I've got, so I've got one um, piece of dumb IMDb. Fun fact about this movie, um, I thought it sucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's literally trivia like. Like that. And um, here is a piece of trivia from Scooby Doo and the Witch's Ghost. The Witch's Ghost song, so the Hex Girls sing a song called The mm. Witch's Ghost, um, is credited to the Hex Girls, the fictional band within the film. But instead of using Jennifer Hale, Jane Wieldlin, and Kimberly Brooks, the singing voices of the characters within the film, they are replaced with Terry Wood, Angie Jari, and Gigi Worth. In light of this information, it cannot be considered a canon song within the Scooby Doo universe. Verse, as it was never, it has never been performed by the band themselves. Wow! No, it cannot be considered canon. Means, so. <laughs> so basically, there's a song that plays in the credits that's not sung by the woman who voiced the Hex Girls in the movie. So therefore, oh. this trivia is just erroneously saying now that that means it's not canon, which they're cartoons, <laughs> you know. Oh, oh, 
Oh, swapping swapping voice actors out all the time. Oh. Richard, you've been keeping track of the meddling oh. kids counts in mm. each of these films. Do they say the line? Is the line ironic? So far, we've had one relatively sincere use of it in Zombie Island, where mm. they're called uh, meddling kids. In this, in Witch's Ghost, mm. um, it's done somewhat ironically. It's a lampshade is hung upon it. Yeah, we get. I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you meddling writer, mm. which was quite a fun little twist. But then later on, they do say meddling kids as well. And they but, they t- draw attention to how they don't like being called kids and stuff. Yeah, so it's not yeah. quite as, as sincere. But it's I also, think. it's also it's not, I wouldn't have gotten away with it. They just refer to them as meddling kids. Mm. And then your friend says, we're not kids. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So meddling he doesn't have a problem with. <laughs> there were a few good gags in the film, I would say. Like mm-hmm. a few where I was like, it's kind of good. I liked um, Scooby and Shaggy went to eat their food. And then Velma and the rest of the gang went to go look for the for the ghost. Mm. And then Shaggy says something like, um, if the ghost comes before we get there, feel free to start screaming without us or something. <laughs> it's that Shaggy and wit that yeah. we watch these movies for. Mm. Oh, and um, another classic one. They're, they're trying to get the spell book to stop the witch. And Shaggy's being forced to go and get it, and he says, "We have to go for the book. Can't we just wait for the movie?" <laughs> <laughs> that is a good line. Mm, mm. <laughs> well, while while you're quoting the characters, uh, James, for our final little game that we're doing with our guests here, we have a leaderboard of Scooby Doo impressions. And when I say leaderboard, I mean the previous guest is on the leaderboard, and now we're inviting you to be part of that leaderboard as well. Here's how it works, James. I'm going to ask you in a moment to do a Scooby Doo impression. Okay? okay. If Richard and I agree that it's that it's acceptable we will then ask you to do a shaggy impression and if we like that you will get the opportunity for three points to do an impression of any other scooby-doo hanna-barbera character oh no okay i am very <laughs> bad at impression i think i can do scooby okay but i think okay. that's weird let's okay. let's hear your scooby-doo okay Oh, I'm too, okay. Can I just mute myself for one? No, okay, I'll just do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Raggy. That, that was, was really good. That was really good. You've got one point. You've advanced to the next round. Can you give us a shaggy? No, I don't even, I can't even think about what he sounds like. I'm too stressed now. How does he sound? What does he say? He says, Zoink Scoob. Can you give us a Zoink Scoob? Oh, I'm too embarrassed. (laughs) It's going to be bad, okay? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Zoink No, okay. (laughs) You give up? You can give up. You can pull out. You just won't top the leaderboard, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. I think, you know. Okay, okay. Okay. No, no, no. I give up. I'm too scared. <laughs> Richard is like in unable to podcast mode from laughing. Right <laughs> it's like the thing is, it's just that you guys can't see this at home, but 
James, <laughs> the way you would like physically get into the character for like the briefest of, of split seconds, getting ready to do it, and then pull out from doing it. <laughs> it was very well, funny. Well, we'll give you one point for the Scooby and maybe half a point for the attempt at Shaggy. Uh, congratulations, you're on the leaderboard. You're on the leaderboard. <gasps> you're currently of, second. Of two people. Um. James, it's been awesome to have you on talking about the witch's ghost. If people have enjoyed your um, podcasty comedy abilities, where can they find you out there in the world? Um, you can find me on the internet, James Musterpack um, mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Feel free to email. <laughs> email, and ta- and email all your shaggy impressions to James. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, thank you so much, James, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. We got a mystery to solve. The mystery is why are we doing this again? We can't beat the last time. Get ready for Barbie 2. But this time it's Scooby 2. Good job, Scooby. Have yourself a cult pop snack. I thought um, I might set up a storyline <laughs> for oh, the <yes>. episode. <laughs> um, I'm, I think I'm. My eyes have got real, like way worse. Like they've deteriorated in the last few in, months. In what? And in what sense? Like they're gonna fall out? No, no, no. Just I need new glasses. Oh. Um, I to I keep feel your eyes like on. I'm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to press them back into my skull. <laughs> I find it really hard to focus on things at the moment. Mm. Like, is it not mentally, but like visually? Like, uh, I've been staring at maybe I've been staring at a laptop too much. But like, I don't know. Like, I need I need it to be really bright, and I need a, yeah just, yeah. I, well, I can tell you as the audience surrogate for the story of yours, I'm mm. quite looking forward to seeing how this shapes up over the next few hours of my life, and I. I you know, I imagine that when we're watching um, Big Top Scooby Doo in a few movies' <laughs> time, you'll uh, you'll tell us, you know, how your eyes are. And did you end up getting those glasses to really just suck them into your skull? Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's it's it. I'm bringing it up on this segment uh, on the Scooby Doo segment mm. to force myself to go get the eye exam. Right. So when people listen to this in early February, it's currently two days before Christmas. But when people uh you know listen to this they're gonna be like aj did you get those glasses did your eyes fall out and you can say yeah uh no i didn't because you'll probably forget but i did have to stare at the little hot air balloon thing as it squirted gas into my pupils oh i hate that thing hey i'm so scared of that (laughs) yeah um i also have some storyline stuff that i want to Add into yep. canon uh, a bit of bit of housekeeping. <laughs> this is this is so uh, such such dainty storytelling. <laughs> like, so, all right, now we're going to set up a few things. Mm-hmm. So I, um, it's worth mentioning um, if my audio sounds a little different and has sounded a little different for the last few episodes. There is a reason for that. Uh, I'm it, it's currently the Cult Popshire New Zealand tour. I mm. recorded our last the last three movies we talked about one with james mustapik and the other two just me and you i recorded those from my parents home in wanaka which is in the south island uh, in otago and mm. uh yeah, i did not know where wanaka was do you know where wanaka is it's, it's about an <laughs> hour away from queenstown north. 
I thought it was in the We've North had this Island. I've been there. What am I thinking of? Wellington? Because this has happened before. No, nah, it's like near Auckland, as in like a few Hamilton. hours south of Auckland. Topor. No. Maybe it's north of Auckland. Uh, Fungarai. No, no. Nah, nah. There's a river there. A river. Waikato. Oh, yeah, Waikato. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. That's what I'm thinking um, of. So that's where I was for those episodes. And I've got my microphone set up slightly different than I usually do. Um, I'm. I'm recording on a laptop with, uh, which is actually, you know, titularly in my lap. Oh, it's on top of my lap. That's where I'm recording <laughs> it. So the angle is a lot less flattering than I'm used to. So I am also <laughs> self-conscious watching myself in the Zoom call talking to you, AJ. So any hesitance mm. you notice in my voice, that is why, listener. But so those episodes I was in Wanaka. Now I'm in Wellington, our great capital city, famous for being very windy and... Yeah, once again, I'm holding the microphone in my wee little hands. I'm sitting, looking at my several chins, hidden under a beard, but still uh, less flattering. I I know they're there, though. (laughs) And (laughs) I'm in my, I guess, sister-in-law's house. Uh, They've just had uh, a a child, I guess. I, I guess I'm technically an uncle. And... And when we were at lunch today, I said, yeah, I'm going, I have to do some podcasting this afternoon. And she said, the only way you're allowed to do that is if you give me a shout out and a shout out to Oscar, which is her three month old son. So shout out to Emma Stevenson and her child, Oscar. Jess, are you laughing at nice. that? Jess is also trying to have a nap next to me in bed. So just just for where I'm at. Um, but yeah, Emma Stevenson, sometimes listener of the show. She was like, oh yeah, give me a shout out. Probably thinking, oh yeah, I'll probably listen to that. She doesn't know what episode it's going on. She doesn't know <laughs> she it's doesn't not releasing for two months. <laughs> she doesn't <laughs> know that it's three hours deep <laughs> into a day-long 24 hour episode. <laughs> but so shout out to the baby. Well, in terms of my Christmas uh, season goings on, nothing. Nothing's mm. happening. I bought cream puffs today Ooh. for family dessert, and then Dad was like, um, "Your sister's already got cream puffs, uh, so now I got to get something else." Before right? I go well, out. can't you just have two cream puffs? I guess so. Well, two. I I bought two boxes of cream. Right. Puffs. So there's minimum three boxes of cream puffs. Minimum. That's fucked. Yeah. That's fucked. Mm, yeah. that is absolutely fine. I, I did say i'd get brandy snaps i couldn't find them and so i was like fine i'll just get well what is a brandy, brandy snap if not just a hard cream puff yeah but apparently they just sell them in different parts of the supermarket yeah like the, yeah i mean the, the supermarket layout at this time of year is it's fucked Des- designed to trick you designed to trick you it's called the gruen transfer is it really and it really is. There was a TV show. Uh, it was. That's what it's named after. Um, uh, it's yeah. The, the the design of a supermarket designed to be intentionally confusing and intentionally put, uh, you know, like your bread, your milk, and stuff are always at the furthest end of the supermarket. You can pretty much rely on that because uh, they want those are you considered the essential items, and they want you to walk through the entire supermarket yeah, yeah. to get to them. Um, but fun. But interesting thing about that that like I feel like bread and milk as essentials has kind of fallen out of favor now though mm. yeah well i i still eat a lot of bread but milk i try to avoid as much as i yeah. can <laughs> milk is so bad for you 
Milk is just like, why do we, why, why was there, who was benefiting from a, from a, like, century-long propaganda pro-milk Well, I know someone who loves milk. In fact, it's all they eat. And that's little baby Oscar. Um, Not from a cow, (laughs) though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, this is, this is a a lot of pre-roll for you know, while we're well into the thing. So let's just uh, roll the opening title music and then... (laughs) Absolutely not. No fucking way. I was waiting for this. I already knew this was going to happen. You can't have an episode that already has multiple opening jingles Mm. in it for each movie and then just throw the general one in Well, but the thing is we we have already... Like, we are going to record a cold open after this as well at some point. When I say after this, I mean in six weeks' time. But... (laughs) yeah we are um there will be some kind of cold open to this anywho we are you know what we hear we don't have to introduce we need to do eight minutes of fucking pre-roll banter about the gruen transfer and why super mario i thought it was fun fun too but i think the listeners that have you know patiently like i I keep thinking about how many new listeners we're going to have to this episode Mm. like if the barbie episode taught us anything it's that you know we're People will listen to these mammoth episodes, and it's it, despite how alienating an eighteen hour or twenty four hour, however long this ends up being, podcast is. You do it, it is kind of a good place to start because you get like the whole spectrum of what this podcast yeah, yeah. is, and we've we've already discovered that Scooby Doo has a rabid fan base, and you know that yeah, might be yeah. a poor choice of words when talking about a dog franchise but <laughs> yeah these these fans have rabies and they love the the do the 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 barbie episode is the three parts to it are our three three of our most popular yeah. episodes ever recorded like in terms of like stats wise mm. um and the they are so long that they threw off our acast algorithm mm. because it made it look like we were suddenly re- like way more popular than we were because a thousand people because you look at total listening time yeah, a thousand people were now listening to eighteen hours and mm. and and a bunch of different um sections. Um and we ended up actually getting paid out for like t- a couple hundred because mm. we because it looks like we're a real like we, we do we release hour long episodes that get like three thousand people listening, but it's <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We're we're New Zealand's Joe Rogans. I I just want to say as well to the listeners thinking like, oh, those fucking, what are they complaining about? Those money bags getting 200 bucks. I never saw a cent of that money. (laughs) Where did it, I think it must have gone into the PayPal. Well. Well, maybe maybe Tim never paid us. We'll ask him when he gets on this episode. (laughs) Hopefully we're still trying to nail him down. Yeah, no wonder he's being so elusive. He fucking stole 200 bucks from us. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Um, the film we're talking about now, 10 minutes into this little segment, is Scooby-Doo and the Alien Invaders. Mm. What do you you think this one's about? This one is the, the, the Mystery Inc. gang. Are are driving through. This is this is a um. They stumble into the mystery 
story which i never Mm. usually like in x files it's like what are the chances that the two paranormal investigators are going to stumble into a mystery Mm, scalder and molly yeah exactly although some there are some great episodes that do have that um yeah so yeah right um and they they accidentally essentially drive into like area 51 and all but name um and yeah uh, they encounter an alien ship. Um, Shaggy and Scooby encounter some aliens, and they run away from it as the theme music plays. Who's it by? Who does the cover this time? Um, this one actually was is like not in the. Um, that, that was that's a good thing to remind me. Let me let me find that while you. Yeah, um, and essentially they they stick around to try and like work out what the mysterious alien. Um, invasion going on is um, Shaggy and Scooby get abducted and then when they wake up they meet a girl version a girl girl counterpart to Shaggy uh, named Crystal and she has a a little dog who uh, at first doesn't seem to like Scooby but then through no character development the two characters pair up romantically Um, at the end of the film it's revealed that the aliens were actually the like uh, astronomers that were based there because they found a gold mine and were like mm-hmm. let's pretend to be aliens so that no one takes our gold and just as you think oh so there are no real aliens it turns out crystal and the dog are actually aliens um mm. and they save the They're day hot and, aliens, though. yeah yeah and it and it very very kind of like melancholically ends with yeah. sort of them leaving to go back to space and Shaggy and Scooby watching the stars. And it was very, I don't know, I just f- it felt very um, honest for mm. a for something that, that's, like, I talked about how Tell scary... About a talking dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I talked about how scary Zombie Island is. This is, like, kind of, like, genuinely Sad. quite heartbreaking in a lot of mm. ways. And as the, the one of the last lines in the movie, as they're, as um, uh, Fred goes to try to cheer, cheer up Shaggy and Scooby, um, he's, he says, uh, oh, you'll get over it. That's his advice to a heartbroken Shaggy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's then, not treated for laughs or anything, but yeah. Yeah. The- <laughs> and then one of the, la- yeah, like quite, quite, you know, downbeat ending. And one, mm. yeah, one of the last lines is uh, Ruby, Ruby, Ru. <laughs> 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 um, the, the theme song, this one is performed by Jennifer Love Hewitt. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know she sang. <laughs> yeah. I mean, arguably she doesn't. Mm. <laughs> I, I, I didn't have a problem with her yeah, neither, cover neither of, did I. of Scooby-Doo, <laughs> where are you? <laughs> um, so this one, what do you think it is of Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, I reckon maybe like, 55 80% from ah, nice. five, five I did I did think it was better than um Witch's Ghost I I'd say it's behind mm. Zombie Island in front of Witch's Ghost and the sort of Mount Rushmore canon the the big yeah, four yeah, sure. straight to video ones Yeah had you seen this one before familiar with I it at all? Se- you don't need to ask me that outside of the live action ones I haven't seen any of these the, the, like the the design of the aliens when they appeared, the 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 fake aliens, I should say, mm. was so familiar to me. I was like, "Are they a meme, or is this like, are they right. in something else?" It was just and like they I, I, I haven't like seen not the film. Nitrous oxide from CTR. 
Yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of, actually. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. They've, they've got the, like, scrotal-esque, like, dangly. Yeah, they're not really yeah. dangling, but, like, these pustules. Scrotal-esque, though. Yeah, the heads look like they've got balls on them or something like that. Mm. <laughs> they have, like, a crown yeah. sort of thing going on. Yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, Mary Kay Bergman before mm-hmm. um yep. yeah this was her the her last film to feature her as the voice of daphne um and right. the film was dedicated to her memory mm-hmm. also this one i i've sorry my, i'm working on with a very small screen <laughs> um and my notes are all over the place oh yeah so the, the interesting thing about this film so you know can you do an impression for me of um when a when a hanna-barbera character runs what does that sound like Oh God! Can that even a human vocal in the human vocal range? What what is the, what's causing that noise? What is making it, the noise? It's some kind of woodwind wind chime. Mm. Like I, I imagine a xylophone type situation. <laughs> no, but it's more ding yeah. dongy than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that isn't too bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, this is the last one to actually feature like the originally recorded sounds for Hanna Barbera. Right. So right. Uh, Hanna Barbera shut down in two thousand one. Then yeah, they they did new Foley sound effects. It's the same sound effect, but it's mm. not like the actual original file. You know what I mean? I think it's someone. It's surely it's someone going up a Glockenspiel, right? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's it, but yeah, it's just interesting that yeah you um. They use the same effect, but it's not the actual original file right, after this right. point because um, it, apparently it's <laughs> need to sound more realistic, but it's essentially <laughs> the same sound. <laughs> nice. Um, and this was also the, um, I think the first one to be produced by Warner. But there's, yeah, there's a bunch of like, this is sort of around the change. This was the last Scooby Doo to be released before it shut Hanna Barbera shut down when William Hanna died. Right, so the, the the turning of the tides, basically. Yeah, this maybe, is the end of an era, really. Where we're entering a new, um, a new well era of Scooby Doo movies of Scooby Doobies. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> There's, do you remember when Shaggy was falling in love with Crystal, mm. and uh, how does he express his love? Well, I'm pleased to report to everyone, uh, and I, I was not expecting this with this franchise. I was expecting it with Barbie, and there were some great instances of this in Barbie. Uh, he sings a song, and it's a really good song. <laughs> it's, it's just a really, it's it's totally of the caliber of, like, the Diamond Princess from Barbie, like, those kind of songs. Uh, yeah, with Diamond Castle, you mean? Diamond Castle, yeah. I, I wouldn't put it quite in the same vein as Diamond Castle. I mean, I think when you're watching 47 movies, like some uh, another piece of art, like being <laughs> yeah, sure you, 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 you another look for art anything form. To that yeah, to, yeah. yeah. Um, I really liked it. It's called How Groovy. I've listened to it a couple of times. The best Ooh. I can describe it is that it sound the chorus sounds like downtown, like da 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 da, and when it goes downtown, but he goes groovy. Um, yeah. And the 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 verses sound like our boobs in California from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Have you okay, heard that I'm song? Not if it's song, like so. I love boobs in California, boobs in California. Anyway, um, but it's it's great. There's a great lyric in it that's um, that's like uh, he's singing about how much he loves this woman, and he's like, 
I would climb the highest mountains, swim the deepest ocean. I'd even carry your bags. That's the depth of my devotion. It's really great. It's really <laughs> yeah. sweet. Uh, um, it is a really like fun <laughs> song, and the, the lyrics really fun. Uh, um, also, it's so it, it's revealed as well. I can't remember if you mentioned this, but that they the aliens like learnt about that the, the crystals revealed to be mm. learnt about um, human life through television programs from the 60s yeah which yeah. is i feel like a trope that's that's been around quite a bit like the idea of galaxy they learned from yeah. yeah 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 they um and so yeah so they sort of dress like it's 1969 and obviously the characters the scooby-doo characters are perpetually stuck in 1969 because it was the year <laughs> they were created um and there's references to 1969 in the song i believe as well yeah um they talk about decking their house out with stuff from 1969. And he goes, 1969. I can't have lost it. It's such a sudden lift in the vocal range from uh, yeah. talking like this to talking like this. I don't know if I can, yeah. if I've mastered that transition just yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. But um, fun fact though about uh, Shaggy, he gets mm. a little, gets a little, little. A blowjob. Or smooch. Oh, sorry. From Shaggy? <laughs> from Scooby? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he, he's the the first human character to get a kiss in Scooby-Doo. Oh, well, thank God. What I'm learning from our traversing into the Scooby-Doo-averse, the Scooby-Doo-averse. <laughs> yeah. God, these are easy puns to cover and portmanteaus to come up with because yeah, do yeah. rhymes with any, <laughs> anything. A lot of things, I should say. Well, yeah, it doesn't rhyme with the word anything, for example. That's true. Um, I I think by the end of this this podcast, we are going to have a lot more reverence for Norval Shaggy Rogers than any other character in Probably. this franchise. Because he's mm. the hero. He's so often far more the hero than Scooby Doo, who's just sort of like taking the namesake. Um and, mm. and I think I think he really he really shines in this one um for a lot of these reasons. And I'm glad he got a kiss. He he deserved that kiss. Yeah, he would you have given kiss. it to him if he if he uh, hadn't got one? I would have, yeah. I would have yeah. given that incredibly stinky looking man a kiss on the lips <laughs> yeah i mean people have described you that way that's true that's true i was thinking about this uh what like you know may- maybe it's time to talk about this which of the mystery inc gang are we and mm. i reckon i'm scooby-doo <laughs> here's here's, <laughs> okay. here's why right i'm like not the most pragmatic of any group that i'm in right um yeah I think I'm the main character, even though I'm not. Um, and I'm always eating. And I guess I don't have a speech impediment, but that would be great if I did. And I could be like, mm. and I have a speech impediment. What a great joke <laughs> that would be. <laughs> I, I would say I'm probably closest to Velma, I think. Mm. Mm. Um, I'm hot, but yeah. I'm like in an underrated way, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like... When people find me hot, they're like, he's really fucking hot. But the general public don't. <laughs> like, the idea is that I'm not attractive, but if mm. you're attracted to me, it's like, you're frothing over me. Right. I think. And I'm also, um, I'm also, I wear glasses. I can't see without them. Mm. And, um, well, we've I, talked about that already. Maybe I should have tied. Oh, fuck! I should have tied that in. I should have yeah. tied in the fact that I need new glasses they, I to can't the incredibly see my famous catchphrase from one of the Scooby Doo uh, yeah. characters. Fuck! 
Yeah, it was no, so you, obvious. Uh, you, <laughs> at least, at least we've come up with it now, and we're not going to go twenty four hours, and people are going to, you know, be like, "Why didn't you mm. say this?" Um, all right, well, we're, we're going to turn that um, into a, I'm a also, recurring. I'm also segment smart then. and and stuff, you know. Mm. And you got a dump truck booty. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Fuck it, I look hot in a fucking leather. Um, I guess yeah, I, she wouldn't wear leather. Well, she does in Scooby Doo too. Monsters Unleashed. No, but it's like it wouldn't actually be leather. It'd be like pleather or um, right, you yes. Know. Mm. But whatever it is, her and I look hot in it. Mm. <laughs> Who's our? Have we got a Fred and and stuff? And Shaggy? oh, like in the rest of the Cole Popcher gang. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I feel like the most Fred like would be Aaron. Yeah, because he's he just just main character vibes. Mm leadership qualities mm. Mm. and maybe jeremy would be maybe jeremy's Daphne. yeah yep absolutely actually yeah yeah <laughs> and then i guess nice. rowan's shaggy yeah yeah rowan who hasn't been on the podcast in three years <laughs> <laughs> um well jess could be shaggy actually jess do you want a word for, uh, from a word from our shaggy uh there you go. Wow, that was an impeccable Shaggy impersonation. <laughs> I've got uh, some stuff to to bring up that I think is important to our ongoing conversations that is revealed in this movie. Um, so I had a like my mind exploded when this happened. So Shaggy, after that, they think they've been abducted by aliens. They wake up and they immediately forget because there's a hot woman in front of them. Um, and Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo says something to Crystal and Crystal replies to Scooby-Doo and Shaggy goes, like, you understand him? And I was like, what the fuck? And she's like, yeah, of course. And like her dog doesn't speak you know scooplish that her dog just doesn't say anything actually her dog speaks perfect english when it's revealed that her dog's an alien but but in dog and before we know they're aliens just just normal sort of like slightly you know slightly very a very intelligent dog but not not speaking english and i was like shaggy is surprised that another human can understand scooby-doo which two two things there one the implication that only shaggy this whole time like has been able to understand scooby-doo and two that the mystery just plainly not true the other mystery game well i started that was my second thing i started paying attention i was like do and so I, I i tried to 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 see do the mystery ink gang ever respond and uh, directly to scooby doo and from mm. for my count and, and for the rest of this movie's runtime i don't think they do anytime they are wow. referring to scooby it's because both him and shaggy are in a situation together so they go um oh you met two girls oh you're in love are you scoob and he's like Rawr. and it's like but that's not that's you they don't, don't necessarily yeah, yeah. hear him say that they're like just do, talking how you would talk to your dog i guess normally um i is this is, how consistent is this has no one else ever understood mm. scooby-doo is this like yeah it's like a stewie griffin sort mm. of thing well i bet the stewie griffin the stewie griffin thing yeah. being that can who can understand other than brian who can understand stewie griffin that is like a deep cut reference to a trope that that was in heaps of hannah barbera shit i reckon like mm. and and maybe scooby-doo is where it where it started i guess yeah well because like in in family guy it's like brian definitely can i mm. think chris definitely can and 
Peter has said on like there's the the clip the which I know is one of your favorite uh, clips mm. from the Family Guy, the the Godfather I think the Godfather insists upon itself mm. that one of the is it Peter no Lois Lois says I Lo- agree Lois with says Stewie. I agree with Stewie yeah and that's like one of the only times but then like in later episodes there's a bit where peter's like i understand him sometimes like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah they, they hang a lampshade on it in a way which like abolishes all subtlety about the trope yeah, yeah. but but yeah interesting that is fascinating and i guess it's something that we keep in mind as yeah. we move forward into i do have other stuff to talk about <laughs> And that was all I had to say. Good. Scooby Doo and the Cyber Chase is what we are on now and aj what do you think it has on rotten tomatoes i reckon this would be maybe above i've put i've put it above witch's ghost but below alien invaders so let's say like maybe 60 it is 60 right is that the first time i've ever correctly guessed one? <laughs> could be mm. could be mm. aj what is let me if am i reading this right scooby doo <laughs> and the cyber chase about scooby doo and the cyber chase is the gang are going to visit their friend at a university because he's made a video game based on the mystery ink gang um but but watch out because there's a virus that like comes to life and maybe attacks people but it's vulnerable to magnets and there's a crazy anime looking um professor um and a guy who's made a baseball game and remember him because he's the villain (laughs) aj i've already forgotten about the baseball game (laughs) um and it's the the, i i was a little bit distracted watching this but what i didn't understand was that like what were you distracted by i can't actually remember I must have been oh, doing you were distracted from that too. There was yeah. a third distraction. <laughs> um, but the the there's a whole thing about how like the video game can make can suck real things into it and then put them back out again. It's insane. And it's, that it's, that yeah, that this mind blowing so technology stupid. feels like it's gonna be the plot of the movie, but then most of the movie is just the gang gets sucked into the to the video game and they have to go through a bunch of levels right. so, and obtain a scoop. So you're like, oh, back. there's this technology that allows things to be sucked in the video game. And you think that this is going to be a big thing. And then um, the whole plot of the film just kind of revolves around <laughs> that piece of technology. I guess, like, I don't... Well, no, what my real issue is, is, like, why did the virus need to come out of the game? Yeah, like, yeah. there's no... There's no... That that never is, like, the threat. They beat him in, when the, they're sucked inside the game. Um it's you know that that trend that was very popular this time of characters get sucked inside the video game i feel like that's a trope yeah. this is that one uh the, the they go through a series of levels the first like barbie three, video game hero yeah yeah the first three are like um specific time eras and then one of then one of them isn't and it's yeah. like oh, i guess they weren't time eras they were just different yeah. places um i watched yeah. this with my and also flatmates. it's important to note as well the the game is so hard even the guy who 
made it it can't finish it mm-hmm. i watched this with my flatmates and then two of them uh logged it on letterboxd and i was like no! <laughs> like in the, in the group chat being like dude it's a secret and they're like um i mean no one follows them but you can now if you'd like to follow my flatmates uh lucas and saskia on uh letterboxd everyone um i yeah. can't remember their user. i think it's pickle, <laughs> pickle darling and snaskia so if you want oh, to they, they don't need to know that to, to follow them um you can see the the so far the only breadcrumb we've dropped that uh yeah that we're watching scooby-doo so um, far there'll be others i'm sure yeah so uh we'll, we'll, we'll talk about maybe that could be a recurring segment. so excited about recurring segments maybe this because it's clues because it's clues yeah yeah <laughs> um, the clues we've left you yeah so they <laughs> you know they do they do a moon moon landing level they do a jurassic yeah in each level you have to find the box of scooby snacks yep, to yep, advance yep um, and it's unclear if you die in the game, you die for real, but that seems to be the stake. So I'm going to say, yeah. I'm going to confirm that. Uh, and then the final level is sort of like a, a, uh, well, I think cause it's like your, your body doesn't exist outside of the game anymore. Right. So yeah, you you the stakes are life and death. Yeah, right. It's not like you're an avatar inside the game. It's your physical body yeah, okay. has been put inside the game. Yeah. Rather than just like coding a box of Scooby snacks, um, you know, making a blender or whatever, you they said <laughs> you have to go to the shop, buy some Scooby snacks, and then shoot what? it into the game okay which is it's such a stupid why are then, we blending like, scooby snacks i don't understand why you brought that up what do you mean not like uh like blender as in the like oh, 3D blend- oh my god i was like why are we grinding up scooby snacks into I, a paste? I, I was like why are we bl- <laughs> doing this um so the final level in the game is like a boardwalk uh theme park what are they, those called you know, boardwalk theme park. Right, yeah. Um, and, Tony Island sort of thing. And in a plot beat which um, feels like it was written specifically for the narrative of this podcast, they go <laughs> into into the, like, malt shop, and who do they find but the original Mystery Inc. Gorilla. <laughs> no, the original Mystery Inc. gang in mm. their original, like, depictions, including red shirt shaggy and i was like they better fucking fight i want to see green shirt shaggy and the traitor that is red shirt shaggy fight and the other characters sort of all just look the same they're just wearing different ascots and things because well, so, no the, the thing is oh, that the like, eyes the eyes every yeah the eyes and and also um scooby has a red collar but they everyone's outfits have changed except shaggy's mm. so to show that he was a different character they had to rather than revert him to his scooby-doo where are you the 1969 saturday morning cartoon mm. rather than revert him to his original costume like they did with everyone else they had to revert him to his 13 ghosts of scooby-doo mm. costume so he's like this weird outlier and I think I, I think the Scooby Doo red collar might not be from anything as I, well. Yeah, I think that was made up because Scooby Doo just yeah. hasn't changed in design either. Well, you know, once you've once you've perfected the the do. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, in a plot twist, which we're gonna see again in a few movies' time, uh, all the monsters that defeated from classic Scooby Doo uh, episodes 
arrive and now they're real just like mm. scooby-doo two monsters unleashed i'm uh, looking forward to talking Good. about that one um and the 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 doppelgangers all split off and there's like fuck like a 35 minute section of the the doppelgangers like beating up the monsters it goes for ages and then they each have like a second round where they fight all the different monsters i was like what is this why is this happening um and then uh one time they 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 defeat them they get out of the game and then they work out that the the other guy was the person who'd put the virus into the game uh and then the credits roll and then after the credits is one of the most <laughs> enigmatic post-credit scenes i've ever seen in ever in anything mm. like i don't it, it, it's basically it goes through each of the five mystery inc gang and they're each they're each saying <laughs> what their favorite they tell you what their favorite part like of the a door of the explorer outro <laughs> yeah. like they, they each say what their favorite bit was and sort of elaborate on it and it feels like they are advertising like a game and the, the actual game yeah but i don't think that actual game exists and it's yeah, there is an actual game well, it's, it's not you're like not this seeing... is one of the few to have a game made out of it right but it's not you know the, the it's, this it's, post-credit scene yeah. is not advertising that game because it's not using yeah. any footage from it's just footage from the movie it's so weird it's it's such a yeah. weird scene i'm so glad i stuck around for it it goes for like three minutes and it's just deeply unclear what's happening the entire time yeah so you the yeah there like good segue that there is a game um i <laughs> for released on playstation game boy advance unlike the in the film there's only seven stages uh classic japan ancient rome arctic circle prehistoric jungle the big city egypt and amusement park um and just like in the movie this contains the final and hardest level of the game Hmm. the boss is the phantom virus it's got um about 60 percent on uh game rankings and (laughs) just like the movie yeah um steven jackson of retro gamer called the playstation version one of the best scooby-doo games ever despite similarities with the playstation game crash bandicoot oh it's a crash bandicoot clone just like lilo and stitch yeah. trouble of paradise Remember that? yeah game? i'm gonna i'm gonna have to look up some gameplay while you think I, of something else i can tell about. people that in this film um the the scooby-doo where are you cover doesn't come until very late in the piece and it's mm. when they're they're running running away from the virus at maybe about 15 minutes in instead of in the opening mm. uh, cold did open did you pick and up who it was sung by? it's the b-52s and the it's only the way i can tell is because it's the lady singing most of it but then for one line you hear the guy go where are you and i was like that must yeah. be the b-52s because who else sounds like this <laughs> yeah who else who, who else would give some that sounds like that a recording contract <laughs> I fucking hate the B-52s. Wow. That's yeah. that's um, offensive to me and my family. I don't care. Oh, really? You're a big B-52s no, family? not at all. Not at all. Oh, man. This gameplay looks slow as fuck. It's very crash-inspired, though. <laughs> um, oh, there's a skiing was like slope segment. Um, oh, let's see what they do in Egypt, which also has... Uh, there's also Crash Bandicoot level base in egypt oh it's the same fucking design crash bending doesn't have like dominion over egypt levels richard no but yeah but i'm it's it's an easy you know it's a nice comparison to make to be like you know how did how does this tackle right egypt as well and i tell you that looks <laughs> let me tell you yeah i didn't say it had jurassic world dominion over it <laughs> however there is a jurassic world in both games as well 
Not yeah. a Jurassic they do, World they get a trademark, but a Jurassic lower lowercase w world level. Yeah, it, we're, it's a Jurassic <laughs> World. We're all just living in it. So this is, according to IMDb trivia, this is the most popular Scooby Doo animated movie of the decade. And what by what? I don't metric? know what by what metric. <laughs> I don't. I, surely uh, but forty-seven it's not. out of forty-eight found that interesting. Or the decade, as in the two thousands, because this is our first yeah, post nine eleven. Two thousand one. Was it just before nine yeah, eleven? Well, <laughs> uh, I, I I think it was just before. Sorry, let me go. It was released. Um, yeah, about a month after nine eleven. Wow. So it doesn't show. That's the question. Yeah. Well, in an attempt to heal the nation. <laughs> also, so something, and um, I noticed a couple of movies ago. Uh, I posited to you, and I believe James Mustapick is. Scooby-Doo aware that he's a dog. Because he questions it again in this one. He questions it again and in the last film. Right. However, he will never say it again after this film. Okay. That's that's the, the This marks the last time he uses his iconic phrase, dog, where? <laughs> Rog, rare. I've, I've been noticing that not every Scooby-Doo word is in Scooblish. Meaning starting with R. Right. And that makes sense because I'm sure I've, like, he's, he can say Scooby Dooby Doo. The catchphrase yeah. isn't Ruby Dooby Doo. Not always. Sometimes it is, which is confusing. But, like, he can, sh- he can say Shaggy. He can say, like, it's, it's less about maybe Scooblish, the Scooblish accent is less about starting every word with R and it's more about, like, the, <laughs> the Yoda esque kind of sound. Yeah, maybe it's just certain words he replaces mm. or certain consonants mm. sorry um, i i probably should have brought this up in the in the last film but i watched the last one with my parents or like at, at, when i was at, at home mm. and um so my mum i put i put it on and my mum was like oh fucking i always hated scooby-doo <laughs> and um she was like oh it's just so fucking just so predictable like everyone else at school so she was like you know, uh, mid-teens, I think, when it first came out. And she she was like, oh, it's just so predictable. Just <laughs> and then when it was revealed that, you know, the crystal and the dog were aliens and the other aliens weren't aliens, she didn't see that coming. Wow. And I was like, well, there you go, Mum. <laughs> You've been surprised She's by like, Scooby-Doo. I love Scooby-Doo now. <laughs> All these wasted years. And then... There was a thing where, like, Scooby-Doo was saying something, you know, Ruby, Ruby, Roo, Rara, Roo. And my dad was like, so can he talk? (laughs) (laughs) What's the deal? And I was like, and I was like, what? And he was like, like, he he just spoke. And he was like, yeah, but that was like grunts. And I was like, it's a fuck of a lot more than most dogs do. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Well... I mean, I wish I could offer similar anecdotes. I don't think I'll watch any of these with my parents. I'll, I'll force my flatmates to to watch a couple. In fact, one of our guests is one of my flatmates. There's a little little clue for an upcoming mm. uh, a movie. But yeah, be awkward if they pull out <laughs> between now and when we record it. Yeah. After you told them they couldn't log it on Letterboxd. <laughs> I think you should watch one of these with your parents. I'd love to get their perspective. Okay. Maybe what are you doing for? Are you going around to their place yeah, for Christmas? Yeah, okay. Maybe I could watch one. I'll probably need to watch one anyway. Yeah, uh, I don't want you to watch the live action one though with them. No, I think that I've already watched the live. A action. bit of an outlaw. No, sorry, like Scooby Doo. I mean, oh no, I've got I've got a buffer. I've got a 
the whatever ones are between Scooby Doo One and Scooby Doo Two. Oh, yeah, the Legend of the Vampire and something else. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm. Okay. Um. So I remember you talking about in The Witch's Ghost, they had like a lot of studio involvement, and then people sort of consider it not being as good mm. because of it. So then for Aliens, the Alien Invaders, they the studio backed right off again. Mm. But then for this one, they went ham again. Yeah, and so it's like it, it they, they alternate. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's weird that they that yeah. It's like the studio. So your Zombie Island does really well without studio interference. So they go, oh, oh, let, let, let's let, let's get our grubby paws on this, and then it bombs. So they go, oh, okay, well, you know, we'll leave uh, leave you guys to your own on this one, and then it does well, and they're like, oh yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's Indiana Jones sequel patterning, isn't it? Every second one. Where every first one, I guess, is is a good one. Like, it's good, bad, yeah. good, bad. Um, unless Dial of Destiny uh, ruins that. <laughs> we will yeah, that. do you think it will? I mean, we might know by the time this is out. Oh, when's Dial of Destiny coming out? It's not coming out in February oh. 2023. <laughs> Could be. Wow. Could be. Wow. Okay. No, nah, it's not. It comes out later than that. But, you know, we, uh, we don't know how... Uh, you know, we have plans for when this is going to come out, but we don't know. Mm. We don't know. One of us could turn out to be a, a villain. How's our meddling kid count going? Have you been keeping track of that? I did, but it's been a while since I've watched this. <laughs> okay, ones maybe now. start writing them down if we want that to be yeah, a recurring no, stat. <laughs> <laughs> what? 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 Like, what have you? What did you think of? We well, didn't really say. What did you think of Alien Invaders and Cyberchase? I, I like to keep my opinions pretty close to my chest <laughs> on your podcast. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I just don't want people to know too much about me. You know. Okay. Interesting. I think I think it's it's notable that like you could sort of split the, these four movies into two pairs because you've got the two spooky ones and then the two sci-fi. Yeah, ones. absolutely. And I think that we're it's a it's a conscious effort with like Cyber Chase to make it have a lighter tone. Mm. And I think from what I understand, I think we're going to see that for the next maybe like ten films. Um, like animated ones at least <laughs> no it's, i want it's... scooby-doo and satan's lot like i, I want to like see scooby-doo go to hell let's get dark with this <laughs> okay well I, uh, I i don't think that's coming up well isn't like curse of the vampire sounds like vampires are one of the darker monsters. it's the silliest one ah uh. Damn. There's there's um, some good cultural appropriation in that one. Oh, well, we haven't had too much of that. We had a little bit of it in Zombie yeah. Island, but it, it, without without knowing how um, anything about Curse of the Vampire, mm. what accent do you think that they're going to be doing, and would presumably not having people that belong to that culture doing the accent? What like Romanian? No, they're um, Aboriginal. <laughs> Okay. Look, let's not get ahead of ourselves. I haven't. I don't. I don't like the idea of us talking about movies that we've like. This podcast should feel like we've gone away and watched, come back to record, gone away and watched, come back to record between movies. Not, not. But it shouldn't feel like. It that. should feel like that. I don't like this. This like coming up. We have this. <laughs> well, 
Catch up. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm being busy. I'm making a short film. By the time you're listening to this, it'll be out, and everyone would have told me they hate it. So, like that, right, that's yeah. what I've been I look busy forward with. Forward to doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, I think we're approaching about the 20 minute mark. Is there anything? Is there anything final you want to say about Cyber Chase? There's a bit. I, I do just like the the central. <laughs> what else do you want to say about like, it? I think that. <laughs> <laughs> the central conceit of you scan stuff into the game and out of the game is just like just make it avatars or something like that like i guess they wanted to have a scene where the virus is in the real world but you that's something you build up to you don't yeah. then put them back in the game yeah. it's like they say oh no there's a game there's a virus in the game and it's going to shut down the mainframe some yada 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 mm. and they volunteer and it's like oh well the game's already designed after us let us you know use these as our avatars we'll go into the game and it's like it's still it's fucking cartoon network bullshit you can make up whatever you want mm. but like that that makes so much more, there's, there's no reason for you to yeah actually put shit in the game because it's like that's such a more impressive feat than anything else yeah the virus comes out of the game and dis- disrupts the college campus at the start the the arguably yeah. the highest stakes thing happens at the start and not the end that's a good point yeah because it's like yeah, yeah you're oh, oh there's actually real real lives at, th- at, mm. at stake mm. and now it's like oh my video game about me might not come out yeah 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 the last thing I was going to say was I thought it was funny um, at the start of this film, the um, the comically overweight uh, college cop uh, stops the Mystery mm. Inc. gang when they're walking in and Scooby jumps behind him and starts doing like an impression of him and he turns mm. around and he's like, what's going on? And I couldn't just, I like, I know it's a cartoon, but that would be incredible if you saw a dog doing that. <laughs> if, if I saw a dog impersonating me, no matter how hurtful... I would be like, Jesus Christ, that's incredible. Let's get this thing viral. <laughs> I, uh, I think I would... Yeah, like, how hurtful would it have to be? I don't think... I I don't... I think it it could be the most hurtful depiction of me in the world. Um, we could brainstorm that, if you'd like. <laughs> and, and I would still be so over, overcome with a dog doing, like, a, a sentient thing i guess sentient mm. is it called uh, sentient if it's like because like does sense- dogs are sentient, yeah though. okay so it's not it's like yeah. more like um anthropomorphic yeah a dog doing like an omniscient thing yeah. that would be crazy <laughs> um i i think it's funny because i think that maybe dogs are omniscient but they just can't talk so you don't know <laughs> i think that if a dog were to make fun of me mm like and really hurt my feelings i would it's one of those i feel like i would try to i would probably that you'd be like holy heck let's get this thing viral mm. and get people focusing on the dog so much that it's like but i would be deep down i'd be like oh that dog's got my number mm. um like for instance <laughs> i'm gonna kill this dog the um Recently, I interviewed The Killers, one of my favorite bands, and Ronnie Venucci Jr., the the drummer, I made a self-deprecating joke, um, and he said, you need to go see a cardiologist, and I was like, I have to make content out of this, so I, I did a track for the news about it, and I was like, if if I can't get the whole country to laugh with me, then... Mm. 
the drummer of my favorite band just made a fair joke about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I once uh, had a friend go to the states. And then while he was in the States, uh, my favorite band was like, hey, we need a guitarist for this gig we're doing out of Joshua Tree. I tagged my Mm. friend in it and he ended up going. And I was Mm. so overcome with jealousy. The only way that I could like... Get him back was to tell him his nose hairs are real long. No, the only way I could... (laughs) It wasn't you. That's a confusing anecdote. The the only way I could like muster any self-respect of it was like screenshotting the series of events and posting it on Facebook with like Yeah, that it's like I I suggested this yeah, to him. Yeah, and like a picture of me looking dumbfounded and it got like a hundred likes and I felt better about yeah, it. Yeah. And I and I said I was like, you have to ask the ma- the lead singer if he remembers me from a year ago when he met me um in Australia. And apparently he was like, Yeah, yeah, he said he thought he remembered some guys from New Zealand and I was like Okay, I've been enough of a part of this now for it to feel satisfying <laughs> for me as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty crazy how we just like have interactions like that. Eh? <laughs> I can't stop thinking about the idea of a dog making fun of someone. And I think <laughs> I think what I want to... I, th- I, I, I would almost guarantee, like not to the extent in Scooby-Doo. This is exactly but I think... what I want to talk about. Yep. Mm. Dogs, there will have been an example of a dog having made fun of someone. And what does that look like? What yeah. what is like cuz I've been thinking about this <laughs> this is such a tangent. <laughs> I've been thinking about this a lot with animals. How like um mm. certain emotions feel like they're distinctly human or at the very least pets don't have a lot of like like a monkey might show an emotion that a cat doesn't, right? But like I've never well, seen I, I think is what there's the thing that like people love to put like oh look he's so guilty and stuff like that that it's like animals can't feel emotions that complex they can be sad they can be happy and so you know if they do something wrong and you get upset at them they're upset that you're upset that's i wouldn't call it i think dogs feel shame i feel like i've seen enough videos where like they someone comes home and their house is a mess and they they film their dog who's in the corner like doing that weird grin thing that dogs do when they're upset whereas a cat can't do that a cat can't do that a cat i've never seen a cat be ashamed i've never seen a cat uh embarrassed i've never seen a cat i've never seen a cat i the the most (laughs) i can tell i the most the the what seems to be the only emotion i reckon i've seen every let's not say every animal every like non-bug animal like large enough to, to that you can actually read it uh is friendly i feel like that's the yeah. most complex emotion i've seen a- like animals on a large scale do because a cat you know you might be walking down the street and a cat you've never seen before might come running up to you for a, yeah. for some pets and that's that's friendly i once i might have told this story before i once had goats living in my backyard at an old flat oh, yeah. and i went um there was separated by a fence and i went to the fence and i looked through and they saw me and they wandered up to me and they were smiling and they were yeah. so curious about yeah, me goats are cute. Yeah. yeah yeah um and it was it was a very friendly interaction and i think that's very sweet because you would think like if animals were the automatons that like the ancient greeks thought they were like they would be more scared of you than interested in making friends Mm. with you you know um and so but like like a chimp can feel embarrassment i think like like the more human like they get so my point is is that like 
I know. A chimp could easily make fun of you. <laughs> yeah, and, and they, they they probably have, right? Not me specifically, yeah. but but humans. Um, <laughs> like behind your back, like yeah, chimps yeah, yeah, would probably yeah. make fun of you. <laughs> so I guess what I'm saying is like, if a, I know a dog can be friendly, I know a dog can be sad, I know a dog can be angry, I know a dog can feel shame. I feel like that's the most complicated yeah, emotion I've seen sure. a dog. What would it look like if a dog was making fun of you? What would that look like? I feel like... Let us know in the comments. Like, yeah. whatever the like time code is, could, post that could, and then uh, give me an example of a, re- a real life example of a dog making fun of a I person. I feel like a dog could mock a disability. Okay. <laughs> a dog could be racist. I, th- I mean, they are racist. Some dogs are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's did, the, yeah. their, their owner's fault because they would have yeah, raised they them. To, them racism. Yeah, yeah. No, but I, like, because I'm, I'm just thinking that, like, I've. I remember. Um, and this is something that I've seen dogs do, like an actual an actual dog I used to work with, um, that would like have it got hurt and someone was walking with a limp and everyone was giving him all the sympathy and giving him all these treats and stuff like that. And then later on, he was walking around fine when we were up at lunch or something yeah, like I've that. Yeah, I've seen cats do that as well. Yeah. And then and then we came back down and and he was walking fine and then saw us and then started pretending to have a limp again because mm. he wanted the attention. And so I think that like dogs have been known to fake having limps. Mm. And so I think that, you know, if you had some kind of disability affecting the way you walk, a dog could make But fun I don't know of if that. that would be malicious intent or just a dog thinking that's how. It's probably being empathetic or something like mm-hmm. that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like how dogs have, like, you know, like when you're playing, like, Skyrim or something, if you hit someone, then duck, the NPC will be like, must have been the wind. And it's, like, real funny how, like, bad the AI is. I feel like dogs are like think humans are the npcs in real life like i'll i'll choose to pretend to limp now to get treats and then i'll just yeah. walk normally but then if i see them again i'll just start limping again because they won't yeah 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 <laughs> should we bring on our next guest let's do it everybody ruby dooby doo that's not our next guest but that's, wouldn't that yeah, be that's great if we got a, a person named ruby doo to be let's put the call out let's start now early days of the episode we can get a ruby do on the podcast i'm gonna google ruby do okay it'd be a good name for like a drag queen be a beautiful name for a girl <laughs> oh ruby do is um scrappy do's mum ah okay well fuck that then presumably scooby-doo's <laughs> sister then no well the brother might be the brother might be um oh no she's the she is the younger sister of scooby-doo yeah ah! Well, well, well. How exciting. Well, let's talk more about Scrappy-Doo on this next segment. We got a mystery to solve, and the mystery is why are we doing this again? We can't beat the last time. Get ready for Barbie 2, but this time it's Scooby-Doo. Good job, Scooby. Have yourself a cult popture snack. So, we're finally here at one of our big milestone movies, Scooby-Doo 2002. What might be uh, a lot of people watching this, maybe the only one or one of the only two films they've seen. I know it was for me. Uh, oh, going I thought you were going to say they were going to skip to the section on the... Look at the time codes in the show yeah, notes. Well, uh, all, all, of course, section. all the uh, Aaron Harrington fans are going to mm. be... Mm. There uh, are so many. <laughs> joining us for this segment. Uh, yes, Aaron Harrington is joining us. Hello, Aaron. Kia ora. Nice to see you both. 
You too. Uh, Dr. Aaron Harrington, I yes. believe, is that correct? My yes, that sincerest is apologies. Yeah. I think is is not only um, our first guest we've ever had with a PhD. I hope, I hope you are, because otherwise that's a, a real <laughs> I hope you are, because we've been specifically avoiding them <laughs> until we get to you. Um, but also, maybe our first guest so far, whose uh, title and name kind of sounds like a Scooby-Doo villain. Like, they pull up the mask and they're like, Dr. Aaron Harrington, the, the academic. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was the sketchy academic who was in the, the stationary capital. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we, we thought we'd get you on the show, Erin, uh, because you, of course, are a horror movie uh, enthusiast and expert Um Please plug away, otherwise I'll just keep yeah. vaguely describing what it is you you do. But yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. So we thought, you know, the spookiest franchise ever, obviously. Yeah, mm-hmm. some of the scariest films we've we've ever covered. Some of the some of the scariest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> um, we'll we'll get a, a horror movie expert on to yes. to discuss and have like a real deep dive, an academic deep dive into Scooby Doo two thousand two. Oh, I'm I'm so excited. This is what I live for. The, the thing is, I have I mean, I know that this has been a secret and I haven't been able to tell anyone, but, but mm, I've been telling you. people that I'm doing the most important thing I've done professionally all year <laughs> and that wow. it's coming right at the end of a, um, a period of sabbatical and that this is going to be my most favoured output when I go and report the time <laughs> <laughs> what I've done for the last six months. Well, because quite often people say like, oh, this is the most important thing I've done all year and it'll be maybe February or something like that. Yeah. We're like yeah. a week from the end of the year yeah, we'll be recording this. Yeah. So that is that is big praise from someone with a doctorate. I'm this is I can't wait for my boss to see that this was my crowning achievement. <laughs> this is why you took all that time off work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so the this was in production obviously for quite a long time. I think the the first sort of discussion of we're talking about the film, not not getting Aaron on the podcast. Um, <laughs> the, the the no, I'm easy. Just like. <laughs> um, 1994 was when they first sort of discussed a live action treatment of the podcast. So before the animated films of the of the, the, of the show, not the podcast, right? <laughs> did I say podcast? You said podcast. Well, that, that's Very confusing. Nice. We just said that, that is confusing. It. I just clarified that. <laughs> yeah, that's no, so, yeah, you are yeah, right. Um, so Mike Myers was. I'm originally- just checking my notes here, and yeah, it doesn't say podcast. Yeah. Um, the uh, Mike Myers originally was uh, reported to be co-writing the script with Jay Cogan, and was later cast to play Shaggy. Uh, Mike Myers was right. obviously it didn't happen. But um, I'm curious, AJ, if you can tell me who directed this film. Uh, I saw his name, and it starts with an R. Yeah, but I don't a, remember what it is. Uh, Raha Gosnell is his name, and mm. it's one of these things that it's like I would have just thought that I would know the name of the person that directed yeah, Scooby Doo two thousand two. Yeah, uh, Raha Gosnell, and let's have a look at um, best known for uh, Never Been Kissed, Big Mama's House, Home Alone three, uh, Yours, Mine, Now's, and um, the the Smurfs movies. So classics of the genre. Yeah, th- these, yeah, this doesn't not track for the director of the live. Oh no, yeah, he's um, Scooby-Doo. yeah, he, I mean, he's a, he's a horror movie icon, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I guess the the Scooby Doo two thousand two as well was like a child of the let's turn a classic cartoon into a live action film, which we'd seen with the Flintstones uh, only a, a decade or so earlier. Yeah, um, and, and a few other things. It feels like. It was inevitable that every cartoon would get a live action 
movie at some point yeah, for a while. Yeah, for sure. But I, I think sort of most notably, and I think what people mostly remember about this film, or one of the things people mostly remember about it, or uh, today I learned on Reddit kind of thing, is that mm. it was written by James Gunn, who we now know for, he's the CEO of DC Studios. He, uh, you know, wrote and directed the Guardians of the Galaxy films, the Suicide Squad. He's really, he's sort of becoming, you know, one of the really household name voices in Hollywood. Uh, but yeah, he sort of, he cut his teeth on Scooby-Doo. And um, should we, first of all, let's let's say what this is about. Erin, do you, do you want to give us a, a rundown of um, a precy, if you will, yeah, to use, sure. you know, um, a, a doctorate sort of word. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're, we're trying to impress you, Erin. <laughs> something, something you might have used in your... I'm, uh, I'm sitting here in my... Um, my eight-year-old yoga pants drinking $10 sparkling wine. So, <laughs> nice. so I think we're all... So fucking classy! I can't believe we landed here! <laughs> <laughs> so, so the film starts right near the end of um, a Scooby-Doo and the gang ghost-busting session. They're in the middle mm-hmm. of... Uh, they're about to try and catch this kind of weird, ghosty face, Tim Burton-esque rip-off type character mm-hmm. who's been mm-hmm. haunting something or other, some kind of giant uh, factory. And it yes. all kind of goes horribly wrong slash okay. Uh, one of the <laughs> <laughs> one, one of the things that's most startling about it is that we realise that it's a toy factory full of Pamela Anderson dolls, which is oh, right. really yeah, yeah. like a, a top-tier way to start off what I think is ostensibly a children's film, but... Let's get through the plot and then we'll get to this. So they they do this. Everybody's arguing. Velma's frustrated that she never gets any credit. Um, Daphne's annoyed that she's always the damsel. Uh, Shaggy and Scooby are just doing what Shaggy and Scooby do. And And Fred's quite uh, quite content. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And and Fred's having a great time and is also clearly like a, a teen heartthrob star. And they get to the end of that and they all go... We're done. Right. See you mm. later on. And it's one of those kind of not the end of the gang type things. And mm-hmm. in a flash forward, they find two years later that they've all been invited to a place called Spooky Island, which looks like an R18 version of a Monkey Island game. Yeah, where yeah, absolutely. All of these uh, kids are kids, college kids are going off to celebrate spring break amongst um, rather objectionable ethnic and racial like kind of voodoo stereotypes which i mm-hmm. respect to scooby-doo yeah and, <laughs> and they have to they have to solve this mystery of kind of what's going on and what's turning these kids into zombies um it all kind of spins out from there turns out that you know spoiler there are in fact actual monsters um mm. there's weird soul swapping there's sugar ray makes an appearance yes. which i was very excited by <laughs> uh we have um some atrocious cg and not just of scooby-doo oh. We wow, have, so in, fa- in fact, I'm, I, I started taking notes. I became mm, quite, nice. um, quite, I don't know, enraptured. So there's things like, mm. and I'm, I'm guessing your handwriting is completely <laughs> illegible as well. Yeah, Mary Jane, is this Sugar Ray? Yes, it's Sugar Ray, guy who looks like he's out of Prodigy. Um, mm. 90s lighting, yes. high key, vaginal roast meat on the walls, fart contest, <laughs> um, and so on. Yeah. And it's it's kind of a strange yes. rip off of. 
90s point-and-click adventures, Gremlins, Temple of Doom, and a whole bunch of other stuff. This weird kind of mm. melange. Melange! What? We don't get those kinds of words, Richard, <laughs> with our non-PhD guests. <laughs> and, and, and I don't know about your experience of watching this, because I this was the first time I, I saw it. I was 20 when it came no. out, and I was horrified. And in fact, one note says, old references are making me feel old, since I, I think I got all of them. As I started off thinking... Well, I mean, you picked up Sugar Ray. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... And, and then was immediately deeply embarrassed. Um, but mm, yeah. I started off thinking, this movie's fucking awful. And then by the end, I was like, that movie was kind of interesting. And two hours after I'd finished watching the film, I was thinking, this is the most perfect movie for certain mm. definitions of both perfect and movie. And, yeah. and uh, a film that is so completely of its time that it's really hard... Yeah. To not see it as this glorious, abject sort of celebration of of the early two thousands, late nineties. Yeah, mm. what, you you hit the nail on the head there when you said about this movie being fucking awful. Uh, that critics tend to agree with you. Thirty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. There's a few movies like I guess like this and like Hook would be another one that I think mm. of a certain generation mm. around the three of us. These movies that they go, no, what are you talking about? That was amazing. And it's like, no, (laughs) critics fucking hated that movie. And have you tried revisiting that? However, I will say there is such, such a soft spot in my heart for both Scooby-Doo and Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed. Mm. I'm trying to remember if I saw this in the cinema. I think it might have been like one of, I think I did see it in the cinema and it probably probably quite a formative experience for me because it is, despite being having a PG rating, it is quite a grown up film, which we will get into. Very horny. Um, it's a very horny film. One one of the words I wrote down was scrote, which popped up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Scrappy Deuce is scrote in this movie. Yeah, I wonder if that's like a. It's not clear enough that he's saying scrotum that it's fine. Or would Scrotum have been fine? Is this yeah, is this right. something that's in some MPAA handbook somewhere? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That Scrote PG Scrotum. Yeah, yeah. M- God, such a, the worst. If you're gonna put any dirty words in your movie, your kids' movie, it's the worst one to put in there. <laughs> well, this is after they've already, you know, had extensive, I don't know, pot jokes as you would past the duchy playing in the background. Mm. Um, so yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure who the film is for, but we can. So. You might not be familiar with this, Erin, but this has become one of those sort of uh, classic movie pieces of trivia that uh, does the rounds every now and then, that this film was originally planned to be a lot more like uh, the Brady Bunch movie from mm-hmm. the 90s, where it's like, it's a parody of the thing that you think it's just a live action movie of, and it was set for a PG-13 or even an R rating. Apparently it was shot with an R rating. And there's various sort of, depending on whose comments you believe about what was cut out at the scripting stage, what was cut out at the film at the filming stage and, and post. Um, so there's like, um, in the souls realigning scene, uh, mm-hmm. when everyone has to, is, is body swapping. Um, originally this is filmed as a deleted scene. You can watch on YouTube that, um, Velma and Daphne kiss. That's how they realign their souls. And it was like this very sort of steamy. Well, it's, it's not like a very steamy sort of thing, but you know, for what is now a kid's film, you wouldn't yeah, really have yeah. that. Velma was explicitly a lesbian and attracted to 
Daphne Fred was explicitly gay and apparently Freddie Prince Jr. is playing him as gay in the film right. but there's just like there's so many things all the marijuana references that you picked up on past the duchy playing mm-hmm. um, we tilt down from smoke coming out of the mystery machine they're having a little barbecue in there also obviously cute. the name yeah mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a good joke yeah. and the um, the yeah the, the uh, my name is Mary Jane that's like my favorite name and yeah I think it is super fun watching it knowing this that like i think if you watch the deleted scenes there are still a bunch of the more kind of adult jokes in there but yeah there are large portions of it that you feel like a parody of scooby-doo and they're kind of the most fun parts like Mm. playing it up so much more and um yeah i i mean it's if this is what everyone says but i i do wish we could see that original cut or James Gunn's original vision. Yes, and, and because they all look like they're walking dolls as well. They all look mm. like they're toys too. Mm. But but again, having watched it for the first time, I quite like that it has this this vibe that I can only think of describing in two ways. One is all the dads, all the deadbeats dads got stuck with looking after the kids for the weekend, so just took them to the pub with them. Yeah. Or you're hanging out <laughs> with all your stoner mates and your mum says, I need to drop something around and you all just tidy up the lounge really, really quickly. <laughs> And and this strange kind of um yeah, just just this strange ghost of of all of this really bawdy, rowdy, kind of sexy humour, mm. which is I, I, there's not many films that have this vibe that really exist mm. in that weird kind of ghost yeah. space in the middle. Well, mm. I, I didn't know that this was filmed for an R rating, and I think this is now a really interesting exercise in what happens when mm. you film for an R rating and then cut it down to PG, and how filthy the film still is. Like, compared, yeah. like I'm no prude, but like there are some full on, um, f- relatively full on, like jokes that, like when again when they switch bodies, um, Fred talks about how Fred and Daphne's body talks about how he's going to look at himself naked. You've got things like that. You've got um, a lot of uh cleavage in the film mm-hmm. say you know and and velma cleavage as well which is uh mm. rarer than daphne cleavage. yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah no james gunn said um in a facebook post on uh, five years ago on the 15th anniversary that uh yes yeah, cgi was removed used to remove cle- cleavage of the female cast members now i i read this before watching the film and i tell you i was watching those cleavages like a hawk uh, <laughs> throughout the whole film and this I undermines the whole point of like trying to blur them out in the film. <laughs> um, but i um th- th- there's some very very deep necklines in the film and none that i noticed that I was like, if you, re- if this is the reduced version, version, I can't imagine oh, Freudian slip there. <laughs> I can't imagine what it looked like before, um, and especially like with such dodgy CGI elsewhere in the film. I'm like, mm. I feel like I would be able to notice. Yeah, um, true. But but also the whole cleavage. like um, spring break aspect of it too is just kind of dripping with sex in this really kind yeah. of weird way. So you've got all of these. Like, like, I mean, like, as I said, the, the note that I'd put, you know, is the guy looks like he's the guy out of Prodigy. But there are all these, yeah. like, real greasy dirtbag guys with, like, spiked hair and frosted tips and pucker necklaces. And there are so many midriffs that it was like mm, this yeah. flashback it's to the age City. of Shakira. Midriff and, Island. And this real <laughs> sense Island, of sorry. what sexiness was purported to be in the late 90s and early yeah. 2000s and particularly given that there's almost no people of color in it as well like that's yeah. always a little kind of ding a in the back of my head too 
Well, that that aren't voodoo caricatures. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. voodoo yeah. caricatures. Yeah. In, in terms of adult jokes, I was wondering if, if you guys had any had any favourites. I've got one that it just always sticks out to me. It's just such a weird joke, and I think it's one that I I I thought I got when I was a kid, and then I didn't. Is that when they get asked to go to Spooky Island, and he says, "Me and she, me and Scooby don't go to any places with the name uh, with the words like spooky, haunted, yada yada yada." And then Scoob is like, and he's like, yeah, or hydroclonic, but that's for a whole different reason. <laughs> and then I think joke. when I was a kid, I like didn't get it. And then as I got older and I learned about hydroponics, I was like, oh, it's a weed reference. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, no, they would want to go to the weed place. And like hydrocolonic <laughs> is when they like clean your colon out with water. <laughs> and it's like, it's such a an insane joke to make yeah. that like yeah. out of all the things you could choose- that would scare off Scooby and Shaggy that you're like, oh, yeah, getting douched. <laughs> Scooby douche. There yeah, well, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Um, any 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 favourite, uh, you know, moments that might have snuck past younger viewers for you guys? I mean, for me, it, it, like, I wrote scrote in really big letters. That, yeah. that really, and, and I think That was because- before it appeared in the movie as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but I think it's because that kind of popped out of nowhere- and was just like filthy language for the sake of filthy language outside mm. of like all of the weed mm. jokes, all of the sex jokes. Mm. It was like a real like shit stained trace of the film that originally it was supposed to be. Um, You're but so it, good they- at describing what this movie is here. <laughs> <laughs> but, but even like, like again, thinking about, you know, what it might be like to watch it as a younger viewer, the, not just the fact that there's a fart contest, which is great, but the, mm. <sighs> like the Titanic nature of that fart contest is yeah, just, yeah. Mm. It's Big extraordinary, farts. and and made even more extraordinary by the fact that Matthew Lillard like acts his ass off the whole way mm. through this film. Mm. It's Let's like an Oscar worthy, <laughs> an Oscar worthy yeah. performance. It's and he's the absolute MVP through the whole thing, and yeah. the commitment to that role, let alone that um, fart contest and that weirdly vaginal chunk of meat that just hangs yeah, yeah, on the yeah. wall in one of the rides. Yeah. yeah. Um. So the on Matthew Lillard, it's. It's pretty much universal across like every review of this film that they're like, this film is fucking garbage. Everyone sucks at it. But Matthew Lillard is so good. And so like initially- It's the performance of his career. Hmm. Like it, it's honestly, it's so, he's such a fucking hero in this But it's movie. literally the performance of his career and that then he builds a 20 year <laughs> career off the back yeah. of that. And, yeah, and I was I was going through his um, credits, partly because I was trying to remember which- horror films all of the cast were in as well yeah. and i'd you know i'd forgotten that he was in 13 ghosts and stuff as well as serial mom and, and scream and stuff yeah well, interestingly but, there's 13 ghosts of scooby-doo as a, yeah. <laughs> as a show. Yeah, but, yeah. but i was i felt kind of good for him that he's gone and turned this into clearly a sustainable career in which oh, yeah. he probably doesn't have to do a huge amount of work but mm. no doubt has a nice house yeah. and a good if, time People don't know what we were referring to as well. After Casey Kasem fully retired from acting, retired from the role, Matthew Lillard ended up becoming the voice of, of Shaggy in all mm. pretty much all Scooby-Doo content um, after portraying him in live action, which is yeah. it's super interesting like career thing and, yeah, and yeah. Hollywood decision to make. I remember um, watching – so I was I – was, and so you would have been, we're a bit younger than you, Aaron, mm. and we we would have seen this when we were children, like yeah. too young to, to see this movie. And I remember seeing a review for it on the news um, that was talking about, I can't Probably remember what I was saying. my friend Kate Roger that did yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But then they <laughs> talked about um, uh, 
how good Matthew Lillard is as Shaggy. I just remember, and that's one of his first lines in the film where he pops out of the barrel and Scooby-Doo's pointing at the the lunar ghost and Matthew Lillard and maybe one of, like, it's a real earworm of a line uh, because it really stuck with me and it became like the Mm. definitive line for me from Shaggy. He goes, you mean like there's a ghost right behind me, isn't there? And it's such (laughs) a, the the cadence of it, the way he says it. I mean, that's that's why Taika used it in Love and Thunder as well. Right. <laughs> um it's like there's, there's such a it's such a like platonic ideal a word a mm. phrase we've been using a lot on this mm. podcast so yeah far, we, right? we learned one a... intelligent phrase and we've just been <laughs> reusing it <laughs> it's such a platonic ideal of a shaggy impersonation and and phrase mm. and it like it's you he's one of the last of the mystery gang you see mm. in the film like it get introduced uh and it's it's the only one that really sells and you go oh okay this yeah. is shaggy and and yeah. like the your use of the word impersonation is interesting there because everybody else feels like they're impersonating a character mm. and he feels like he's embodying it like yeah. something's mm. just kind of beamed down from some pot smoker's heaven into him and he's walking around as this kind of second coming of mm. of Shaggy of Shaggy and <laughs> <laughs> um, on on the the uh, impersonation thing though one thing that has always uh, struck me about this film, and this is the eighth Scooby-Doo movie, we've, no, the ninth Scooby-Doo ninth, movie yeah. we've, we've watched so far. And one thing that I've always thought is interesting that I've never seen anyone talk about is that Freddie Prince Jr.'s portrayal of Fred is a new character invented for this movie. He is, like everyone else, especially uh, Linda Cardellini as Valma, who I think is second best next to um, uh, uh, Matthew Lillard as Shaggy, mm. uh, like all of them are playing like like adaptations of their their cartoon counterpart but freddie prince jr as fred is this like uh self-obsessed horny douchebag and in all we've seen of scooby-doo so far that's that's featured fred which is strangely not all the movies um fred is just is like very distinctly like sensible and normal well, I, I, I think and... that that's a holdover from the original idea for the film that was you know this parody mm. idea because it's like you know you have fred who if we're taking the movie all the scooby-doo media to exist up until this point as like what he allows his public persona to be he's the right. main character he's the hot one he's the, the most little headed he's mm. you know the leader of the gang what would that guy actually be like behind the scenes right. and the idea that if this is behind the scenes yeah mm. it, it is this new character but you can see that it's like the kind of person who would allow their public persona to be that or would would make their public right. persona but, that. But also you need the conflict because otherwise people yeah. are just... I was going to say that as well. Yeah, yeah. just, being, just I, being caricatures. I think I think my theory is, is that he's too similar to Velma. And so James Gunn writing the script was like, He's the, the, the Valmer and Fred are the same character. We've got mm. to we've hey, got to change him up so he's more dorky of chicks like you turn me on too. Crazy line. another crazy, crazy line. line. Yeah. But but interesting, you know when when we know that that there is this kind of R-rated shadow to this, well, not even really a shadow, like bleeding mm. through into the film, and when we know that he's playing certain types of you know really over the top gay stereotypes, the heterosexuality of of lots of the mm. humor too mm. is is really blue. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's <laughs> that's this is so interesting. To, it's... I didn't know I didn't know it was cut down from R rated. I just always thought it was like a weirdly dirty film. I remember growing up in a, a oh. religious household, the the Christian radio station gave this a very like <laughs> perturbed review where they were like I, and but rightly so. They, they, I remember listening to the radio after this movie came out and the, they were mm. like, It's there's swearing in it that <laughs> it feels like it's inappropriate for, for children in a lot of ways. Yeah, I also like that he, that Freddie Prince Jr. looks like he's having a real fucking good time. And <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, you would. It's just, you know, because a lot of the other characters that he's been in in various media, and again, if like I was, I was intrigued that this cast, you know, has three of the the four main gang have you know pedigrees if you can call it pedigrees when we're talking about i know what you did last summer in these kind of trashy (laughs) 90s horror films and you know he's often really boring but Mm. he's Mm. just he's going for it in this Mm. yeah 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 you mentioned uh freddie prince jr and sarah michelle geller are in uh, i know what you did last summer together and Mm -hmm. i believe they met on that film and then became romantically linked and i um they still are. They're still married to this day, which is you know great for them in, in Hollywood, especially. But they, uh, the, the the producers were looking for a real life couple to pay Daphne and Fred for some reason. That was the, what they were looking for. Right. Um, is that because of what they wanted them to do in the R rated yeah, film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Potentially, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know who would have been a good cartoon accurate Fred, and especially considering the time this movie came out, and it would be really funny if they were cast as well. Uh, Heath Ledger. I think oh, yeah. has wow. Fred Jones energy, and imagine if like he went to do this and then Joker, right? Like that would be this this even crazier legacy than he already has. Um, I don't know. I could just imagine him playing the more straight laced, straight laced version of the character. One thing I do want to say about this film is I love the name Emil Mondavarius and also <laughs> the name Damon Wrightus. Like, they're both... Damon Wrightus, I remember... I watched this film a couple of years ago. Like, I've, I've seen it, you know, dozens of times. But I, I remember watching a couple of years ago and writing down Damon Wrightus and being like, I need to use that in something. <laughs> that's, that's, the, just, that's the MacGuffin of the film. It's the, the, the MacGuffin the of the film, yeah. Sort yeah. of controls. And, and, it, and, and Emil it kind of sounds dirty as well. It just yeah. sounds a yeah. little bit dirty. <laughs> um, but yeah, Emil Mondavarius, played by Rowan Atkinson. I think I have previously on this podcast said yeah. to you that uh, Tim Curry was originally offered that role and turned it down when he learned they were going to use Scrappy in the film. I found out that um, someone asked James Gunn about that and he said uh, that's not true. Oh, right. That's strange because I feel like it was written for Tim Curry. There are lines in it's, this it's that a very, can... like that might not be why he. It might just right. be that's not why he turned it down. But he said no. That's that's didn't happen. So my main um, my main yeah. note on Rowan Atkinson, he's kind of hot in this movie. Like he he looks <laughs> great. Like an actor, I've, yeah, I've, an actor I've never thought of as particularly attractive. He's got like this real nice, like thick curly hair going on. He's in shorts and t-shirts, the, and like this is post Mister Bean. It looks like mm. twenty years earlier than Mister Bean. Yeah. Did you notice at the end so that they find that the real Emil Mondavarius has been trapped beneath mm. Spooky Island for like two years, mm. um, and then. The scene, and so he comes out. He's got like super long hair. He's in disheveled clothing, and um, you know, really long beard. In the next scene, when so there's this, this, this as they celebrate and they find him. Then they run outside, and Emil Montevarius is standing behind Fred, and he's clean shaven. He's wearing his nice clothes again. Scrappy dude's back. That's what's happened. Yeah, just but Spooky Island is a place of wonders. <laughs> <laughs> um, when when I saw this as a kid. 
uh, I remember going into it and being like, like even I think I was like eight when this came out, and and yeah. thinking even at the time like this movie's real. Like I feel weird watching this with my parents. This feels like a real dirty dirty movie uh and then but the main thing i remember is being utterly gobsmacked when it's revealed that scrappy Doo is the villain mm. it's, like, it's I remember, a good twist it's it's it's, it's, it's a world-class twist it's it's weird and i don't think it would happen now and it feels like the kind of thing like someone would have fought to make happen like it feels like the mm. kind of thing i would put in a scooby-doo live action mm. adaptation um and because as well as like it's acknowledging that everyone hates scrappy Doo, and it's i just fantastic. thought it was it it blew my mind as as a as a kid watching it. I will say watching it now, I think okay, here a lot goes. a lot of the because I I don't think I like this movie, <laughs> and I don't do, do you just for the record, you guys don't like it either. I, I sort of appreciating it. I, I feel uncomfortable about the movie, and <laughs> and I think it's this this strange space between feeling attracted to something that's thoroughly grotesque. And not being sure if I'm okay with being attracted to something that grotesque. Well, that's that's what you've built your whole career off. You're in <laughs> this is the kind of movie I don't think I can look at too critically, to right. be honest. Like I, I, I love it so much. I could watch this all the time. I would say more so the second one, but I, right. um, just these two live action films. I just, yeah, I, I can't give you an objective yeah. opinion on them. <laughs> I also kind of can't, but I don't think it's because of nostalgia. I've only seen this movie probably three or four times in my life yeah i reckon this is what a movie looks like when it's written by like a world-class filmmaker and directed by someone who you've never heard of before or after this film because the ideas are so good and the the um one thing i love about this movie is like it's not too cool it's it's like they they're like no everyone's going to be wearing the costumes it's very colorful it's Mm. very bright it's very theatrical i i absolutely adore that the line scooby-doo where are you makes it into the script i think they use it too many times it should only it's used three times yeah i think it should be so so shaggy says it twice and then scrappy says it i think it the second time shaggy says it should be the only time in the film that it's dropped because i think that that's when he's like looking through the caves and it's just like fuck you where are you scooby-doo like you know it's like (laughs) an exhilarating thing like there are so many really really smart decisions in how to adapt a scooby-doo movie in Mm. this and yet I think this movie is horrible in a lot of ways. <laughs> and I think I think it comes down to a good screenwriter and a, a poor director. Or well, maybe not poor, mm. maybe poor's a bit harsh, but, but yeah. I, th- I think hey, part he did of it Smurfs. too is just that it was made in the early 2000s. And yeah. there is a lot a of really- time for film. Yeah, yeah. but, but yeah. you know, I mean, like I was joking before about, oh, here's all the, the spring break douchebags and, you know, their, their frosted tips and their goat patches and this and that. But there's a real kind of- <laughs> skeeviness to pop culture in that era that that yeah. dissipates a little bit afterwards and and pop punk kind of stuff as yeah well. pop, yeah kind pop of punk songs mm. were filthy back in, back in the yeah song. and pop punk songs mm. which were all like you know i'm a dirtbag i never shower but you don't love me because you're a cunt and <laughs> you know that kind yeah. of thing yeah i, I love that, that song <laughs> yeah. but but for, for me that's part of the the yuck of it is that it has this mm. kind of slightly greasy it's not that it's sexual it's that there's a greasiness to the sexuality 
Um, mm. And then you've got Adonica this kind of silly film that is, you know, kind of five different things trying to be one thing. It yeah. is that. Oh, and then there's, seen... of course, like, you know, the, the racism and, and yeah, weird indigeneity. But I, I suspect over yeah. the course of this podcast, you're going to be looking at that a lot. Ah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Just, uh, just on the on the line thing about the Scooby Doo, where are you line? Mm. I they use it three times in the film. The thing I I it stuck out to me as well. But the thing that it made me sort of realize is it's crazy. The original show was called Scooby Doo. Where are you? This is the first thing released under the Scooby Doo banner that is called Scooby Doo. The yeah. original show is called Scooby Doo. Where are you? It's not the the first film which came out what so nineteen sixty nine. 30 years later, is that right? Or 30-ish yeah, years later? 30, yeah. yeah, is the first thing to just call something Scooby-Doo. That is nuts. Yeah. Um, I, I also want to talk about um, the, the sort of the wake-up moment I had watching this last night is when Shaggy is, like, everyone has, has had their souls taken except for Shaggy, and Shaggy's pulling, poor, like, terribly generated CGI yeah. uh, souls <laughs> You, you can't tell bowl. who, when he pulls out Velma and she's not wearing her glasses, it's impossible to tell yeah. who it is. Yeah, and, he, and, like, I was just watching this and I was like, what the fuck is this movie? It's so weird. I I remembered how uh, greasy this movie is. I'd forgotten how weird it is. How like there is a lot more plot. There are a lot more um, very specific ideas going on. And that that scene I think exemplified it perfectly. Like, just this imagery, like Scooby Doo. Not that I, I'm not too upset that the the monsters are real or anything i'm not a scooby-doo purist but like mm. the the imagery of shaggy lifting these like milky dare i say cummy souls out of a bowl sorry i'm trying to get into the spirit of this filthy movie they they they, they are a bit cummy i'll bet i sort of zoned out for a little bit and then i was like surely i didn't just hear that <laughs> um, it's just this it's this really like it's not an image that I go, ah, Scoop, that's Scooby-Doo for you. That's classic Scooby-Doo. This, it's this weird, like, specific idea. What it feels like is someone wrote this into a original IP script years earlier, couldn't get the film made. Then they get on to Scooby-Doo and they're like, oh, I've got a great thing we can reuse in mm. this film. It's a weird, weird movie. Weird, weird shit in it. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what actually... Um is worth mentioning about what this film is sort of reminiscent of. Erin, have you seen Josie and the Pussycats? Yes. Yeah, so mm. th- this is like, this should be a double feature with Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah. Josie and the Pussycats is, was 2001, that I think. fucking bangs. It is so yeah. good. And another well, film mean, that you know, was well. fucking hated in the time, Hanna-Barbera well, as well. If you, if you want a triple feature. So I was thinking this oh. right at the beginning of the film when they're in the toy factory and it just kind of got louder and louder as the film went is <laughs> Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which yeah, yeah. is another so, film yeah, yeah. that... So I re, I saw it when I was a little kid, like right when it opened. Like one of my earliest film-going memories is trying to get into Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but there was a line <laughs> out one of the um, cinemas in Cathedral Square in Christchurch that just went kind of, you know, it sounds like something from the 50s, you know, right around the, mm. around the block. Um, and <laughs> yeah. then I rewatched it this year during, or recently during one of the lockdowns. And firstly... It's so good. Five star, absolutely it's so good. But, yeah. but I was going to say, doing a double feature with this and Scooby Doo would yeah. not be favourable for the Scooby Doo movie. But, but, <laughs> but, but I was thinking about you know that that weird kind of relationship between here are the animated elements and the mm. actors who are who are kind of interacting with them, and you know the the CG Scooby Doo is is not cinema's best work, but Matthew Lewis, <laughs> you know, doing a yeah. pretty good job of it too. But but also that weird 
space where things are both for children and for adults and have this kind of zany cartoon logic at the same time as trying to hit kind of certain narrative beats um yeah their their cousins um one one of the cousins is hot and interesting and the other one of the cousins went to college and the other one is (laughs) is a dropout and is ringing the other cousin for money well it's it's scrappy and scooby-doo although they're not cousins Um, one thing I, I just want to ask as well, Erin, considering your career and your, your interest in, and uh, academic, uh, academic mm-hmm. interest in horror, do, did you have a pre-existing relationship with Scooby-Doo as a brand, like growing up? Like, what, yeah, what does Scooby-Doo mean to you? You said oh, you didn't see the movie when it came no. out, but you also mentioned you were 20, and I feel like no 20-year-old would have seen this. <laughs> um, I mean, I watched it, it when out. I was little, you know? Right, I watched yeah, it yeah. heaps when I was little, mm. and I'm really... I, I love the um the kind of the Mad Libs nature of its storytelling and the fact that you can just kind of swap in these various different kind of spooky elements um mm. and that it's it's become you know it's become a trope it's become its whole kind of own form of storytelling that has really shaped the way that horror for children uh, yeah, works cool. which is yeah, a, yeah. a really kind of funny thing to talk about because often when you think about horror you're thinking about things that are horrific or abject or whatever else as opposed to here are things that might have elements of horror or horror iconography and Mm. really carefully try to find a place where kids can kind of be thrilled without kind of being scared full stop so so I'm interested Mm. in Scooby-Doo because of that but also I think growing up having seen a few of the different iterations as the as the old episodes got recycled on telly when I was little and you kind of move through into Mm. the newer ones and that strange sense of kind of time slippage as as mm. the animation gets slightly better but not really and I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean i mean the short version is it's iconic for lots of really mm. good and mm. interesting reasons um but it's not something that i've necessarily gone out of my way to engage with that's mm. almost everyone's answer <laughs> yeah <laughs> will be everyone's answer yeah it's funny the um just talking about like sort of the appeal of Scooby-Doo, there's a great behind the scenes clip that sort of does the round on TikToks and socials every now and then of um, Sierra Michelle Gellar and then Freddie Prince Jr. talking about mm. the experience like Scooby-Doo. And so it starts with uh, Sierra Michelle Gellar being like, you know, it wasn't a, a boy's cartoon. It wasn't a girl's cartoon. Mm. It was just, it, it really spoke to everyone. And I think, it, you know, it, it crossed through generational boundaries and, and gender boundaries. Um, and then it cuts to Freddie and Prince Jr. And he's like, me was a talkie dog. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah. so um, because Scooby-Doo was 1969, is yeah, that right? right? Yeah. So I teach a, um, or I teach into a course where we look at a lot of children's literary uh, texts, media, books, and their film adaptations. And one of the things that Mm. I assign people to read, noting that I assign people to read in the knowledge that nobody's ever going to read anything I assign to read, (laughs) was a 50 years on reflection on Scooby-Doo that again was saying... Here's this this thing that, you know, we might see as kind of silly and frivolous and laughable, but has really opened up a whole different genre and way of telling stories for children that mm. we likely take for granted, especially when you look at the other shit at the time. Like I know you've, you've, because you've done Flintstones deep dives. No, we haven't. Yeah? No, we haven't. no yeah. you haven't. Oh, well, there's another one. We'll get you on the episode. <laughs> yeah, but but things like you know Flintstones and the Jetsons, all of which were really you know kind of basically here's a nuclear family doing working shit, and mm. there are bad puns and so on. But yeah. but this feels a lot more for kids. Particularly when we remember that actually cartoons weren't for kids, they were just animated media. 
that yeah, was yeah, meant to be, you know, entertainment and family entertainment as opposed to the shift over time to see um, cartoons as something explicitly for children. Because, of course, right. that was that was never the case. Certainly yeah, not when yeah. you look right back to, I don't know, early Betty Boop, for instance, or early yeah, other yeah. forms <laughs> of um, animated storytelling. Hmm. Have you seen uh, Scooby-Doo in, on Zombie Island, one of the animated movies? Well, I, I looked it up when you first talked to me about this. And, yeah. and I, even just the, the Wikipedia description gave me gave me thoughts mm. so i, well, cause, I cause you, you, you're talking about um horror for children i have yeah. a feeling at least in my personal ranking nothing's gonna top scooby-doo on zombie island and what i liked uh, what i liked most about it is that it is scary you know i'm not hiding behind the couch but if i was a kid watching it has um it, the darkness in it is sincere it's not like um, goofy scary it's it's this goofiness in it and then there's genuine scary dark storytelling in it and I think um, what I always appreciated as a kid and what I really think is, is valuable for kids is watching something that feels a little a tiny bit too old for mm-hmm. you you know, and I think Zombie Island and Scooby-Doo the movie goes a bit too far, mm-hmm. I think, with, with watching something inappropriate for you. But like, like kids and in intermediate were the ones that loved High School Musical. You know, it wasn't yep. the teenagers that the movie was depicting and, and, and things like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, one one thing that I've been writing about heaps at the moment, um, not, not film, but is literature, <laughs> quote unquote literature, uh, mm-hmm. all of these books for ostensibly teens but actually directed immediately at tweens in the very early 90s which yeah, called cool. point horror novels and there's hundreds of them and i've been scraping them from trade me and it's um the same kind of thing where these stories about you know teenage girls in peril were directly marketed to 11 year old girls yeah elsewhere. exactly but what what i think here i mean this this is this is ultimate like film criticism douchebag stuff is me talking about a film I haven't seen <laughs> but what, what I, was, I was interested in the um the blurb that it's is it set in Louisiana yeah yeah mm. yeah because again like the history of zombie media is this you know appropriation of Caribbean Haitian voodoo mm. Vidoan, and um the way it gets folded into kind of white centric redemption narratives and then how it kind of goes all Romero in the late sixties and then kind of zips around, but often almost exclusively uses it as like this kind of foreign exotic other type thing. So I was, I was Mm. really curious about that setting. I I will say as well, there's a lot of similarities between Mm. the two movies that like, um, you know, opening with the, the gang breaking up or has broken up forced to come together they go to a spooky island where there are real monsters a spooky island not spooky mm. island trademark <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's yeah. interesting aj talking about how you said nothing will be you not sure anything will be spooky island for you i i'm not sure anything can beat these two movies and this and monsters unleashed in my personal ranking just because mm. But I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about that more as, as we. I'm going to keep an open mind for Monsters Unleashed, but I've I've I have a feeling it, I don't think I liked it the last time I watched it. But interesting, but we'll yeah. But but a lot of this is about like the power of nostalgia, right? It's not just yeah. I'm enjoying yeah. the movie, but I'm enjoying the movie as an adult, thinking about the experience that I had as a kid, which is 
fundamentally about thinking through who you were as a kid and the things that you liked and the treats that you had. And so for mm. me, a lot of film watching was Saturday afternoon on the couch with dad and popcorn, um, mm. being like eight years old, watching Predator or whatever yeah, cool. else, you know, gro grossly inappropriate movies for, for children. But you, you mm. remember the experience of the film and that's a, that's yeah. a pleasant thing and a pleasurable thing to, to reconnect mm. with. Yeah, I associate these movies with like, a few years ago when AJ and I were living together. Um, I remember one Christmas Eve, I, AJ had gone down to Christchurch. I couldn't afford flights at the time, so I was just in Auckland by myself. Um, and I watched Scooby-Doo. I think I, maybe David Corrales and I watched Scooby-Doo on Christmas Eve and we made oh, a little, little feast for ourselves. <laughs> and then um, I woke up on Christmas morning. I was in an empty shithole flat. Um, no one around me, no one that I cared about. And I was like, you know, I'll, I'll watch Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed then. And so, yeah, like I, I was always like a, you know, uh, wake everyone up at 7am mm. or whatever to get off the couch and uh, to get off out of bed and, you know, unwrap presents and, and whatnot. And then, yeah, my, must be my first Christmas away from home. I was in this shitty flat watching Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed uh, and, you know, it really got me through That's that so Christmas. beautiful. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's, I mean, but that's that's how films get to be important to us and awesome to mm. us. It's the, it's the yeah. friends we made along the way, not just mm, exactly. the, the shit-ass, slightly hyper-sexualised children's film that was released <laughs> to the wrong audience. Yeah. And also I think that, that Scooby-Doo Scooby 2 Monsters Unleashed as well, it's like they knew going into that what it was going to be yeah, whereas this yeah. one we get a little bit of a yeah. what are you trying to be yeah i loved you yeah, talking about like these movies are maybe elevated by the nostalgia but like richard your nostalgia isn't from when you were a kid and you saw us from your mid-20s <laughs> <laughs> um, well uh should we uh do our little guest games and uh oh. wrap this section up richard we should. All right, Aaron, we've got some games that we've been playing with, with our guests. The first one we're going to do is, is, is an impression leaderboard. Um, oh, and I, I, don't, I don't know how much this is your, your, your bag, but um, what, what I'm going to ask you to do in Most a moment. Most of our other guests have been professional impressionists. Yeah, yeah. not me. So. <laughs> what we're first going to ask you to do in a moment, I'm going to ask you to do a Scooby-Doo impression. Yeah. Okay. If we, if Rich and I agree that it is uh, acceptable, we will then ask you to do a Shaggy impression. Okay. And if you master that, we'll ask you to do, we'll give you free reign of any Hanna-Barbera, Scooby-Doo, Mystery Gang, whatever you want. A, th a third impression of your choice, um, each is worth one point, though, will eventually i think we're going to have to start being like well this impression was better than that person's impression so we'll work it out when we have more well, people there, there is a leaderboard currently on top of the leaderboard is um alexi toliopoulos so can you beat him uh give us your best uh scooby-doo impression please okay. Aaron. Rudy and richard thank you for having me on my podcast <laughs> this Fantastic. is such an undignified thing to get a doctor to do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm I'm the shit sort of doctor. Let's be, let's be clear about that. No, that was great. <laughs> I thought that was that was good. Can you give us a shaggy impression? Oh, this is. I feel very sprung here. Mm. Um, you can say no as well. I should say that. You can, no, let me. You can bow out. Or bow. I'm gonna, wow I'm out. gonna bow out because I'd rather. Mm 
do one thing well than multiple yeah. things fucking terribly. Understood. <laughs> I, I mean, that is that is like like hyper fixating on a a specific subject. That's how you become a doctor. Yeah, in a lot yeah, of exactly. Ways, right. Yeah. <laughs> um. Also, sorry, I don't I can't remember what you said that just reminded me, but um, we've been talking about in each film so far, the Scooby-Doo Where Are You theme song has been performed by a different artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, it's Shaggy. Yeah, yeah. right. Shaggy, but, but, the, the, uh, but the again, hub, you know, one of the, the 2002-ishness things of it is what's actually a really banging soundtrack if you start to look at it. I was like, there's Shaggy, there's Andre Benjamin, there's this, mm. again, like beautiful the kind of snapshot. But but also I, I wonder how much people get paid for that kind of stuff, where it's like, mm. we need you to to write this really cracking track and it needs to be <laughs> about these dickhead characters and you can kind of puff themselves up, deliver some great rap about people running around in a mm. toy yeah, factory well- and then go home to eat I, I think if you're looking for um some 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 good um music as well look no further than scooby-doo 2 monsters unleashed which which ends with second season of american idol winner ruben stutter performing <laughs> oh um aaron what is your birthday why are you gonna try and steal my identity uh, no, yeah. uh, no. <laughs> well, in a, in a way, um, it, it's it's, yeah. it's the twenty fourth of November. Awesome. And um, what is your mother's maiden name? <laughs> it's uh, and what's the street yourself. you grew up on? Yeah. <laughs> First period. So we have a thing we've made called, uh, I'm tentatively calling it the uh, Scooby-Doo Villain Horoscope. And basically there have been like, you know, 10 to 12 different iterations of this character over the years. And a couple of weeks back, um, I did the painstaking task of tracking which villain appeared in every episode and then when that episode came out. And there's, it's not perfect. There are plenty of days which never aired a Scooby-Doo episode. This sounds like some real wool up on the wall kind of yeah, type of absolutely. you should see the spreadsheet it is insane <laughs> but um 24th of november you said yep all right i'm going to give you your scooby-doo villain horoscope is the monster mutt who appeared <laughs> in the new scooby-doo mysteries season 2 episode 12 a scary duel with cartoon ghoul in 1984 Great. So the the monster mutt this is your Scooby Doo <laughs> horoscope. <laughs> M- monster monster mutt just kind of has has a grossness that perfectly maps onto this film. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, excellent, excellent, um, awesome. Um, well, I, I do yep. also just since we're all uh, Kiwis here, and one thing Kiwis love to do is go to Australia. Have any of you guys been on the Scooby Doo oh, ride no. at Movie World? I have, and I want to talk about it, and I'm so glad you brought it up before we ended the, the section. <laughs> I, I went to Movie World. I was too scared to go on the ride. Right. Okay. I went. I've been on the ride. I've been on the ride. It is. It's. It blew my mind when I went in there, because I, I went mm. in 2013, right? That was nearly 10 years ago. And when I went in there, I was like this movie is so forgotten to the sands of time and yet there's a literal monument built to it. Mm. And Movie World on the Gold Coast and I assume other theme parks as well have this real haunted vibe to them. Well, I like there's a there's a whole section of Movie World that's based after Wild Wild West, you know? Like because when <laughs> they build these rides, they don't they don't do it after the movies come out. They do it while the movie's being made and so you get these really funny instances where they've just banked on the wrong horse and it's not 
that Scooby-Doo was was that bad, but it's really weird standing in line to a it's a, it's a roller coaster and or you're in the you're in this like dark garage in a big line, and the only thing happening is there's a giant movie screen that's playing the a behind the scenes featurette, presumably on the Scooby Doo DVD on repeat, and it's mm. so strange because it's like like if not for this, this movie would have I think disappeared a lot a lot sooner you know it's this Mm. it's this weird tribute to this film that does not deserve this weird tribute that has like only really stayed on the fringes of culture um the ride itself i don't remember much about it i remember one of the big horribly animated purple monsters is Mm. like a statue that you you go past on it this is this is so fascinating like one of the things that i've been um reading heaps and writing about a little bit in the last few months is the the notion of transmedia franchises and the way yeah. that mm. yeah, yeah, and yeah. paratext so so there's a book actually that that you both might like and that i'll recommend to podcast land by mm-hmm. um a scholar called jonathan gray and it is called show sold separately and it is yeah, all cool. about all of this sort mm-hmm. of stuff the way that you might have a film but actually that dumbass 90 minute film or 88 minute film might be one part of a thing and then there's all of the trailers and teasers mm. and dvd extras and mm. then there's the costumes and merchandise and then there's um theme park rides and this and that to the point where the film itself might make the least amount of money and have the least amount Mm. of traction over time over all these other sorts of things which i know that reading this kind of made my head explode a little bit and in quite a fun way in a way of thinking like the world is just an arg or something instead of instead of having a film and then there's other stuff that the film is just this one little point in this big constellation so it might be hypothetically that that dumbass roller coaster made warner brothers way more is it warner brothers yeah yeah. no that that um made them way more money than the film did in the first place Mm. which is the case for lots and lots and lots of films because that that yeah. spe- behind the scenes special featurette has presumably been playing on a loop mm-hmm. more or less nonstop for, for the 20 past years. twenty years. Yeah, it and is probably the most exposure the film has had anywhere. Right? Well, it's is probably that it's probably had more views than the film itself as well. If Absolutely. you're thinking about all the people who are lining up to go on the ride who never saw the film and who are going, what the fuck is this noise? Yeah. Then... yeah. And have nowhere else to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just the, the incongruity of like, I'm here to ride a theme park. And also I am now engaging with this 20 year old movie that has no impact on whether or not I want to ride the ride. Like it's so strange. <laughs> if if it's you want so a weird strange. little insight into academia, I was at a conference at a conference. I was in an online conference about a month ago and one of my favorite papers was uh two women talking about the muppets haunted mansion mm-hmm. film mm. and the way that that was oh, i should have written down their name so ap- apologies to the to the academics who wrote it and they were talking about how those sorts of films especially when the haunted mansion is different in every different iteration of the disney theme park mm. but the muppets mm. go through this weird hybrid version and it came out during the pandemic at a time when people can't go to um yeah. theme parks and so that you can have this vicarious experience with the Muppets who you know got bought by Disney years ago to kind of go through these things but that and this is then I started on a um rabbit <laughs> hole about there's this these great academic work on theme parks and the experiences of theme parks and, mm. and the embodied experience of being on this thing and being kind of bombarded with all of this marketing material that that I suspect for many people that the theme park is the um 
definitive most authoritative. Yeah, it's the definitive yeah. experience. It's the most authoritative, and that mm. like completely tips upside down the the way that we often think about films. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Just, just last thing on the ride as well. The, um, in 2018, it got a revamp. the The track of the ride is the same, but they've like redone the whole thing up. It's and now it's now called the Scooby Doo Spooky Coaster Next Generation. And I think the storyline is slightly different. <laughs> oh, Twenty good. years on next gen. I was, yeah. I, I was going to say, did they just update it to still be referencing this twenty-year-old? Oh no, no, no! You still, you still get there. I think. Oh wow! Um, what a weird thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I feel like it's one of those things now that like you have to still have this like twenty yeah. minute making of playing and the yeah, yeah. because it's like that's such a crucial part of the experience. If you grew up going to if you lived in on the Gold Coast in Australia and you grew up going to Movie World and riding the Scooby Doo spook co- spooky coaster, yeah, it's like it's part of the experience. You know, you would have your favorite lines of the the making of. Uh, but but yeah. waiting is. For lots of people, I suspect the most enjoyable part of the experience, even if, um, yeah, even if it's, the, like it's, it's framed as the most arduous, well, because it's all anticipation. You get twenty mm. to twenty mm. to one hundred and twenty minutes of anticipation, depending on the ride that you want to go on, yeah. and then well, it, yeah, zip around. And, I mean, I can't speak to like to this one because I haven't been on it, but like I was at Disneyland recently, and it's like they they do such a good job of making waiting for the ride feel like part of the ride the the new rise the resistance ride which is kind of the disney disney world's like flagship ride at the moment is like you're you're not sure when the ride starts you know like Mm -hmm. i I, like there's not a, a specific point where you go oh we're now in the ride it's like you line up here and then you walk like you know, because you're going to be executed. You're walking through this part, mm. you're like, but I'm still in line, but I'm still, like... And, yeah, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy ride, there's all the things where they incorporate telling you the story mm. into where you're nice. walk, having to walk and stuff like that. It's all very well that's, done. That's yeah. also my experience of just going to Disneyland full stop, is that you kind of arrive at Disneyland and walk through the gates, but you've been there for 45 minutes already. It's, yeah. it, it's a very yeah. kind of um, head-scratching experience that's meant to kind of... I, I don't know, I think it's a bit like, you know, the, the Gruen transfer, the thing where you walk into a <laughs> We mall. were just talking about that. <laughs> we just talked about the Gruen <laughs> transfer. Well, I haven't so heard funny. that terminology in so long, and now I've heard yeah. it twice in the last hour. <laughs> yeah, that's so, so, so you, you walk into a mall and suddenly you're like, fuck, what did I need? I think it's... Yeah. Hmm. It's a similar type of thing, so that so that your experience of the park is the hmm. experience. But um, hmm. but hmm. yeah, crazy then with, I guess media like this, which is now you know, legacy or vintage, and has hmm. to keep becoming, or maintaining a sense of relevancy, not just for audiences, but to ensure that the IP doesn't run out of steam. There's there's some hmm. like don't um, let the flame die out. Yeah, there's some Disney World, uh, Disney World, uh, movie world mechanic or art director who has had to in 2018 um, either model or repaint an, a piece of iconography from specifically the 2002 live action, mm. like recreated this forgotten thing from scratch. And I think that's, that's that that would makes me miserable and fascinated and happy all at the same. Time. I just I just <laughs> think this is this is. This is human existence. This like, is you know, we, 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 we keep going, oh, yeah, you know, send some people to Mars. But 
this is culture. Yeah, absolutely. But why would you when you can go to Warner Brothers Movie World on the Gold Coast? <laughs> what does Mars have that Warner Brothers Movie World on the Gold Coast doesn't? Mm. Anyway, this is this is getting to be a, a, one of our longest segments. But we, we knew this was coming. That's what happens when you bring in an academic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we should yeah. do it more often. Um, you have a podcast as well that you, you are on, uh, The yes. Nerd Degree. Yes, that's right. So The Nerd Degree is a comedy nerdy uh, panel show and that records live at the moment monthly at Little Andromeda in Christchurch, New Zealand. Uh, we're up to episode like 96, I think. Like we worked oh, out the wow. other day that it's been going for like 10 years on and off. So you can just go nice. to uh, nerddegree.com and we have three live uh, recordings coming up, um, depending on when you're listening to this, in February, March, and April <laughs> 2022. Cool. Well, this is coming out in February, so... Yeah. Yes. And and if you are listening to it later on, then you can listen to those episodes at yes. newdegree.com <laughs> or yep. all of your favourite... Yeah. Can I suggest, for the 100th episode, it, you, you, it's like a 100, and then the one turn, like you add a curved semicircle and it turns into a D... And it's do, like Scooby Doo, and then you do all forty seven Scooby Doo movies. To run, I'll 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 see what Brendan thinks about it. He can he can make. I'm on board with the idea. Brendan's a friend of the show. Yeah, Yeah, Brendan's been on our Santa Claus episode actually. (laughs) So it can it can be up to Brendan, and so that way, if he says no, it's got nothing to do with me. Yes, Um, and you're you're also on Twitter. Is there anything? Do you do you want to drop your your Twitter at or anything Um, like that? I'm at Lady Horrors across like Twitter for as long as it lasts. Uh, Instagram, Letterboxd. Um, I have a book if you like academic books, and it is called mm. Women Monstrosity and Horror Film Gyne Horror. It costs about $160 because that's what academic books cost, but you can ask the library <laughs> nice. or just go to academia.edu where someone's ripped the whole thing and you can download it for free there. Um, nice. And otherwise, um, you can just come to a class or hang out. So. How, how do you feel about like if someone not saying anyone necessarily should do this but if people email you directly and ask for the book because this is oh, yeah, like I, I see as it's like a life hack don't pay for the books just email the person who wrote it and they'll probably give it to you yeah, yeah, is that pro- actually a thing it, it is a thing and it's because academic publishing is this weird fucked up mirror universe and things that are funded through public funding um become completely inaccessible behind paywalls um i got for example i got asked to contribute to a journal the other day and i said oh yeah that sounds good and they said oh yes there's a there's an article processing fee to make it open access and that means i would have to write the article and then pay 500 euro to make it accessible as well (laughs) but but um this is why people don't want to learn i know this this is why people don't (laughs) want to learn uh it's that the whole the whole academic publishing system is a completely like cursed toy factory i think and mm. most people who much like the start of scooby-doo <laughs> yeah. um I, I was doing a callback i'm glad you oh sorry it so. was unintentional <laughs> and as soon as i was saying i was like aj she's doing this on purpose you idiot mm. um yes yeah, my- see, see most of our most of our guests are dumb so we have to assume <laughs> that, they're, yeah, that my- they're not aware of the things they're my- doing yeah most people i find if you get in touch with them just just want to share what they do and want people to engage and want to be cool about it it's just that the system that we operate in is just us 
backwards. Mm. Yeah, because it's, it's not like you, you don't have to share this, but like I assume that if I'm spending 160 bucks on your book, you're not getting the lion's share of this. And it's not like, you know, there's no real, there's no massive benefit for you no. of versus like me obtaining a copy else, yeah. elsewhere I, versus I, yeah i get teeny tiny little bits of royalties from the soft cover and the ebook um yeah. but the the bigger problem and it's a um it's a massive like structural and equity problem is that so i've got a full-time job and it's permanent and i'm exceptionally lucky in that regard they're really hard to find um, mm. It's often down to luck more than anything else. I mean, you've got to be hopefully competent, but a lot of it's luck. But there are huge numbers of people who are basically working for significantly less than um, minimum wage, if at all, and whose career prospects entirely rely on them producing um, quality research on a regular basis. So a lot of that work that gets charged a million dollars for, those people mm. don't get paid to create and will never, ever see a dollar from so it's really it's really tricky yeah well sorry to end on this this weird i i I find (laughs) other people's lives so fascinating (laughs) um i I mean i can talk about how academia is cursed for as long as you want but i think that's a that's a oh my god i could talk about the fucking pitfalls of my job till the cows come home (laughs) you need you need Um, another you need another podcast called why my job sucks that's a great idea (laughs) that's a really good idea um what, yeah, thanks. Thank you once again, Aaron, for joining us. You brought us a lot of new five and ten dollar words we can use. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, moving on, and speaking of moving on, Let's without further it. ado, uh, the vampire, the curse of the vampire. Something about a vampire. Called. I think something about a vampire. Here we go. <laughs> A mystery to solve, but the mystery is why are we doing this again? We can't beat the last time. Get ready for Barbie too, but this time it's Scooby too. Good job, Scooby. Have yourself a cult popcha snack. Ooh.